Are Dishonored the spoiler cast? <laughs> I knew nothing about the video game Dishonored until Don't, Andy made me watch a trailer we've for that. We talked about it extensively on this podcast. Hey, everybody, it's the Boy you, Howdy podcast. You may have mentioned. Are oh, we actually recording? Yeah, we're recording. Uh, we actually. I've been mentioned it, but I didn't realize what it was. Times. They put out the when did they first announce it? Like at E3 last it was at, year? No, it was at the last VGAs or whatever. The and the trailer looked yeah. cool. All in it was it just like last? Was that just last December? Yeah, because it was the steampunk. Yeah, assassin game, yeah. first person assassin game, essentially Assassin's Creed through like meets Bioshock. Yeah, and, and everyone with talking... the, with the aesthetic appe- well, uh, design of the Fable. <laughs> these fucking reviewers and shit online on Twitter are like, "Oh, there's a very important game coming out next week. It's gonna be so good." Which it sounds like it may that actually be XCOM instead yeah. of Dishonored. Yeah, but that like Annie just made me start watching Dishonored trailers. I was like, "Oh, is that game?" I really like the design of it. I think to call well, it yeah, steampunk is kind of dismissive. Yeah, so Dishonored, which is a game for the Xbox 360, for people who don't play. Video I think it's games. also for PC. Pretty sure. Oh yeah, but you know, PS3. We'll play, we'll actually, on PS3, for all intents and purposes, for us, it's Xbox. I did notice that on the PS3, <laughs> oh, this is the weekly flare. That was the greatest. Yeah, there you go. Um, oh wait, I drink. I'm drinking your cold soda, no less. You motherfucker. Too. Um, did you so, finish your beer? I did finish my beer. Oh, I have rum. Oh, is this on the wrong setting? No, I fixed it last you did week. Fix it. Okay. This is the best start of the podcast. <laughs> Do you want to start over? Are we gonna keep going? No, 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 um, no. We already started. So fuck. What were we talking I'll about? I'll put my rum God damn on it. No, Universal Monsters. This is the worst. We're gonna, Bill and I realized that our one year anniversary is on the twentieth. This is the worst podcast. We've not gotten any better. <laughs> just as bad as we already started. Dear Welcome Lord. Welcome everybody to was it Saturday, October sixth? It's October. It's October. It's October. Have you ever watched Pete and Pete? Because I know yes. there's something about waiting for October or something. Is that the name of the song? It's a song. It's yeah. October, bitches. Watching Pete and Pete. Uh, is Pete and Pete good? Pete and Pete. I did it. I know. On the other foot. The shoe is on the other foot. It's like looking Annie, in the mirror. Your look of rage. Oh God. Um. You uh, want to trade? I haven't drank it from the cold soda yet. We could trade. No, it's fine. This is cold. Shut your mouth. I'm going to talk about Pete and Pete. Shut I have not watched mouth. Pete and Pete since it was on TV. My fa- my entire family loved to watch Pete and Pete. My dad, in fact, does a very good impression of Artie. <laughs> what? You're strongest man in the world. I can see your dad doing that. Yep. Now. Yes, you can with the arm gestures and everything. Aww. It's great. Well, a friend of the podcast, Rachel Edidin, she just, uh, a couple months ago, she put out a Pete and Pete tribute zine called Waiting for October. That's the only reason I know the phrase waiting up for October. Now it's October, it seems. Doesn't like the world of Pete, Pete and Pete take place in a perpetual, like, autumn? Isn't that, isn't that the whole point? I I've don't... heard people talk about that. I've never seen the show, know. so I don't know. Like I said, I've not watched it since since it was at the time. However, it was a uh, uh, really... Wel- welcome to our Pete and Pete podcast this week. <laughs> Where we both go, Pete and Pete, man. Pete, Pete, really Pete, 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 Pete. Pete and Pete was very good. Um, young Michelle Trattenberg was on Pete and Pete. She take her top off? No, but she did have a... gif online she where cast. she takes her top... What? She had a cast. Oh, the whole show? The whole show. Oh, okay. She had a cast on. That was close Well, it makes sense if it takes place in perpetual autumn that, I don't know, stuff, things. No, dude, that show was just weird and hilariously affected, so... I don't want to say affected. That's That's... Sounds dismissive. Oh? But it was very stylized. That's a nicer way to say it. Anyway... <laughs> The less dick of saying everything we love and cherish is horribly affected. <laughs> That's except not for, true. Except for Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow, which we hate because it's affected in all well, the okay, ways. Well, okay, no, 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 no. We do not love everything that is affected. Just a lot of things that we everything love we love. Yeah, exactly. To be all 
All Pomeranians are dogs. Not all dogs are Pomeranians. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Anyway. On the streets of Tokyo. Shit, what were you talking about? It's just I guess. <laughs> Oh, Andy's trying dishonored. to convince me to put a pre-order down on, on pre, uh, Dishonored, which comes out on Tuesday. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to convince you not to spend your money because you've spent too much goddamn money on everything else. Oh, We're going to talk about a lot world. of things. Bill? <laughs> you know what, Bill? <laughs> you be quiet. Mama's going to talk for a little while. I'm not hoping you take it for a while. <laughs> candy in my mouth. Andy, take the reins. Your Starburst has gummed me up. I'm like Mr. Ed and his apple. Um, so, uh, what did I do this week? I can start with that. Uh, I can talk for a little while. I, uh... I've been to, we've talked in the past about how much, Bill is so funny, he's leaning away from the microphone as he chews on his Starburst. It looks like I just had a stroke and I can't, I can't do anything but lean right. <laughs> anyway, so, um. Oh God, that's good. <laughs> candy is the best. How does this candy stay here forever? I have no idea. I should be eating all, this should be my breakfast. I think, I think that Starburst has been there for the better part of it's most seven of the summer. eight months. <laughs> It's been, this is my summer Starburst. And still, the bag is, and Katie accidentally ripped it open. She felt so bad. She went to go pick up and steal some Starburst, and the whole mm-hmm. bag ripped open. That's why there's Starburst all that over the bitch. table. That bitch. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She's so smart, but she's so candy stupid. <laughs> she can't handle her candy. Candy stupid. <laughs> I'm going to start calling her CS. Yeah, what's up? She's supposed to CS. We're not going to tell you what it is. Photoshop CS. Candy stupid. <laughs> Chestnuts to the house yesterday. I was trying to figure out why you have some chestnuts. Are you gonna she roast them chestnuts. over an open fire? I was gonna make that joke. Can you eat chestnuts? Yes, you roast Did them. Did you put chestnuts on a salad? Dude, I just crack this shit open. I'm the last person to ask what you put on a salad. These chestnuts are like dog testicles sitting on our table while we're recording. At first, I thought there was some sort of mushroom, and I was gonna kick your ass. Why? I hate mushrooms. What do you think? I oh, just oh. Oh, that's right. Well, you can tell you're taunting me with it's them. It's not like you'd be horrified, like terrified by mushrooms just sitting on the table. Well, I thought you were taunting me with them. No, they're chestnuts. Dylan brought them. It's not even my fault. There's four <laughs> of them. One for each of our baby family. That never happened when we were living together. <laughs> if I had jerked off in the toilet seat and you sat on it the wrong time of month. <laughs> Every month I'm warned. <laughs> show opb being a local pbs station yeah and uh there was some i can't remember oh no it was about um dragonflies and apparently jack dragonfly penises will scoop what? out the semen of other uh, oh yeah from the female dragonfly i walked in just in time to hear you know can scoop out the semen <laughs> Of competitor, and I was like, and I turned this, around and I walked away. And then they used the semen as icing on mosquito cinnamon rolls. Just and, that blue fucking. As weird. y'all can tell from this divergence on semen, my mother is not on the podcast this week. Thank y'all for your kind words about my mom. Yeah, yeah people were dating your mom. Being on my the mom podcast. is great. My mom is adorable. I forgot. There's a thing that my mom does where just you know, in her, she'll think about scenarios and what she would do in them. Like, I don't know if she did any of this in the podcast really? last week. Your mom's week. got an imagination. My mom is great. My mom has a better also, imagination than I do. Also, when she gets scared, she gets turned into a ball. Like <laughs> Turns into a ball. <laughs> she doesn't roll up into a she's ball. Like a, she just... She's like a Pokemon. <laughs> so 
my mom, my mom has these, she's so great. My mom has these things where she'll think about what she would do if a scenario happened. And she'll do, this is like a game she plays in her own mind. Like she'll talk a lot about what she'll do when she wins the lottery and all yeah. this other stuff. And um, because my mom thinks that one day she will win the lottery. She, every, so my mom, you know, feels like there are moments where she feels like God is telling me, she's like, I will buy a lottery ticket when God tells me she to feels buy a lottery ticket. God, yeah. yeah. And she she said, this has happened in the past. She's not, like, she doesn't buy lottery tickets until she's standing and she'll be like, I feel like I'm gonna win. I'm gonna buy a lottery ticket right now. I, and, and so she'll buy it. And she's she's won, like, two bucks in the past. And she's always like, see, God's playing tricks on me. Aww. And so she's like, one of these, when I win the lottery, I'm gonna do this and this and this. And, like, and it's all, like, philanthropic. Like, she's planned, well, this will go to this. Because she wants for very little. She's gonna buy, um, they love my house. They're gonna buy the house next door to my house, which is this bu- huge, huge plot of land. They're gonna knock down the house there and build the compound, which is their... Their, their housing compound where they will have room for obviously both of them they'll each have their own wing my mom and my dad and then there will be a, a wing for my little sister and her gentleman friend tell me you'll go buy foster burger at the n- nearby like deluxe burger joint and just like have an underground conveyor belt Dude, of foster burger delivered an to the home underground tunnel to foster burger you know what foster burger just I conveyor just... belt you have a, it's like a dumb word there's a bell like a ding 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 and then foster burger comes yeah, on a conveyor belt in your living brilliant. room while you're playing video games I just got a group on for foster burger and I'm so excited yeah, about it you going on a diet or something and then well, this group on ruined it well I'm not going on a diet my or wife whatever. And I, my it wife was... and I are trying oh, to that's what it is. Um, figure out how to fit smartphones into our budget. I don't fucking understand how everybody has goddamn smartphones. Everyone has smartphones. I've seen people get snotty They're about like, so oh, expensive. when I see somebody with a flip phone, I want to ask, what is it, 1997? <laughs> exactly. Like, Fuck you, asshole. I'm like, I, and, and so my wife and I wander into the place. We're like, oh. That's probably the worst thing to do is actually year. walk into like the Verizon Center well, or whatever. Well, we did our research. It's all ass expensive. Yeah. There is no way. We found out that I get a corporate discount through my work. Mm-hmm. But it's only on the data plan. It's not on the device fee. Which is going to be a couple hundred bucks. Well, well that stuff's bundled Well, it's going to be too. like, for the two of us, getting the cheapest ass um, data plan, which is really all we need. Um, it'll be like $140 a month. And I'm just sitting here, and the guy's buying a cheap. It's like buying a Wii every month just to be able to use your phone. That is two goddamn video games a month. Yeah, plus some downloadable stuff. Phones for phones. Which you could really just fuck everybody. It's only useful when you're out of the house and not at work. And my wife was so funny driving home. She's like. Idiots have smartphones. Poor people have smartphones. Why is it too expensive for us? Why are all... And I was telling you, like, A, people don't mind being in debt. <laughs> and B, like, this is their priority. I don't understand how people have smartphones and cable. Yeah. That blows my mind. Seriously. The combination of the two. Jesus Christ. Because we're, we're cheapazoids. And, cause, well, my thing is I'll spend money, but I'll spend lots of money one time. Like, I don't mind throwing down, like, this weekend I went out to, you know, I just bought a house. I threw down a lot of money one time, but that's it. You know? It's not a lot of money every month. Yeah. Every month. I mean, I can't complain, because I'm still on uh, a plan with Dylan, which mm-hmm. I, I should be throwing her cash, but I'll buy her lunch and stuff like that. I make up, try to make up the fact that she, like, she actually pays for my phone, which is 30 bucks a month. But it has for how many years, Bill? Like, yeah, five years. <laughs> well, when we first moved in together, we got a data plan Oh, yeah, stuff. it makes sense. But, uh... Yeah, and I feel like 30 bucks a month is not that much compared to, like, having a smartphone. I don't see the appeal of having a fucking smartphone. Other than the smartphones are awesome, you like the technological well, part. But just the money of it is just like, holy yeah. shit. Well, see, my thing is, is that my wife and I are terrible with cell phones and that we never carry our cell phones. Yeah, if, especially if you're not a cell phone But the thing person. is, is that we want to be better. Yeah. Because I do like texting and everything. Well, and it's my also thing the was future. That, 
<laughs> if you don't get a smartphone now, you're going to get someone someday. This is true. My wife and I use iMessage all the time. Yeah, that's but, nice. And now that we have different schedules, it's like, that was really what it was, where yeah. I'm like, this has got to be, this has got to change now. Yeah. And, um, uh, like, so we won't even be using messaging, per se. We'll be using iMessage. So we'll be using free services. But we have to get a data fit land. And I'm like, how am I going to afford 140 bucks a month? But then we sat down, we realized, you know what? That's like five pizzas. <laughs> Which, let's be honest... We probably don't have five pizzas a month, but we have gotten to a terrible habit of eating out all the time because we're we've been moving and packing. And we don't want to cook. At well, home. recently it's not like you eat yeah. out all. I mean, you we're pretty bad. Pretty we're pretty bad. We eat out a lot. It's Portland, Oregon. Although just recently, it's 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 it hasn't been it's gotten for pretty you guys. bad. Yeah, it's got well even that even on our even when we were cooking at home a lot, we'd still eat out on average two to three times a week. You guys live right next to a burger joint. Even we, the old we, place you we, moved from, you're living we, right next we've to. We've always lived joint. next to expensive burger joints. That's yeah, true. yes, um, your guys' priorities are really smart when it comes to places to live. But still, it's like though I realize I am two miles away from the closest comic shop, which sucks. <laughs> if if uh, is it Excalibur that you're closest to? Uh, you're on the 14 line. Technically, you're on a bus line. Let's give enough you're details. Five that miles, can stalk you're five miles. You're five minutes away. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> Dude, not not with no. It's not five minutes. Unless away. somebody walks you're around not five minutes with a titty away. detector. <laughs> They're not going to find you. (laughs) (laughs) What I'm imagining is two dials that are shaped like boobs and the nipples become more erect as you get closer to your location. I just imagine a milk arena dowsing her on. You just walk up to women. You ain't even loading. (laughs) So the dowsing rod with the the boner. (laughs) That's where you have to hold it. And it becomes more erect. I just turned this is a Mr. Bean short all of a sudden. Maloney, just like walking down the street going, <laughs> holding a right by his wiener. That's it. Anyway, oh my God. yeah, my mom is really not here this week. Maybe we should, should be on. I know we should Skype her in every week. Oh, anyway, what was God. I saying? Um, oh, money. So we're we're tra- gonna try and not eat out as much. To um, I know. Wait, every time I use the phrase "eat out," I see Bill like gay married lesbians. <laughs> We're going to try not dine at external just restaurants. Extern- yeah, exactly. There we go. Yeah. What's well, the idea? You eat out more um, often. You save money. Have, uh-huh. Yeah. So we're not going to go out to dinner as frequently. Uh, cut down booze? Because don't booze drink that much expensive. booze. Well, yeah. Not, not that much. But you guys don't buy beer. You guys buy, buy hard liquor. But you're not like drowning. I don't buy that like much. That. I'm trying to think of anything else that's like... I went to Trader Fast Joe's. I got a um I got a um a case of two buck chuck. Excuse me. $2.50 check, which is less melodic. But it was great because I got like a shit ton of bottles of wine for $30. And I'm like, yeah, bitches, because now I have a garage to put it in. I don't think you're a wine person. I like wine. Okay. Dude, when you're on your period, when you're having cramps, oh, red wine is want? the best thing in the world. Was it just like the tannins and stuff kind of help you out? Or? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I'm not okay. a doctor. You're just... All I know is that when I feel shitty, I drink a lot of red wine and watch <laughs> red out, red comedies. in. <laughs> That's right, Bill. Get her, please. <laughs> Red out, red in, you ass. Derp, derp, derp. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, that's that was what that's really been my wife's mantra. She's like, if poor people can have smartphones, we can have smartphones. So we're trying to figure out how to balance our lifestyle so we can afford one hundred twenty dollars so a month. One hundred twenty dollars a month. I don't understand, like kids who have cell phones. One hundred forty dollars a kids month. Kids who have sm- uh, smartphones who don't uh, uh, do, who don't have parents who work for like the government. Yeah. I don't understand how that works. 
Oh, kids with smartphones. Fuck. Kids with cell phones. Period. Freak me out. Yeah, that's some entitlement shit. Right well, my there. parents. As soon as as soon as I was out and about more, my parents got me a cell phone. But it was for emergencies, and I never. Oh, that's right. Because you were young friends. enough. Cell phones were a thing when you were a kid. Cell just phones barely. didn't even get invented just until barely. I was like twenty two. It was when I was in college. More yeah. than I was in high school. Yeah. Um. But I had friends with cell phones. Yeah. But they're rich friends. That's, maybe it's, I'm just like I'm my father's daughter, and the idea of spending a hundred and forty dollars a month on anything, on anything, just makes my that's not my house. That's not video games. Well, <laughs> although even, I don't spend a hundred forty dollars a month on video no, games. No, even in even in the big even during the holiday season, yeah, you're not spending a hundred forty dollars a month on video games. Maybe yeah. maybe even once in a while. This whole but year, not, not during the course of the year. You're not spending yeah. how much is one hundred forty times twelve? <laughs> Math twelve dollars. <laughs> You're not spending that much during the year for video games, even if it's just, yeah. Man, it just makes me everything. Every muscle in my body just tenses up. A lot of it. I'm gonna do it, but Jesus Christ! But the thing is, is that when I have it, like, because my touch is 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 attached to my hip, so having that with Wi-Fi would be great. Also, I think we found out that our um, our company has started to crack down more on. Um, uh, website monitoring whereas we before we didn't have enough I, IT departments they didn't give a shit now they oh. see when we're checking shit so I'm like what are you checking at work well I don't I check Twitter occasionally during my work day rachelweissnudes.com <laughs> yes all Rachel Weiss man talking to Dylan yesterday she was talking smack on Rachel Weiss made me so sad she's talking about how she's too like she's like oh, I'm, I'm a brunette I could just do that anyway what she does what Dylan's got a Dylan's a sucker for redheads I can't yes. remember this conversation I think I'm misremembering half of it but I was super bummed to see. But she's not on the Rachel Weiss train. Really? She likes That's how I felt. She likes Anne Hathaway. Out. She likes um yeah. well she's a sucker for Mila Kunis, which cracks me up. Because Mila Kunis is like a missile <laughs> dude. Like, she's a sex honest. missile. She's a sex Who's missile. Emma Stone or Mila Kunis? Because they both kinda kinda like the bad girl thing going on. They're different kinds of Pokemon to me. Like yeah. superficially you can see that they're big eyed pretty ladies. Yeah. But um Emma Stone is all about her voice and her attitude. Whereas Mila Kunis is just pretty to me. She's, she just seems like white trash, I don't give a fuck lady who just happened to be in a movie or two. <laughs> she just falls on your dick all the time. She doesn't <laughs> care. <laughs> uh, I even invited her to my funeral so she actually falls on my dick's, my corpse's dick. This is a goodbye. Uh, I, That's I mean, how I felt when I found out that Foley doesn't like, um, who's the lady we both have voters for? Uh, no, the everybody rocketeer lady. Yeah, Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly. How do My you not... wife does not get Jennifer Connelly. She says she quote has bitch face unquote. <laughs> <laughs> I can kind of see my wife's one sentence analysis of Jennifer Connelly. How can you like her? She has Jennifer bitch face. Connelly is the closest thing to uh, there is to like an Eve, where like everyone on the planet is going to want to bone her. Like she is like the, she is the feminine ideal. You think so? I think so. If I had someone had to put <laughs> a gun, down here, someone put a gun to my head and said, "Like, what is the most like idealized woman like physically like, uh, like twenty five year old Jennifer Connelly is like holy shit." Yeah, I don't know that I think she's the most beautiful that's, person. That's a hell of a but I think like if, you, if like if the aliens came down and said, "Give us your master race human female." <laughs> She's Jennifer Connelly, is all I'm saying. <laughs> Young Jennifer Connelly. I'm just saying, before I knew what feelings were, I had feelings. Just like Jen, John, like what's his name? Don Draper from Mad Men. He should play Superman. Like, if you get a younger version of him, he's like kind of like this almost like perfect, like male worst line lantern. Bill, like, we're projecting or, 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 or. Our, our predilection for brown haired white people right now. That's all we're doing. No, we're like, we're like dirty Nazis. <laughs> the brunette master race. Just think 
people with the poop colored hair and eyes should uh, just dominate. <laughs> no, Jennifer Connelly's fine. And not that black people are pretty too. <laughs> I'm just saying. Did you see, man, Halle Berry's going to play all the characters in <laughs> Cloud Atlas? I told you this. Fuck. So Bill's been reading the Cloud Atlas, and and uh, and uh, as anyone who follows me on Twitter has probably learned, when I can't fall asleep around midnight, that's when I'm going to do a lot of <laughs> tweeting. And Bill and I got in this Twitter conversation Fuck about Halle Cloud Berry. Atlas. That's one black person I could do without. <laughs> that Oh, God, that makes sound never, like... I'm trying to think of any movie that I've ever seen Halle Berry in that I liked. Good. Well, yeah, she chooses bad movies. I mean, she was next X-Men, too, but she's not, like, an important she, part of that. I mean, she was an okay she's Storm, but Storm was so bland. though. She's just so, like, damn, Halle Berry. You know, you wonder how the hell she ever got in the movies. She was in the Catwoman movie. Uh, at least she doesn't seem to be playing all the major female characters. Did you see there's white people made up to look like Koreans? Yep. That, I am horrified I know. By I that. don't know how I feel about that. That's the one terrible thing. I've gone about Cloud Atlas, the cheesiest part of that book being it's all about reincarnation, and the fact that that justifies them casting white people as Koreans because they want to have the same yeah. characters, like, same actors playing all the characters in the movie. It's weird. Oh, man. And that makeup... What really, what really makes me upset more than anything else is that there are a lot of Asian actors out there that well, don't get any also, parts. <laughs> and this is literally, like, finally, some roles for Asian people that are playing by takes place in near future Korea and yeah they kind of go this is the ultimate white well like seriously yeah. this is the very definition of whitewashing bullshit yeah oh my god and then like I the makeup they did to make them look Asian they don't look Asian they look like fucking Lord of the Rings characters or something like that where they look kind of like Down Syndrome like Romulans from Star Trek or something and yeah. not like they don't look Asian you put a Hugo Weaving you put Silly Putty on the corner of his eyes he does not look like Asian he just looks like he, he's missing a chromosome Fuck that movie. It's, yeah. It Cloud makes me really super doing. uncomfortable. Uh, super I did, uncomfortable. I, I did, I'm almost towards the end of Cloud Atlas. I did get the part where it is. Are you enjoying new, the book? Yeah, no, it's a good book. It's a, if you remove like the 50 words that I actually talk about like reincarnation, the rest of the book is great. Because, re- well, we talked about this reincarnation. We talked bullshit. about how your allergic yeah! reaction to but the, reincarnation. the part of the book with all the Korean stuff, it's, it's, it's near future dystopia where uh, everything's run by the corpocracy, where it's, mm-hmm. it's companies have taken over. Yeah. And so uh, language has changed. Mm-hmm. And so like shoes, there's no longer, no one ever calls shoes shoes anymore. They're called now called Nikes. Yeah. Like, like instead of coffee, you say, I'm going to make a cup of coffee. You say, I'm going to make a cup of Starbucks. Yeah. And even though it's, that may not even be branded as Starbucks anymore, yeah. that's just what it's called. Well, it's like, like Kleenex say, or Band-Aid. Yeah, yeah, I gotta go yeah. make a Xerox of this or yeah. something. I gotta go play me some Nintendos. Well, that yeah. was my joke as too. I got, I can't imagine ever that happening these days. I gotta go play some Xbox. <laughs> well, I yeah. But uh, it's uh, it's 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 the book is good. Yeah, um, listening to the audiobook, it's really it's funny because I was listening to the audiobook and I got to what I like after the post after after the near future Korean stuff. There's some post apocalyptic stuff. Yeah, that's my favorite part of the whole trailer is um uh she cannibal seen the trailer yeah cannibal um what's his butt uh. Is it? It's not Rupert Everett. It's the other one. Hugh Grant. Cannibal Hugh Grant. Oh, is that who it was? Cannibal Hugh oh, Grant. God. Oh, That's he my must favorite be playing the head of the Kona. Or the Kuna. Mm-hmm. Who the f- Mila Kunis? <laughs> she plays a cannibal. What's she, that giving she head plays to Mila Kunis? That's all I heard. Pussy what? cannibal chasing Dylan down the street. <laughs> That's how Cloud Clown Atlas ends. We have the worst <laughs> podcast in the world. They got Dylan never listens to it. No, she listens to it. That's a terrible thing. Uh, can we not? This episode will be called Pussy Cannibal. <laughs> no. No. Oh my god. I just pictured me like Kudos with a tampon through her nose. Just bleh, just chasing people down the street. Uh, what the hell was I talking about? Oh, it turns out mm. I thought the book was at the end. And then it turns out there's still like eight hours left the audiobook. And it turns out stuff. 
when you think you're getting to the end of the Colorado Atlas, if you're reading the book, turns out there's still half of it left. I hate that bullshit. When you very clearly get to the ending and then you're Jesus It's not bad. Christ. No, the book folds back on itself. Yeah. It's interesting. I shouldn't talk about it because I don't want to spoil it. Because, like, I'll, well, I guess by talking about the book, I'm also kind of spoiling the movie. But it sounds like the like the trailer for the movie at least spoils everything as, like, yeah. not, anything I'm saying you could just glean from the, the, the trailer. I have to watch that when I'm done with it. So I'll probably be done with the Cloud Atlas next week. So I'll have a better uh, telling of whether or not that is good or not. But it's a good book so far. That while, like, you gave up on the casual vacancy. So it just suggested yeah. you could start reading Cloud Atlas if you wanted to. You could. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not a bad book. There's not that casual much vacancy. I'll probably get back to casual vacancy. I talked about it before about how it's all about unhappy people, yeah. and it just keeps getting unhappier and unhappier. And the people, I, I was having trouble finding a character that I could connect with. I talked a little bit about that. Yeah. And then I finally reached a chapter. It's actually very interesting. There's this character who named Crystal Whedon, who's a little girl. She's like 13, and she she is a representative of everything that is wrong about this community to a lot of people. Yeah. And you hear about her from pretty much almost everyone's perspective. They all talk about her in some way and usually about how she is worthless and like she's a skank and she's, you is know, she skanky or that's how they perceive well, her. No, she is. And like how she's cheap, Jesus. she's white trash and all these things. And then you get to a chapter where you're from her perspective. And you could totally, I could totally get where she's coming from and everything like that. And, like, she has her little, and, of course, here's where it gets me crying. She has a little brother and that she's trying to protect. And her mom is a um, is on heroin. And, like, her mom, they, Jesus the, the, uh, the um, uh, like, protective, child protective services have taken her little brother away once for a month. Yeah. And they got her back. And they got him back. But it was an understanding that mom would clean up. She'd go on methadone. And that, um... That the little boy would go to class and everything like that. And and so the Crystal has been, like, the only... She's trying so hard to keep her family together just so she can stay with That's her little brother. That's if she's held up as a pariah by the community, then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, she you can tell... She does act out. She skips school. She, like, lets all the boys touch her boobs. Like, she swears like a pirate. But it's because she's got... She yeah, she's nothing. at home. Yeah, exactly. She yeah. has nothing, you know. So of course she's gonna act out and get attention. Can these problems? There's be... one part where she's talking about how the the guy who dies was her the coach of her rowing team. How he really he was the only person who ever believed in her and every and mm. anything. And um, there's a part where she talks about how the best day of her life was when um the rowing team beat a uh, one of their like their arch rival schools. Yeah. And at an assembly, they called all the girls to the front and the rowing team. And as she's walking up, they're all laughing at her because it's Crystal Whedon, you know. Yeah. And um, but then they get to the front. They're like, and they beat Saint Anne's, and the school whole school cheers for her. And it's it was the best moment of her life. And at this point, I'm just like. Fuck you, J.K. Rowling. I'm crying. And then on top of that, she's trying to protect her little brother. I'm like, shit, this character. This is the character. So she kills everyone at the end of the book. <laughs> Presumably. Turns into, uh, <laughs> her name is actually the Pale Bride. That's right, Bill. Um, but, um, no, so. Hey, what's the Pale Bride from? It's from uh, Analog Hate Story. Oh, that's what it is. That was a joke. Well, I, was, I got confused with the Kill Bill for a second. <laughs> no. I was like, how many killer brides right. do we need in our lives? <laughs> no, um, uh, but, uh. I was like, oh man, this is going to be it. And so I'm like, okay, I finally have a character that I can kind of, and, and then on top of that, the new social worker is this woman who's very unhappy, but I can kind of, I can, like, I'm very much so sympathetic with her. I'm like, okay, okay, all right, I found my center. And right after I found my center, we introduced another character who's just mercilessly, this little girl who's mercilessly bullied because she's a little girl and her body's going through changes. And so she's like, she's hairy. She's got a little mustache and shit. And the kid's just mercilessly 
bully this her sounds, or anything like that. This sounds really and interesting. Here's the thing. I get to Joe this. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I get to the point where, like, this little girl and her, she's, like, she's totally shut off from everyone, her family included. Yeah. And, like, and she gets to a point where the only thing she can do that makes her feel, it's her only release is cutting. Oh, Jesus. So I get to this chapter that's describing this little girl, this bullied little girl cutting herself. And I had to put the book down. How old down. is she? Like, like 12? They're, she, they're like... I don't Not know. Not to say she's 14. All kids better, between but the like... age of 12 and 18 are one blur of youth to me. I can't wow. remember. See, I thought this was more like quirky, funny, like... No! Like... I keep telling you how unendingly depressing this book is. I thought this was is. more like the office style of depressing. No, Bill. Not like... These are all people who are actually miserable. Actually down and dirty to... Well, These I are mean, all people that's who very are British. It is and very it's, British. And it's like... Let's wallow in our filth and have well, not have fun, but like we're pro- like we make a whole story where everyone's uh, miserable in the rain. I don't know. But... I I think I can like I can't. I I'm not gonna skip it because I want to know what's going on with this kid. Yeah, but I don't know if I can read it, so I think I may stop reading the book. I fully read it to you. Oh, just voices. read it and, and describe it. To I wonder me. if the audiobook might be better if it's like like telling a tale. I don't have time for audiobooks. That's one nice thing with the uh, the Cloud Atlas is because it's a story about a bunch of different people. They actually cast like half a dozen different actors. Oh, that's nice. I always like that. And the other the people they cast to read the audiobook is really nice. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, that sucks. I I I'm, 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 I yeah. enjoy her writing. Like I mentioned last week, there was well, this really there's great turn of phrase that I liked about this guy who holds um, everything he has not said like a rosary, like beads of a rosary. Yeah. Like he's like, I haven't said I love you. I haven't said I'll fix your house. Well, they just had a great reversal where the other character, like the woman that's in the relationship. Is that the lady with the leather tits? No. Oh, okay. Uh, the the <laughs> woman that he's in a relationship, who's actually the, the social worker. Okay. Um, she talks about how she goes over all the Spoilers things. Spoilers for the casual Dude, this see. is not really, this is, nothing has <laughs> oh, happened. I'm saying. I am like page 150 and I'm nothing saying, has happened. Five all... minutes in, there's a half page description of this lady's leather tits. <laughs> there is. Um, there, uh, uh, the 150 pages in, nothing has really happened yet. It's all setting the stage for what's going to happen. I do appreciate like page 15. She says fucking cunt. She does. I, I told you this in the last week's podcast. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, the, um, the, the nice reversal they have is the social worker lady. She's thinking about all the things he has not said, like a miser counting over IOUs. And it was like this great comp, like this great, I was, I was reading that going, JK Rowling, I love you. Let's be bros. I really do like her as a writer. She's not a perfect writer, but, but I find like, her, so she's matters, a crazy kind of. readable writer. Like I could just read, she I could wonder write how depressed she is. I wonder like what part of her, like this represents this book. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's always been a lot of sadness in Harry Potter. There's yeah, no, been... Harry Potter, there's been like, long stretches, like especially towards the end of those books where things it's are It's a very melancholy book. And even like the first couple of books, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. And this is just pure unadulterated, not even melancholy, yeah. but just misery. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I know. I'm kind of curious to see how it ends. Like, That's what the thing. Like, like what, what like, the overall shape worse? of the story is. Yeah. <laughs> is it, it just like, is it like, a, like just a super sad farce that just kind of ends and that's it and it's everyone's totally, just kind of like staring mean, at each other? And, and, and or is there like a wacky, like something like an there's not gonna be or wacky. Like that? There's not going to be wacky. It's about this, this small conflict that means nothing, but is everything to these people. I don't know the the lady with who's on heroin with her kids and she's not taking care of them well. Maybe that can be fixed with a horcrux. So, no, I'm curious to see what, like, yeah, but I love the fact that, the, I've, I've mentioned this before, but the fact there's a new J.K. Rowling book out, I have no, I like, I don't feel the urge to have to read it, like, finish it in two days before I'm spoiled on the internet. I just let my copy off to Dylan. Do you know I'm, anyone else who's reading this book? No, it's just does, no one else yeah. talking about it, which is kind of yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah, supposedly the sales have been soft, but they're comparing that of to course. Harry Potter sales. Yeah. I'm sure it's selling, like, gangbusters compared to, like, fucking... Yeah, any other book. The Fart <laughs> Atlas or whatever the hell it just came out at this point. But the it's, yeah. Atlas. 
Bill, it's okay if you just tell us the name did of the Did I tell fiction. you the giant display of Fifty Shades of Grey at Fred Meyers I saw last week? Of course you giant, did. Giant, like, it's all so handcuffs and stuff. I realize, yeah. I didn't realize the covers are all like... Yeah. Yeah. They're really shitty covers. God oh, man. damn, those books. I saw on Tumblr, someone was um, had posted, there's a book called Fifty Shades of Darcy. Okay. Oh, Mr. Like Darcy. Darcy. Mr. Darcy. And I was like, well... <laughs> That's the internet, right? Well, there. I guess that's the next thing. Like now that the whole like let's put like uh, zombies and vampires into classic literature. Now yeah. let's go sex up classic literature. Yeah, it's gonna be Hamlet like stabbing people with a giant like Saints Row three dildo bat. <laughs> but like the people <laughs> like it, they want it. The ghost is fucking everybody. <laughs> Cloudies. Guys, I'm really sad none of you can see Bill's. <laughs> the ghost is fucking everybody. Hand hey, Annie, I found a Cheeto on the floor. You should eat it. Bill just formed a Cheeto out of an orange Starburst. <laughs> it's so easy to make a Cheeto out of orange Starburst when your hands are warm and sweaty. That's for you on your book. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I won't stay in the book cover Bill, too much. take it off the book. Look, it looks like an orange poop. On the way out the door today, I got a new Robin Hood book in the mail. I've not even opened it up yet. Yeah, it's a picture book. Billy, you take over. Uh, what? Oh, man, yeah, this is a good point. Uh, Doctor Who. Yeah, you talked about Doctor Who for a while while I look at Mandy Half the show notes for this week are me flipping out about Doctor Who. Well, what was the last Doctor Who episode you saw? I got as far as the goddamn, like, the spacesuit shit. Oh, with River on the, 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 and about the, the lake, side of the lake. And, like, all of the stuff. Like, was that the end of last Were season? Were you over at my house to watch? I can't remember to watch that together. That remember. was the beginning of last. Well, last season began and ended I think I did watch scene. Your House. Yeah. No, because I saw the reveal at the end in Amy Pond and the alleyway and all that. Like, yeah. I, I saw all that shit, and then I stopped, because that was so shitty and dumb. Doctor Who's not gotten that much better. Uh, there were good episodes. This uh, this half a season of Doctor Who just ended with Amy and Rory finally leaving. Spoilers for the last episode they of Doctor Who. That's what I thought too. <laughs> they arbitrarily bring Amy and Rory back at the beginning of the season just to kill them off at the end of this season. Spoiler for Doctor Who. They died? They died. Fuck Doctor Who. I really like the idea. They died. They get sent back in time and live out their life in the past. But the Doctor for some reason can't go save them. And they do you remember the weeping angels? Yeah, the, like you know, the, i.e. the most interesting part of Doctor Who. Yeah, yes. don't blink. They'll send you back in time if they catch you. They get, oh, is that what they do when they catch you? I can't remember. Well, in the first episode where the weeping angels show up, that's what they do. But in the second one, that yeah, well, they Amy, they're just literally they're like biting people or like yeah. snapping their necks and shit. They actually end up snapping the neck of Dora Marmont. That's the first time that's I saw right. that actor. Yeah, that's right. Where's that like, Khaleesi? Oh, River Song is a bitch. Um... <laughs> But so, yeah, this is the uh, third time uh, Moffat has brought up the Weeping Angels. And he did bring back the whole thing when they catch you. Unlike the last time when the angel showed up, uh, instead of just snapping your neck, they're actually uh, sending people back in time. Which you think is kind of like, if you've got the doctor there with the time machine, then that's not much of a threat. Because then the doctor can just go back and pick you up. But in this issue, they, in this episode, they come up with, like, there's paradoxes and some kind of time distortion. For some reason, the doctor can't go mm-hmm. back and pick up Amy and Marie. So, like, they end up dying and you see their tombstone. They died, like... 82 years old and it's just it was uh i have notes this is a crummy end to a largely crummy half season this following last year's generally crummy whole season i still like moffat and fits and starts but he's a great short story writer not so good at plotting long game stories yeah. like that last season with the whole yeah yeah well but the funny thing is there's still like a larger arc that's still going on because uh. he started this arc about the silence in the fall of the 11th and uh, that hasn't been wrapped up yet. That sounds like something that may not be wrapped up until it, like ele- like uh, Matt Smith goes away. Uh, which I don't know. Would that could that happen actually next year at the fiftieth anniversary? 
Um, because a year from now is Doctor Who's 50th anniversary, and they're supposed to be doing a big multi, some kind of big special. Uh, but yeah, no, this episode was just ah, it's oh yeah, I can't even. I take pity on anyone who has to come up with compelling stories for an immortal guy who can time travel. Yeah. Not even just time travel, but he can go to any place in time in the whole history of the universe. Yeah. So it's hard to find a challenge yeah. for a character like that. Well, it's the same thing with the X-Men. You know, it's yeah, like, kinda, he has so like, many people with so many powers. With so many crazy powers. It's hard to, like, yeah, come up with, like, compelling obstacles for them that you're not just kind of coming up with arbitrary shit. Well, it's it's so to easy it to sit obstacle. and watch you go, why didn't you just fix it by doing X? That's exactly what happens in this episode, because, yeah, yeah it, it was a maddening, uh, maddeningly arbitrary ending, even with the scrambled timelines around 1938 New York, which is where Amy and Rory got sent off to. Yeah. Uh, why couldn't the doctor have just picked up Amy and Rory a few years? Well, there's this whole thing. They get back in time, and, yeah, the doctor says, oh, there's a bit, like, Amy and Rory end up actually end up having to kill themselves to kill, this is the whole thing, it's... Amory, not only did they kill themselves by jumping off a rooftop, because they're being chased by the uh, Statue of Liberty, no less. Are you kidding Statue me? Statue of Liberty is an angel, and it almost eats them, and then they throw oh, themselves off a building. dear lord. <laughs> but there's no reason for the... Like, the fact that the Statue of Liberty is an angel doesn't do anything. It's just another monster chasing them, and it doesn't, like, really move or anything. Also, they don't explain if the Statue of Liberty is an angel, and the angels can't move it if anyone's looking at them. How does the Statue of Liberty walk around Manhattan? You think someone's gonna oh. notice that? Uh, but like, yeah. Why doesn't the doctor? Yeah. So if River and Amy are stuck in like old time New York, like the doctor, if he can't go to nineteen thirty eight New York because it's time locked because of a paradox or whatever, you think he could just show up a couple of years beforehand and then wait to go pick them up or go to like nineteen thirty eight London yeah. and then take a boat over to pick them up or like River, she's got her little time vortex time watch that lets her do stuff. She could go pick them up. They died for no reason. They brought back Amy and Rory this season just to kill them off in the most kind of like, it's like everyone like online is like, oh, it's so sad when they go. And it is kind of sadder ending. Uh, Lady plays Amy. But yeah, and it's always sad to see bad things happen to Rory. Rory gets to see himself die as an old man. Yeah. And and Amy shows up and there's nice moments within it, but it's just, it's poopy butt. Oh, what else? The lack of, uh... Yeah, the lack of specific dates on their tombstones was also another little cop-out. This is weird. You could tell the prop masters or the writer, Stephen Moffat, does, has never actually been to a real graveyard. Because, like, <laughs> instead of, like, being tied down to show exactly where Amy and Rory uh, got sent back in time to, it just says, here lies Rory Williams, aged 82 years. Because on tombstones, you'll have the birth date and the date of death. But some reason, it just it's died 82 years. So they when they go back, it, like, to save Amy and Rory in a future episode, that... This gives them the leeway to say, oh, they wound up in, like, maybe not just 1938 New York, but they wound up in, like, ancient Chilean New York or something. It's just kind of, ugh. That's stupid. Uh, Rory wanders willingly into a hotel filled with weeping angels. There were weeping angels actually hanging outside of the hotel, and for some reason he will just wanders into the hotel, even knowing that there are angels in the town. Uh, there's a gangster who captures a weeping angel. He never figure out why or how he did that. River Song just also happens to be pretending to be a detective in 1938 New York when everyone bumps into her. Of course and she It's never is. explained why she's fair, there or what she's doing there. She's goddamn River Song. She I thought that, 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 yeah. that seems very in character for her to me. I know. That's that's another thing with the yeah, River Song. Like, I just show up. I'm here for no reason. I'm just here because... Nah, nah, yeah. nah. And they're like, to be fair, I find River Song most interesting when they don't try to explain her. I find her much more interesting as an enigmatic weirdo. Well, and there's this whole thing where River Song shows up. This whole episode's about the death of her parents. 
And the fact that, like, this whole family situation is kind of yeah. fucked up only gets, like, the, like, briefest well, mention at the end of the episode. Her parents. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And so there's this whole scene at the end where the river's, or the doctor's flipping out because Amy and Rory are dead. And he's, like, he's, like, just flipping out. And, like, he's, like, oh, River, I'm so sorry. I forgot that you're your parents. And she's, like, okay. <laughs> it's kind of like the end of the episode. <laughs> like, oh, great, Doctor Who. That's just great writing. Um... The actually one of the best things about this season is the episode before uh, Amy and Rory are killed. There's another episode where uh, the doctor he ends up hanging out more with Rory's dad because mm-hmm. Rory's dad showed us, showed up this season played by Mr. Weasley from the yeah. Harry Potter movies, and he makes this uh, promise to Mr. Weasley, you know, Mr. Mr. Yeah. Williams in this case, that he will make sure that nothing bad ever happens to Rory and Amy. Yeah, and but like the next episode they die. Yeah, you're kind of like well. I, it would have been so much more interesting to me if they just went their separate ways. If they had let well, so them that's go. That's what last season yeah. happened. When that's they decided to die, they were going off in their own separate ways. Well, there's a great thing where, the, like I said in this episode right before the uh, uh, the Weeping Angels episode, where Amy is like talking to the doctor. She's like, she, she says, like, why did you come back? Like, we, uh, like, and the doctor's like, well, I came back because this whole thing, where, like, I'm immortal. I'm I'm always going to be around one way or the other. But, like, everyone with, everything else in the world is temporary and everything else is right. just fading away. And I just need as much time with you as I can get before you die. Before you die. Even though I'm putting your life at risk at bring, taking you on these adventures, yeah. your, your, your time in this world is very finite. And so mm-hmm. I like you so much. And your face is the first face this ever saw. This, this yeah. is the face I ever saw. Which, and there's just, this is one of the best scenes ever in Doctor Who. Yeah. In this shitty episode. Well, right before the shitty episode. The rest of the episode is cute, too. But that's a great... That's actually the best farewell moment. Not farewell, but that's... At least they have that one moment before they have this crappy next episode, the next episode. Yeah. Where it's just kind of like... Blah, blah, blah. But that was just nice where they kind of... Amy and the Doctor kind of come to terms with each other. Well, that's another weird thing, too, because they start off with Amy and the Doctor with him, like... With her, like, whole childhood being, like, formed by his influence and... The whole Rackety Doctor stuff, which they kind of abandoned after a while. Yeah. That's, like, that never became more of a thing about how her whole life was kind of, like, warped by his presence when yeah. she was a kid and stuff like that. And that never really gets brought up again. That That's more of a problem with the overall arching shape of it's her relationship no with the Doctor. There's there clearly no, no arc. arc. It's just With kinda... Stephen Moffat, the thing about him is it. I feel like he is kind of, like, um, looper time travel. Yeah. Where everything is firm and canonical until something else happens. And then it overrides it. Don't worry about it. You yeah, know? which is kind it's of like, infuriating. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what um, the... When I watched... Uh, I didn't get to say this last week, I don't think. Um, when I watched episode one of series two of Sherlock, that kind of summed up everything that is annoying to me about Stephen Moffat. Yeah. Because he'll have this sort of compelling I still haven't character. seen the second season, yeah. Well, this, in this episode... The second series. The uh, uh, Irene Adler yeah. is dead... But then she's not because it was a trick. And then she's dead, but she's not because it was a trick. And then she's dead for real. This is it. But it's not because it's Stephen a trick. Moffat and it was like yeah. and it was like the most Stephen Moffatist thing I have ever seen. Well, it's just like there's an episode last year with River Song where like you find out like okay uh, she's Amy and Rory's kid and like all the episodes leading up to that have been can kind of very like who is River Song centric. And then the next episode, Let's Kill Hitler, you're like, oh, this is going to be a funny romp, a funny romp about the Nazis. Yeah. But you think, at least they're like, okay, at least it's a break from the River Song shit. First five minutes in, they lock the, uh, the Hitler into a closet and the rest of the episode is about yeah. River Song. I know. <laughs> and they're just like, oh my God. Like, you yeah. can't just like let shit just die. Just let it like, yeah, take a break from stuff. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, I still like Stephen Moffat. Like, it's interesting because like he still wrote the best episodes of the show when he was not in charge. Yeah. But like, I mean, 
I mean, now he's stuck writing, like, half of the episodes that are aired now. Yeah. In charge of also uh, working on Sherlock, and he's just stretched way too thin. And, uh, man, it's, 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 it's pretty rough. It's not like I hate Dr. Who. I don't think the show's terrible now, but it's just, like, the whole Amy song, or, uh, River Song Amy Pond thing just kind of yeah. fell apart at the end. R- Rory turned out to be a cool character, but... No, that's great. Yeah. But, yeah, no, the, like... I can't believe they just didn't let the those characters actually go when they found out that River Song's their baby. Well, also there's this whole the whole thing where like River and and uh, or Rory and uh, Amy they find out that their one kid is River Song, and that never becomes a thing on the show. Yeah, like they they, they acknowledge the fact that like River's their kid and stuff, but like that's kind of fucked to find out like you're gonna have one kid and that kid is already grown up. You're never gonna like see that kid grow up or spend any time with her, and all you should know your only experience with your only child. Is that she's like some slutty fifty-year-old lady who just makes double entendres all the time at this immortal alien from the future? It's just kind of divorced from reality in a kind of un- unappealing way. Yeah, yeah. There's some emotional stuff they could have messed with that, like that would have been great grist for, yeah. for 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 drama. And and you, you could say, well, it's just a kids' show. Don't overthink it. But if they're going to introduce things like this, yeah. like in earlier in this season, this this brand new season, you find out like. River is only going to be their only kid because whatever happened to the aliens that made her, made Amy give birth to River, now she's uh, sterile. Now she can never have another child. Which, like, that also leads to Amy and Rory almost getting divorced, which is a super artificial... What? I've been spending way too much time talking about Doctor Who. For something I claim not to like. Who cares? Those guys are gone. Uh, Christmas special, there's a new, uh, there's a new uh, companion coming on board. So She is, it is not time for the change. Muslim doctor, so I don't care. I'm gonna talk to you briefly about this. No, but she is a Dalek. Oh, that's true. You told me about that. Yeah, she gets turned into a Dalek and now she's come back. But yeah, Muslim Doctor! So I'm still mad about that. She was the most interesting character. Just that conflict in a The God Complex episode last year at the hotel. The most interesting conflict they could have. God damn it. And doesn't she show up like right around the same time Amy and Rory seem like they're leaving? They talked about, they're like, oh, we're gonna have a new companion and this character shows up and you're like, oh, that's right. Totally. And that's like that that same episode that Doctor is forced to make Amy, like, lose his faith in him. Yeah. And then, like, the next episode, they are gone. That, yeah. I think the next episode, they're like, yeah. you know what, Doctor? We gotta go get some soda or something like that. We'll see you later. Yep. Yeah! <laughs> 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 Please buy my That's Doctor Who prints. Being emotionally <laughs> invested in Doctor Who. The trick's on you, <laughs> So, while you say that, I, um... God, so I, I love that show and I hate it. I've talked extensively about oh. my fondness for Robin Hood. Um, I, um... I love it. I've been pulling back on buying anything because I've been in the middle of moving and also yeah. finances have been tight and I don't want to go spending money on more Robin Hood books. How many fractions of an iPhone did this cost you? <laughs> a sliver of a sliver. Anyway, um... So, uh, I got, I found, I was looking at a Robin Hood books on eBay and I found this and it's a new Robin Hood, which I hadn't heard of. And it's um, for kids, which is nice. There have been some Robin Hood books for the last couple of years for adults and uh, most notably the Hood series. There's going to be a sexy S&M one soon, sooner than later. <laughs> oh God, they're so close. I actually was at the comic shop the other day and there's some publisher that's doing like these grim, scary tales or something like that yeah. books that are all like alternate, like, like super modern, sexy variations of, of, of myths and legends and stuff and they did have on the shelf there robin with a y oh yeah i saw that which is just this woman in her i almost bought it just because i am me but i would have been like self-awareness yeah and self-respect if you had to sex up robin hood how would you do it you have robin have a uh an arrow with like a vibrating egg on it that shoots her right in the cooch (sighs) marion He enters the no, 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 I'm trying to think. 
it, the archer comes out shooting up her tip, and then it yeah. hits her, and then it's just like kind of there on the outside vibrating, and then he hits another one at the end of the shaft <laughs> and pushes it into her because he's that badass. Oh, and then he pulls another no, one. No, I don't. It also sticks and pulls it out and pushes. You don't. It. Robin Hood is not about sex. Not yet. Oh god. When you add sex to Robin Hood, it immediately becomes more boring. I say this is someone who's read a lot of Robin Hood books. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, Can't talk more about Doctor Who. <laughs> so uh, I got this Robin no, Hood yeah. book. And one thing that is kind of neat. So this is kind of cool. Most Robin Hood books for children, they are just overtly... They will even just reprint the Howard Pyle text, which is written like That's late That's the most 1800s. reprinted version. I would say it's one of the most. Yeah, like there, you... there are some like modernizations of it where they'll go in and they'll take out all the boring ye old speak yeah. and trim it but down. But if you happen to find a book, Robin Hood book at like a garage sale, then it seems like at least 50-50 chance it's going to be the Howard Pyle It's going to either be the Howard Pyle, the McSpadden, or the... There's a third guy. There are oh, these God. basically these three texts that I'm pretty sure must be in public domain. Yeah. And most people either at least overtly copy or adapt... When is the Howard Pyle version from? Is that like World War Two or is no, it even it's, older? It's than really eighteen hundreds. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, I want to say either late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. Yeah. I can't remember. But anyway, um, the uh, this edition is neat because it's not only it's a new written version and it's also um, really nicely illustrated. It's um, Nikki Raven's Robin Hood, illuminated by N. Yvonne Gilbert or Gilbert, perhaps. Anyway, um, it's really kind of nice. It's like a pencil, colored pencil hatching. It's not necessarily my style, but there's a lot of work in it. It's kind of neat. But what's neat about it, just flipping through it, is that they added a strong female character, which is hard to do in Robin Hood. Yeah. It looks like they took the character of Alan Adale and turned her into Alan Abdali Scarlet, the wife of Will Scarlet, hmm. um, that he met in the Holy Land and who came back with her. And he's an archer. I'm just flipping through it. I haven't actually read it yet. And it looks like they took the oh, that's whole... that's kind of nice, because like, Robin Hood is a story that nestled... Not... You know, it, it is it's, not. It's, it's always evolved. It's but it, whenever they try, you try to make it feminist. It becomes really. Shitty. Oh, when you're, yeah. Like there's um, I've read some r- feminist retellings of Robin Hood, and it's always makes it. It is hard. I, we've talked about this where it is hard to have a real like. Uh, uh, excuse me. From when you have a modern perspective, try to write strong yeah. characters in a historical setting. Usually, the characters become. At well, best, you... anachronistic. At worst, just like that's a terrible thing. You can't stay true to the original characters. You can and have them. Well, you can't. You can have it's strong. A, it's but a you balancing have to do it. act. It is very careful. You have to do it very carefully. Yeah. Like um, one of my favorite historical. Did they give me and Marion a minigun in the BBC series just recently, <laughs> or something like that? She was Batman. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. At night, yeah. she wore a costume and went and fought crime. Yeah, I'm serious. She was Batman. She um. Uh. The uh, Annie's getting a text, so she's distracted. <laughs> talking with Emily Carolyn Dillon about a local convention about uh, this uh, wolf con or how con, excuse me, <laughs> is going on. This did week. you tell uh, Dillon about Mila Kunis, uh, pussy? <laughs> I did not, she'll get to hear about it, or she won't. We'll see. Sometimes we Katie doesn't listen to this podcast, she <laughs> just punch both of us in the neck. We're fine, anyway. This, it's it's kind of nice uh. to have uh. And she's one of the Merry Men, but she's Will Scarlet's wife. That's kind of interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to reading this. What's nice is that they took the whole tournament thing, it looks like, where Robin goes disguised as a cobbler or whatever, depending on the source, and goes and, and fights. It looks like now it's actually Red Allen, who's actually Alan, or, uh, Will Scarlet's wife, undercover in the tournament instead. Which is kind of a nice little thing. I'm curious to see how they fit that in. Because one of my favorite things about Robin Hood stories is that the way he recruits his dudes is he meets them, they defeat him, and then he says, you should be in my gang. And they go, okay. But then it's never addressed at any point afterwards that they're actually more badass than yes, he is. Yeah. 
And uh, um, it looks, it's nice that they actually fit that into the thing. Between so. Robin Hood and Doctor Who, we should both go on a trip to England together. Just finally fucking hit Dude, our haunts. Historical haunts. I have haunts. heard so many people tell me never to go to Sherwood. Oh, like, no. Ever. Is it all, I'm assuming A, a there's either nothing there or B, what Robin Hood it's stuff the there. It's the shittiest thing. Sh- it's a fucking Like, there is, trap. like, a Robin Hood, like, um, community center sort of thing. It's like a little museum <laughs> sort of Robin thing. Robin Hood community center? And it's, like, uh, a, an old um, grocery store. <laughs> I have seen well, pictures. Not be any va- historical value to you. I have seen pictures that there is a titty club not too far. Actually, not a titty club because it's a male strip club not too far away. Well, that's even better for you. Where they strip and dress like very men, which yeah. is hilarious. No, they're not appealing men. Oh, are you saying British really can't be good strippers, male strippers? Dude, there are many beautiful British. Well, too men. pudgy and their teeth are all crazy. Dude, any given rugby player, put him in a Robin Hood outfit and make him strip. I'd be I fine just with imagine it. the captain guy from Ashes to Ashes just just dancing from A Life on Mars. What's his name? You're nicked. Anyway, um, uh, this looks good. Oh. No, yeah, this is actually good. Uh, when you say kids' book, you're not talking about a little golden pop. Oh no, book. this is you're like, talking about the nice, really, big, lushly illustrated, big, thin, flat, hardback. I would have been into this when I was a younger person. Yeah, too. no, it's a, but it's a, and it's not. It's really for older kids. If you, if anyone in the audience has ever read uh, cool kids' picture books when they were uh, kids, that uh, well, it's very kind of mature illustration and yeah. stuff. It's not just like goofy crayon. Like here's Robin Hood. Well, he yeah, shoots most, the arrows. Well, the thing is, is that Robin Hood is so. There's so many Robin Hood books. Most places don't put any effort into yeah. Robin Hood books. Because you can either just, well, just reprint a public, the older one. public domain thing. You just kind of crap out yeah. like, Bleh. Exactly. And it's like, no kid is going to say, read me another Robin Hood book because you already got one, you know? Yeah. So most mm. publishers go to no effort or they'll add some sort of stupid twist to it. Like Robin Hood with dogs. <laughs> Robin Hood kids. What's I don't the own the Robin Hood, Hood kids one. What's yeah. the Robin Hood uh, version in, uh, in uh, Wishbone? Isn't what like mean the version. What's his, isn't it like not just Robin Hood? It's like the Prince of Paws or something well, like that. Well, that's what the episode is called, Prince of Paws. <laughs> yep. How are you not watching Wishbone all the time? <laughs> I found the episodes. Dude, we have them all. Dude, I, I was so in love with Wishbone. We wasted so much time playing Borderlands before you showed up today. <laughs> we couldn't we watching, watching Wishbone. Not, uh, not to knock against a grumpy uh, turtle who I was playing sport, uh, Borderlands with right before Andy showed up. We could have been watching Wishbone. <laughs> This is true. Wishbone is the best. At any given moment, we could be watching. Oh my god. Um. Anyway, uh. this book looks not shitty. Also, I will admit that I've talked about this in the past. It's like when you like Robin Hood, you get used to fat food, fast food, and you don't <laughs> always expect yeah. a steak dinner. So sometimes it's just like when you go to Burgerville instead of Burger King, you convince yourself that it's steak dinner, and it's not. It's not steak dinner. It's just not Burger King. Yeah. And I know that I can get into that loop very easily with Robin <laughs> which is why I will say I like this Robin Hood thing and don't necessarily recommend anyone look at it or buy it. No, this is a handsomely produced book, though. It's a nice book. Man, have you ever seen Freaks or Geeks? Or so My So-Called Freaks Life? Freaks or Geeks? Freaks or Geeks. <laughs> Choose or perish. <laughs> I have never seen Freaks and Geeks, despite everyone I know even waxing. Well, I just showed it for the first time on Netflix just uh, a couple days ago. Well, I, I guess on October first, there was a big you know content changeover. I guess uh, also on Netflix they lost a lot of the TLC reality programming. Oh no, like Mortars, like the the, yeah. the pressing reality show. Yeah, which yeah, everyone agrees that is no great loss. But yeah, they got Freaks and Geeks, which is uh, it's kind of like the Firefly of TV sitcoms, yeah. where it's just much loved, short lived. Like I think just like Firefly only lasted for like maybe a dozen episodes or something like that. Uh, you know what it's about, though, yeah. right? It's about this girl in, like, 1980. I think it is in, like, 1980. Uh, she's, like, was it Chicago or Michigan or something like that? Just, like, her, like, entering high school for the first time. Yeah. And half, uh, like, half of each story is about her ingratiating herself into this bunch of, uh, these bunch of, uh, burnouts. Uh-huh. Uh, 
the leader know, of which what, is James but, Franco. Yeah. That's why I've well, never seen it because I fucking hate but James he's, Franco. But he's, he's playing a stupid burnout. That's, it's yeah. James Franco, the mm. documentary. Well, the funny thing is James Franco's supposed to be a really smart guy. He's like, didn't he go like NYU and Harvard at the same time he's, for filmmaking or something like he's that? He's not necessarily a smart guy. He's he terrible though. When he co what didn't he co-host the Oscars with Anne Hathaway and he made Anne oh, Hathaway look awful. bad? Well, that was during his stretched way too thin phase. Yeah. Where he's but, like, no, but he's perfect. Well, this is the first thing he ever really did was he played a burnout on Freaks and Geeks. What's this like ten years ago? It was perfect for it because he's just like Well, it has hey, like man. what, Seth Rogen on Yeah, him. Seth Rogen, yeah. and it's got the guy who does the Muppets these days. What from How I Met yeah, Your what's Mom? His butt? Yeah. Colby Smulders. <laughs> not Colby Smulders she's the new Jennifer Connelly you think so much. yeah I've never actually seen her speak more than 10 sentences together you saw the Avengers I did but she's such a minor part in that yeah but she's done uh, it's more like you're so it's again not used to steak dinners I'm so hungry for a female I action thought she was, I thought she was hot in that movie and then like like I, I caught some How I Met Your Mother and I was like oh yes it's Avengers lady what's up how you doing <laughs> She's actually like funny comedian. Like I don't know, yeah. she's, she's probably not a comedian, but she's funny on that show. It's a hot lady who kind of like is that Jennifer Connelly like perfect Bill, brunette Bill, female type. Bill, have I ever made you watch the league? No, you have to watch the league. What's the league? It's really really funny. We talked about it before. Now Smulders? I'm remembering talking about it. The lady on it is hilarious and very attractive. Yeah, that's, she's a pretty brunette. Yeah. You should watch that show. She's also fucking hilarious, and the relationship between her and her husband is the best. I just want Kirsten Shaw and Colby Smolders make out because it's like kind of the weird looking lady and a hot looking lady. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see that marriage, <laughs> that gay lady marriage. Not to say Kirsten Schultz, I think Kirsten Schultz hot in a weird kind of way. Small. Did you see Thirty Rock this week? I have not watched. 30 she showed Rock. up, but she's back on Thirty Rock. I guess people hate her character. I always caught a couple episodes of Thirty Rock last well, season, but her character's a, back now. She's like a weird. She's like an alternate. Kenneth. She's dating Kenneth now. Oh, They're living she? together. Oh, Lord. They, uh, the first episode of Thirty Rock this week, they invite uh, Tracy over for dinner, and yeah. they serve pills. <laughs> Kenneth and Kirsten Shaw. I don't know what the name of her character is. I just wanted to like, ah, Kirsten Shaw, you're hilarious. Your character is now Kirsten Shaw. She was fascinating. What the hell are they saying, Kirby Smulders? I have no idea where you're talking about Kirby Smulders. Oh, dude. You're talking about Freaks and Geeks, and then you just started talking about Rolling <laughs> As I want to do. Did you, you saw that, you know, we, we were freaking out on Twitter about the, someone took a, uh, did a Photoshop of Fem Shep from Mass Effect yeah. and put Kobe Smulders' face on there. Yeah. I just realized Kobe Smulders would make a fucking great Fem Shep. She would. Because she's bad at... Well, she's got the face. She's got, the, like, the Wonder Woman face. I guess Kobe yeah. Smulders, who played uh, Agent Maria Hill in The Avengers, uh, she was going to be Joss Whedon's first choice to play Wonder Woman if he had ever made, managed to make a Wonder Woman movie. Yeah. But yeah, she'd make a great uh, Fem Shep in a, in a Mass Effect movie. Man, imagine if they made a mass live-action Mass Effect movie and they filmed it twice. Once with the fem ship and one with the male Dude, ship. I would love that. And just and they like, made both avail- versions available like, on DVD. And just like with the show, or with the game, only a third of players, a I tenth of players, or viewers. Uh, speak, you freezing geeks. Uh... Why did they bring out Colby Smulders? I have no idea. The lady of freaking Geeks is cute. The guy on it is on How I Met Your Our Mother. Our podcast really is like, hey, <laughs> let's worst. talk about Because if it's not Anne Hathaway or Rachel Weiss or Linda Carlini or Colby Smulders, Linda Carlini, she wanted to play uh, Velma on the live-action Scooby-Doo movies. Yeah. This is how she got her start. She plays the main character on Freaks and Geeks. Oh, She's cute, she? though. I guess she's old now because now she's a voice actress. No, she does. She voices a character in Gravity Falls of all things. And she voiced. Remember, she voiced Hot Dog Water. (laughs) (laughs) That's why that was so funny. Oh, she voices Hot Dog Water. Yes, I know. Hot Dog Water. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. (laughs) Oh my gosh, she's got a renaissance. (laughs) 
Hey man, voiceover acting. It's oh, and then Kirsten Shaw's on some Gravity Falls. It all yeah, ties together to put him atop a circle of life. Oh my god. The circle of life of things that arouse Bill. <laughs> I'm just gonna watch Freaks and Geeks and, and Gravity Falls and just jerk off like crazy all weekend long. Oh, oh god, man. I found Bill out there's talking about something else. I found out there's Gravity Falls porn and Don't no like, stop, stop, stop. I don't want to hear the rest of that sentence. I don't want to hear the rest of that sentence. I don't want to hear the rest of that sentence. Shaw's character. How many times do I have to say no, Bill? Can you imagine anyone going, oh, Christian Shaw? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Andy's got to go poop. This is an excuse for going to poop, is being angry at me. That's all angry. She misfocuses her rage, people. We got to live with it. Here, it's just me for a while while Andy poops. She's so angry, she's pooping. What are we going to talk about? Uh, we're gonna talk about some anal polyps. Anyone in the audience got uh, medical issues you want to talk about? Uh, call me at nine seven one two one nine five six nine five. We'll talk about that. We got uh, we got somebody from uh, we got Aaron Sorkin coming up on the program in about twenty minutes. He's gonna be talk about his new program. Uh, shit that I'm angry about. Um, I haven't watched the show. I hear it's bullshit. I hear it's got uh, Dumb and Dumber on it. No one seems to care for it very much. Is got the show's got the drummer from Scott Pilgrim. She must have shown her titties on a TV show or something somewhere because that's an animated gif online. I see Allison Pill's titties hanging out. We'll be talking to her about that in about half an hour, ten minutes after Aaron Sorkin gets off her fucking radio show. Because fuck that guy. Ain't no one care about Aaron Sorkin ever since uh, West Wing went off the air. Because fuck, fuck that fucking Facebook movie. Fuck that shit. Um. So I'm just gonna sit here and play with my uh, Starburst Cheeto. All by myself. Annie's getting a phone call. Maybe you and I, audience, we could answer. Oh, I can't find her phone. She just left her uh, touch. Oh, uh, okay, audience. I now have access to Annie's email because she left her thing behind. While we're waiting for Aaron Sorkin to show up, what terrible things can we do to Annie's email? Let's see. Um, I'm going to send a picture of Lemon Party to Annie's dad. I suspect in a year from now, when Annie's mom, Annie's mom comes back to be on the podcast, we'll have something to say about this when Annie's dad gets that email. What? Are you still podcasting? Yeah! You bailed on the podcast. I had to keep it going. Aaron Sorkin and Allison Pill are going to be on, what, 25 minutes from now? On what? You know who Allison Pill is? Yes, I know who Allison Pill is. She, she was a what's her butt in Scott Pilgrim. Did you see her titties on the internet? <laughs> I did not see Allison Pills sitting on the internet. I'm not interested in seeing Could, could you not be bothered to pee down here where everyone could hear it on the radio? <laughs> no, I was so mad at you. I had to go pee out my rage. <laughs> I imagine you were so angry the pee came out of your ears. You just had to duck your head, your head in the toilet bowl. Uh, but yeah, Aaron Sorkin, uh, he'll be here. What's his new show that everyone hates Aaron Sorkin? Oh, One uh, Newsroom. Oh, Allison Pill is on that, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're going to be here in huh. 20 minutes. we got to fucking prep for that shit. They're going to be... Yeah! <laughs> That's what we were talking about. Was what? Joke. Oh, I just realized I gave out my real phone number on the radio show. <laughs> <laughs> like a calling thing. Listeners, uh, we're going to talk to Annie. Everybody call Bill, and you also can learn that Bill has a full voicemail box <laughs> and has for the last four years. Uh, if anyone wants to order me a pizza with my phone number, do that. Uh, so, Freaks and Geeks. <laughs> And geeks, half the show is Linda Cardellini. <laughs> 20 minutes later. <laughs> you made me so mad I had to 
Donna Carlini, hot dog water. <laughs> she's hot dog she's water. trying to fuck James Franco. Okay. And she got a little brother who's a geek. Because she's the freak. Because I guess back then that's what they called stone, like stoners and shit were the freaks. Okay. So they, she got a little uh, nerdy brother, and he's got some friends who are really hilarious, including this super Jewy kid who's really hilarious. Yeah. I can't. He actually later went on to be one of the Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. And there's Bill Haverchuk, which is the one of the best characters of all time. Yeah. Watch Freaks and Geeks. Get to the end of the second episode. And tell me you don't love Bill Haverchuk. He gets drunk while watching Dallas. It is the best. It's on Netflix. You can watch it tonight when you get home. Sure. Uh, the funny thing is, like, I saw that was on there, and I was like, oh, man. And then as soon as I, I was done with the watching the rewatching the pilot of Freaks and Geeks, Netflix is all, hey, bitch, you, like, fucked up soap opera, oh, soap opera drama starring high school girls? <laughs> watch so My So-Called Life. I was like, oh, shit, I didn't realize My So-Called Life was on Netflix. My So-Called Life. Did you, have you seen that? I was I did not watch it at the time and I I don't think I could go back and watch it now. Her crush is well not Joey Pants, not Joey Pantalano. <laughs> not Joey Pants. <laughs> I would totally watch. I would totally watch a show about I want it to be like a modern day thirteen year old girl crushing on Joey Pants as he looks now. Just hanging out, he's got smoking next to her in the hallway, like, yeah, baby. No, no, no. He doesn't go to school with her. She it's actually Joey Pants. She has all these She's downloaded from the internet, printed out her walls like Teen Beach. She just masturbates while watching Empire of the Sun. <laughs> oh my god. She keeps on campaigning she's, the Wachowski starship to, she's to bring back. the lesbians at school about bound. <laughs> and they're all like, yeah. Oh, is he in bound? Yeah, he's what the... they, Does he get killed? I. Yes, does he watch I while so. they fuck each other? No. Because you just watch Bound. He's what's her butt's boyfriend. Oh, God, Joey Pants. He's depressed, too. I wonder what his 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 follow-up book to the Harry Potter franchise is like. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Wait, so who does so-called my, my so-called life like? It's not Joey Pants. I'm going to look it up. It's somebody like that. It's some Italian name. <laughs> the only reason I even care about you know, my so-called life. We're pan racist. We're kind of racist against. It's all not racism. white and brown hair. We don't know what the hell it is. No, but my so-called life that was filmed in Pittsburgh at the same it? time when I was in high school in Pittsburgh, and yeah. that shit was nothing like my high school experience. But that's all anyone will talk about because everyone's yeah. like, "Oh, they're shooting my so-called life in Shadeside today." And so it's funny to watch it. It's like a time machine from back when I was in high school because like they're hanging out in the same neighborhoods I would hang out. So yeah. that's kind of funny. Yeah. But uh, it was only on two seasons. Yeah, it didn't last very long. Wow. Uh, but it's a good show, man. In my so-called life, her her best friend is hot as balls. <laughs> so wait, so you've seen the show, right? Uh, no. No, my so-called life. No. It's got little women in it. What else she does? <laughs> women in it. She dies. Claire in Danes women. is currently on. Uh, is actually on the Homeland. Yeah, Claire keeps on. is really it's, good. It's it's her and Inigo Montoya all been like, hey, what's up? And what's I his, was in love and, with Joey and, Pants. And, and uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, from uh, Band of Brothers. That um, means everybody. <laughs> no, no, no. The prota- he's the protagonist of Black Banner Brothers. I don't remember who the protagonist of Banner Brothers is. What is his name? Uh, is it Winters? Jason Schwimmer. Is that his name? I keep wanting to say De Winter, but I'm like, no, that's the evil lady from the Three Minutes. So, My So Called Life is about how little women, or as we <laughs> shall call her, My So Called Life, is also in love with kids from Fight Club. <laughs> and uh, I can't remember. And I just watched the pile. I can't remember anything else. No, it's funny because My Freaks and Geeks is so My So Called Life. They're produced. They take place 10 parts, my pants. I'm having a fucking stroke right now. 
I have not had enough caffeine today. No, it's interesting that like uh, watching the Freaks and Geeks pilot and this My So Called Life pilot back yeah. to back, they're almost like the, the plot is the same. It's yeah. a formally nerdy. Wait, I wrote this down to make sure. Yeah, the uh, formally nerdy girl trying to ingratiate herself into an edgier clique while dealing with uptight parents and goofy younger siblings and crushes on stupid stoner guys. Specifically, like they're yeah. both crushing on stoner guys who don't know they exist. That's funny. They like they're both like the the, the fact that both characters in both like My So Called Life and Freaks and Geeks are former nerdy girls which are trying to act cooler and they're nerdy friends kind of catch them in the act of trying to act cooler yeah and like there's like but you know of course freaks and geeks they do it funny like man the nerdy christian girl in freaks and geeks is fucking hilarious she's yeah. been on other stuff i can't remember what her name is but she's great she's also kind of hot everyone freaks and geeks kind of hot that freaks me out but they're my age <laughs> at least they're age appropriate so to okay. me it's okay yeah even though the show takes place in 1980 that means yeah. linda carlene is like character is like 80 years old now well no it's funny because freaks and geeks takes place 10 years before it's my soul called life so it's like a generation before yeah so it's funny telling the stories of like high school life in 1980 and like my soul yeah. called life is like this is high school life in like 1991 it's kind of interesting to see just a little bit of a time capsule two yeah. times kind of time capsules rubbing against uh, up against each other and the fact that they're dramas about teenage girls which are like nicely done yeah. They're, they're both funny. And you know, Freaks and Geeks is a comedy put together by a lot of the guys who did The Office and King of the Hill and stuff like that. But no, it's they're both good shows. They're yeah. both on Netflix. Check them out if you got one. I would be more interested. What's the name of the kid from Shenmue? What's the name of the character from Shenmue? Dio Suzuki? <laughs> Ryo. What are no. they pronouncing? Yeah, Ryo. Um, Ryo? I can't remember his name. They anyway, pronounce I want him. I want him to cross over on, on, on uh, Freaks and Geeks then I'd watch it. Oh, because it's like, early he comes, 80s? He comes to America to revenge <laughs> <laughs> He just walks around. The, yeah, all, the, all the Japanese and Asian guy walking around. Five minutes to walk to the hallway because he's stopping and asking anybody. Have you uh, seen any sense? I have to admit, like a part of my fascination, my love of Freaks and Geeks is also the fact that it takes place when I was like, I was like five or six years old when the show yeah. takes place. So it's a little bit like, oh, I remember like that's what fashion stuff looked because you don't see too many shows or anything that takes place like like artificially within the early 1980s. Yeah. So it's kind of funny to see them like kind of recreate. Well, that's why stuff. I enjoyed um, uh, one of the many reasons why I enjoyed Definitely Maybe because it's a great. A, it's what the hell is that? You don't know about it because you don't have a vagina. It's a great romantic I'm comedy. Wrong oh, one. you should watch it. After watching all this freaks, Rachel geeks. Weiss is in it. She's oh, great. She oh did. man, there is a it's TV show. It is a it is a, a romantic comedy starring Ryan Reynolds. And Ryan Reynolds is oh. talking to well, his, yeah, there we go. his daughter is um, Sunshine, Luma Sunshine, and he's wow. telling her the story of how he met her mother. Rachel White. Except there are three different women. They in already story. made this into a show. And it's called Kobe th- Smulders. <laughs> What's my breast <laughs> as I make this joke? Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> <There's>... <laughs> no, there are three. He tells the story of how he met three different women, and one of the women is his mother, or is her mother, and she has to figure it out by the end of the story. And Rachel Weiss is one of the oh, three it's women. Like, it's like Dishonored. We have to figure <laughs> out which woman you have to make That's right, your Bill. future baby with. <laughs> so, um, the, one of the three women is Rachel Weiss, and Rachel Weiss is just. Attractive as fuck in that movie. There's a scene where I she. I just picture the other two women being like dating, potato people and potato she's, sacks. She's dating him, and and at some point, it, it start mentioning music or something like that, and she sings, "I've got a crush on you," Aww. and it just breaks my heart in two every time. Man, somebody. Uh, I was looking up the clips for. I was looking up stuff about Looper this last week, and I found. Oh, hold on. Let me finish my thought real quick. Oh, okay. One of the reasons why I really like um, Definitely Maybe is it's set in the early '90s. It is a modern film. That's weird that, like... set in the yeah. early 90s. Because no one has nostalgia for the early 90s. That's what's interesting about it. And what's great is that it's actually about the love story about his, the, these three women. But the love of his life is Bill Clinton. Because he's in politics. And he's like, Bill Clinton is, like, his, his, his guy. And then the whole scandal happens and his world falls apart. It's his first date with Rachel Weisz to go see singles. <laughs> they go see Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> no. And little, anyway, like, that was 15-year-old Bill is on the audience going, yay! 
that's the end of my thought. Yeah. You know, it like they should turn on the TV and my so called life is on TV and Bill's Pretty much. Yeah. That's kinda what it is. Yeah, early nineties. Everyone hates the early nineties. I feel so bad for it. everyone's got nostalgia for the sixties, seventies, races have nostalgia dude, for the give 50s. It, no, dude, just give it about ten more years and people have nostalgia for the early nineties. Man, there's gonna be crazy the Nintendo sixty four's nostalgia. Everyone's gonna be like, Oh man, you remember when First Bush? Yeah. <laughs> That was good times. I saw someone, oh, uh, Brian Kutcher, how do you say his name, from uh, the um, um, Panera Arcade Report. He tweeted today that kids who were born the year Jurassic Park came out yeah. are now in college. That movie came out 19 Jesus years ago. Christ. Yeah, it came out in 1993. Jesus Christ. Oh, God. No, that means back, like, oh, fuck. Man, anyway, Bill, let's talk about things that we can we both can talk about. Yeah. Um, did we both read Avatar The Promise this week? I read it, only remember who Sokka ended. I really rushed through it just long enough to see who Sokka ends up with. Well, it's, but, what I liked about what I really like about these books, the writing is great, the art is great, and it's very yeah. Series. It, they did a really good job of it. Does lead into Korra because it's like it really is all about kind of like the world that is being created that is the world that Korra. Although lives specifically, in. I, I like it's not too on the nose though. No. The last page yeah. isn't, the, isn't the book saying I now officially call this place Republic City. Yeah, you can tell it's like this is how everything happens. But what I really like about it is so so there were three volumes that made up the promise. Yeah, and then they're going to be... Should we preface for this, people don't know? We're talking about Avatar The Promise, which is Dark Horse's three-part comics collection, which bridges the gap, partially bridges the gap between uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, the TV show, and its sequel series, Legend of Korra. To be more accurate, it picks up where Avatar The Last Airbender drops off. Yeah. So it's and it about starts... them, like, literally right... Yeah. And Legend of Korra takes place in this republic, place called Republic City, which was a city founded by Avatar Aang, the main character of uh, the first series, and the actually the antagonist of, of, of yeah. that series, too. And uh, this comic book series is kind of showing how that got started, the founding of that city by those two characters. What I really like about it is that it's really not, it's very loosely about it, because it really is an yeah, episode loosely, yeah. of the show. Yeah. It's like, there's the three there's three issues, and each issue is like each act break. Yeah. And then yeah, and it's It almost cuts in... to six months of commercials in between <laughs> exactly each, yeah. Pretty much. But what's great is that it's leading into the next story, which is called The Search, which is about Zuko's mom. And like you can see this series just keep going on. It's basically like the fourth season of Avatar The Last Airbender, yeah. where it's just like these episodes, because that was The Search, and now next week will be, you yeah. know, the, or excuse me, that was The Promise, now is The Search. And... I'll be bummed if they, they don't do another series after Zuko's mom. It, I hope it sells enough that it can, they can keep going, because it's great. Yeah. But he's just fucking with the shippers. You don't know what's going to happen ne in the next volume. Well, there's still 20 years of time between. Well, yeah. like, well, technically, like, 50 years of time. Yeah. But it's still... Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a nice nod to shippers. In fact, it's a nice nod to cosplay, too. Because in the, in, the, in the series, oh, yeah. there's this whole thing about, um, you know, there are all these people who are, are fans of Aang. And so they kind of take on a lot of the... Um, the superficial elements of air nomad culture. Yeah, like they become dress, like essentially Aang cosplayers. Yeah. yeah, and and there's there's actually part in the in this issue where he freaks out at them because they actually have tattoos of the arrows like he does, like like you do in the air nomad tribe after years of training, and like he just flips out at him. He's like, you can't just wear things that are me, and like it, it's it's very great. Yeah, but like uh, these people, like he gets especially upset because these people are like the well these these these. Air Nomad fans, they're not benders or anything. It's not like they're even airbenders. So they're just like normal people. Yeah. Uh, who are just like, just really big fans of uh, Avatar Aang. And they, and more to the point, they espouse um, Air Nomad philosophy. Yeah. And it's it's really harsh so, because he's the last Air Nomad. Yeah, but he's they're conflicted because like, this is kind of insulting to his culture, but at the same time, he appreciates what they're trying to do. So at the yeah. end, he, so at the end, he essentially deputizes them as 
you see he makes them air acolytes, yeah. which they're not airbenders, but they're helping carry forth the philosophy and the culture yeah. of the airbenders, which those those air acolytes show up in the background of a couple episodes of Legend of Korra. They totally do. And, and uh, even the guys writing Legend of Korra, like, they got questions like, who are these? Like, on this air nomad island, if the only airbenders are this one family, or Tenzin's family, who are the, all these other people? And they're like, well, you'll you'll see that later on, on, on in the comic book series. And yeah, that got explained that, which is really nice. Yeah. Just really well done. Really yeah. well They're done. essentially Buddhist monks, is what they yeah. really are. What we would consider in the real world Buddhist monks. They just can't fly and shit like that. Like Anybody who enjoys Avatar The Last Airbender, you gotta, you gotta get on these books. They're yeah, really it's great. just more of the original series. Yeah. Really enjoyable. A little bit too much sweetie, although Sokka flips out about the sweetie stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a point which I love. I know, exactly, yeah. See, that's the thing. It's like any vague criticism you may have, it addresses. I but really love this. The big thing I was worried about, yeah, Sokka kind of, it seems like there's room for Sokka to start macking on Toph. Which actually be a very cute relationship. What are those? What are those shippers called? I think they're called Taka. Yeah, Taka fans. And one of the major characters in Legend of Korra is the offspring of Toph Bay Fong. So you know she hooks up with somebody. <laughs> I and... hope she's like Neville, where she bangs someone who's not. Well, yeah, ideally. I mean, she's got like thirty years ahead of her, where she can go yeah. find someone else and bang him. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, well, what's um, the joke is that she's such a good earthbender. She just made a baby out of the earth, and that's it. She didn't even need a dad. She just like made herself a baby, <laughs> and that right. turned out to be Lin. I like that. Oh. And the other thing we both did this week is we both watched this week's Parks and Rec. It was yeah. great. I enjoy it. This, this uh, um, Parks and Rec season four is so perfect. Like, the season five hasn't quite met the same, hit the same stride. Well, it's only been three episodes. It's only been, yeah, a couple episodes. But they did introduce Lucy Lawless's character, who's essentially like a vaguely parallel female Ron Swanson. Oh, man. It's super great. capable, super badass. Yeah. Well, also, you get Ron Swanson in makeup. You get, like, yeah. uh,. Ben White writes Star Trek fanfic. That was great. And then he reads it on the show. I thought it was just going to be a passing joke because I'm sitting here in the living room with my parents and my parents only know what fanfiction is because yeah. I wasted most of my youth writing it. And uh, um, she, and I'm, I'm like, man, most people who watch this show, they may not know what fanfic is. Except that Ben, that ben at some point does read to April his Star Trek fanfic. Well, also his Summer Jams, his Cold Time Summer Jams <laughs> playlist. <laughs> Benji's Cold Time Summer Jam playlist. <laughs> and it's all early 90s, like, rap. What's really R&B. funny is that I have this week, oh I started a, a Hey Ya Pandora station. Oh, and then you can start except playing I downloaded yeah. all. I downloaded all the other Outcast songs, because I don't actually like any Outcast song except Except for Hey Y'all. Yeah. And it slowly turned into <laughs> the best jams of the early to late 90s. Oh, and half saw... the songs on it, so I'm going to play this every yeah, on my Pandora. You really want to relink like, the fact that on Facebook they actually put out the track listing? They put for it his... on Spotify. That's what it is, yeah. Great. Oh my god. It makes me so happy. I love that show. That show is great. Uh, oh, and Racist Salad. Racist Salad is a great <laughs> show. Alright, one kiss with Tong. <laughs> great. Oh my god. Um, what I did this week with my folks is... Um, and like I, my fo- this will be like my ninth, their ninth visit to Portland, and they have done almost everything. So it's really hard to find activities because my my mom could give two shits. We could spend all of her visit going to Pals, hanging out, and she'd be fine. But and it's not that my dad is high maintenance or anything like that. My dad just likes having an agenda. He likes to have a plan. He doesn't really like fucking around. He's like, no, 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 no. What are we gonna do, and when are we gonna do it? He doesn't care what it is yeah. as long as there is a plan. He just wants you to get shit done. Exactly. Yeah. And then, frankly, if we're gonna go shopping, which we did, he can figure out something else to do. So, which he did. So, you know, it's it's a way to go. But it's tricky because I don't I, half the things I wanted to do. All I could think of to do with them was to take them to new restaurants. And there's a certain point where you're like, I don't want to eat a delicious, expensive meal one more time. Cause we can have. So one of the things I've been wanting to do for a long, long time is go to the Mary Hill Museum. I had heard of the Mary Hill Museum, and I met a woman who was a curator there. 
And uh, I thought, well, this will be a great excuse. Um, Because the thing that has always kept me from it is it's a two-hour drive out. It is not nearby. It is up in, um, uh, on, uh, I am terrible. I don't know where. It's up. It's two hours away. But what's really interesting is it's uh, a hell of a drive. Like, because you drive up through the gorge. And so it's all these beautiful mountainous, like, trees and falls and everything like that. And it must be on eastern Oregon because you hit, it's not quite the desert, but it's pretty damn bare and uh, rocky. And, like, it was so interesting to drive, make that drive because you see, like, Oregon is such a different place. Like, I could show you three photos from three different parts of that drive and you'd never guess they were all from the same general neck of the woods. Yeah. Because it's just so geographically different and the, the rock formations are so different. It was really, really neat. But, um, so we drove out to the Mary Hill Museum. Boy, howdy. The Mary Hill Museum is one of the most interesting museums I've ever been to just because it is, has a very strange collection. It doesn't have much of a focus. And, I am not the touchy-feely sort of person to say this, but that building feels sad. There is a melancholy that just hangs around that building like a cloud. It was a beautiful day, but even before I learned what the history was of that place, there's just like, it hit me like physical force, this Mm -hmm. sadness that just hangs around it. So it was built by this really interesting guy. I got a book on him. I'm looking forward to read it. Called Sam Hill. And Sam Hill was a politician and a businessman. And he was a big proponent of the the highway system in Oregon and and nationally too, but cleaning up the roads. And he was a big proponent of the Columbia river highway and all that. And and he was always big, new, big, new technology. And so he he was the child of Quakers. And so he wanted to start this Quaker community out in Podoc, Oregon. And there was going to be this grand house. It was going to be his grand house that this whole town was going to spring up around. And because he was all about the new technology, his house was made of um, uh, cement, cast cement. So it's this really interesting, like, kind of huge bunker-looking building. Huh. It's, like, four stories. The square. I'll upload pictures to Flickr because it's a neat-looking house. And he was big on cars. And um, so there are, like, these big ramps where you could, like, drive up to the house and be dropped off yeah. and drive around. And, and there's going to be, like, a 24-car garage in the basement. He was going to have two electric elevators and, like, a heated... Um, uh, what is it called? The, not a butler, but a um, the um food service dumbwaiter. Dumbwaiter. It's gonna be like a heated dumbwaiter, so that his guests, the eight guest bedrooms on the third floor, they the guests could wake up and have breakfast from the heated dumbwaiter at their leisure. And like on the roof, he was gonna have outdoor bedrooms where you could sleep under the stars and all this shit. Like this crazy guy. And about halfway through building it, um, the plant, uh, like the, it was pretty clear that the city was gonna fall apart. And so, um. He decided kind of abruptly, like, oh, it'll be a museum. And instead. And uh, he was friends with um, Almost Spreckles, who was the founder behind um, the Legion of Honor down in California. So it's kind of interesting to have just been to Legion of Honor. What's his name? Uh, Her name is Alma Spreckles. She is a badass. You can't make fun of her. She was six feet tall. She was poor. She was the child of like poor Danes. So she is what her name suggests, Alma Spreckles. Well, she was actually like Alma de Briffert or something (laughs) like that. And then she married this guy, Spreckle, who was the owner of Spreckle's Sugar. She called him her sugar daddy. I'm pretty sure it was the origin of the word sugar daddy. This six foot tall woman who was really into the arts. And so she, um, her, her, um, her parents ran like a a combination. um, I think it was like a restaurant, laundry and massage parlor. And she left school when she was 14 to work there. And then, but in her spare time, she went to art school and she did a lot of nude modeling. And in fact, she modeled for this beautiful statue that's in the square 
of San Francisco, like in the Central Square. Like that's her when she was young. And when she was modeling for it, she met this guy, Spreckles, who was this wealthy, wealthy dude. And she spun his wealth. I don't know. I, I haven't finished her biography, clearly. But she was she founded the Legion of Honor and like this amazing art collection. And the Legion of Honor, because I went there when I was in San Francisco, is this yeah. beautiful, amazing building. And I could only imagine her befriending this guy and coming out to this melancholy as fuck cement bunker in the middle of Podunk, Oregon. It's beautiful, Podunk, Oregon. But it's just all rolling plains in the distance. You can see the river and it's just all wide plain. And it's just empty and sad like there's a sad it's beautiful but there's a sad like a a a physical sadness to it i can only imagine her coming to visit him here yeah be like oh yeah i make it a museum and like going back like yeah my museum is badass she donated this huge collection of um um uh beautiful furniture like of um because she introduced him to all of this um european nobility including the queen of romania I can't remember now. But anyway, this queen who came and dedicated the museum. And it's really kind of great. There's a plaque on the building. And in her speech, she said this beautiful, you know, this uh, this shrine to art. And she actually says, and it's engraved on the building, some might scoff, some might sneer, but there's a beautiful dream here. And, and when you go into the museum, it's fascinating because the first floor is mostly this huge collection of furniture that some of it is carved for the Legion of Honor because Alma donated it to him. Yeah. And it's this beautiful collection. I think it's that queen's furniture. And what's really neat is that this queen, she did a lot of the design and like some of the tooling for it. Huh. And it's all very cool. Kind of all I can think of it is it's like Craftsman Deco. It's all these very clean lines and a lot of classic elements like the like heraldic animals and stuff. Yeah. But very clean and lots of clean lines and really really cool and all like like beautiful woods and so there's a big painting of that queen in there and then there's this big badass painting of alma where she's sitting in the throne up from this collection in this beautiful gown yeah just looking like a bamf i bought the shittiest postcard of it and i love it it's one of my favorite paintings i've ever seen because this woman just radiates this badassery it's so rad alma spreckles man she's my hero now but uh, anyway, so um, that the first floor is mostly that. There's also a um, this this queen was a cousin to the czar, to Czar Nicholas II. Jesus Christ! And uh, almost Breckles, man, she's my hero. I gotta read her book. Anyway, um, there uh, there's a painting of the czar of Czar Nicholas that um, uh, was defaced during the revolution, yeah. and so there's this there's and they haven't they, this shitty little museum. Not shitty. I hate to say it. This museum does not have the money to restore it. Yeah. So he's got this huge cut over his face, like this X, like someone yeah. with a sword or a bayonet or something. They cut his face. And I miss this. Fully had to tell me later. They slashed through his crotch. Oh, very and nice. It's just there on the wall. It's really interesting. That's what they did in real life, too. Well, exactly. Like, yeah. So that's like the first floor. And then they have some parts of the collection and some things from his personal library. Like huh. he was obsessed with globes. So he has a globe that's of the world, but then on the side of it in the Pacific Ocean, because there's so much room. And what's in the Pacific Ocean that you care about? There are these exploded maps of Seattle at the time and Tacoma and Everett. And like and like the Panama Canal, like these places Jesus that were interesting Christ. to him, and a, just a really interesting guy. And then the second floor was um, uh, I, I can't remember now. There were some weird exhibits, but then they had a big collection of Rodin in the basement um, because he would and, and a lot of um, Native American artifacts. They're a very strange collection because you you there's the Native American artifacts, and then there's. Um, uh, a, a small space dedicated to this dancer, this woman who was a dancer in the um, early 1900s, who would, it seems like she lived a very interesting life, but she was friends with all these artists. 
including Rodan. And the almost that whole collection, this um this guy, Sam Hill, bought from this dancer, except for like three pieces. Yeah. And it was really interesting because the Legion of Honor had a huge Rodan collection. So it was and, and a lot of similar pieces. And uh but the they had no money to display anything. So it's like a strange little room and like almost like plywood like plinths that they're all yeah. sitting on. And it's all under glass, but there are like dead flies in the glass. It was really interesting. It's very organ. It was a weird very collection. Like... There was a collection of, of chess Jesus. sets and, and and game sets ranging from like the early nineteen hundreds to like a couple of years ago. So if that place ever gets run down, that's that place is gonna be the ultimate like little haunted house. Oh dude, kind of place. It, it felt haunted. That yeah. it felt haunted when I was there. Like there was just something about it. I did not What's feel comfortable being alone. The Mary Hill Museum. Jesus Christ. It is I am so glad I went. Fully fully was just she just felt the melancholy and the collection is so weird. It just especially having just got the Legion of Honor. Yeah. She had an okay time, but I, it was fascinating. I'm so glad I went. I would want to go again. It would be a good place to go alone to be contemplative. I'll mm-hmm. tell you that. Yeah. But uh, and they have like a sculpture garden. It's just a weird as fuck museum. Just out in the middle of nowhere. Weird as fuck museum. It was what? It was a weird as fuck museum. It was what? It was a weird as fuck museum. It's a weird what? It's a weird <laughs> as fuck. There was a quick moment of recording it, uh, inter- uh, interestingness there for a second. Anyway, but yeah, no, that sounds really cool. It's an interesting place. Um, anyway, in other news, to try and wrap this up, um, I uh, uh, continued my tour of Westerns, and I watched The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, yeah. a John Ford film with Jimmy Stewart and um, John Wayne, and uh, it's neat. It's one of those films that I worry is is so seminal and influential and early enough that the things that made it unique are now easy kind of to brush off yeah. as, you know. Well, that's has, any old thing, but Exactly. Yeah. It has, like, flashbacks, and it ha- it's a frame device, and... But it's a neat, it, the, just the story is kind of interesting because, so, Jimmy Stewart is a young, you know, full of blood and vinegar um, attorney who goes out to the West, um, and uh, as soon as he gets there, he sees that, you know, the West is a place of violence, and he meets this man. His, his stagecoach, stagecoach gets held up by a man named Liberty Valance, who beats the shit out of him when J- basically Jimmy Stewart, you know, he, he pulls him out, and Jimmy Stewart says, you're going to go to jail for this. Mm-hmm. And Liberty Valance goes, fuck you, this is the Wild West. I'm not going to go to jail for nothing, and beats the shit out of Jimmy Stewart. John Wayne, a rancher, finds him, takes him back to town, to his lady, and to John Wayne's lady, I can't remember her name now, R.V., some weird name. The actual actress's name? No, no, the character's, the character's name. name yeah. And uh, anyway, so she stitches him up, and, and Jimmy Stewart is fear- livid that this man, Liberty Valance, is a known threat. Everyone knows that he's a bully, and he picks on everybody. And the sheriff, who is, by the way, played by the guy who voiced um, uh, Friar Tuck in Disney's Robin Hood. I've never actually seen him in a film before. <laughs> wow. Anyway. That's funny. When you opened his mouth, you must have been like, what? Well, and he kind of, they, you realize then how they base all of his movements and, to some degree, his character design on yeah. that actual actor. Uh-huh. is interesting. What's Friar Tuck's Voice. Which guy is that? Uh, I can't. I don't know his name. <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> I feel you just unmotivated me from finishing my sentence. It's a good movie. <laughs> I just don't want to live anymore now. <laughs> Way to go, Bill. I had Kona. <laughs> it messed me on up. Uh, Man Who Liberty Balance. Very good. I enjoyed it very much. Did it you run really it on neat. DVD or what? I it was on Netflix. It was just recently added. Uh, so. What are you going to do when you run into movies that you can't just get on Netflix? I'm either going to upgrade my Netflix to DVD rentals, or I'm just going to start going to Movie Madness. Yeah, exactly. That's not bad. Well, yeah. well, you guys have a car, so it's super easy just to bop on over them yeah. and pick them up. So No, that sounds fantastic. That, Liberty, uh, the Man of Shot Liberty Balance is very good. That's it's the only Western you've seen in the last two weeks? Uh, yeah. Okay. Because I have my folks in town. So well, I can... uh, actually, uh, 
uh, was I think Grumpy Turtle actually asked, um, how do you deal with these uh, misogyny? Like going back to watch all these Western movies. I love genre shit. Yeah. And there's a certain degree where um, when you're watching old genre shit, if you, uh, excuse me, genre, genre, uh, genre shit, if you don't turn off that part of your brain, you're going to go crazy. My favorite starship captain is genre Luke Picard. <laughs> no, it's like, uh, it's like racism, you know? It's like you got to just accept it and move on. Like the the female character in this in this movie is kind is obnoxious. She is so a prize that is traded back between these two men. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, are there, have you? I can't. I'm trying to think of any westerns that have any badass female characters, or That's at least thing. even well, handed. Yeah, female characters. That, well, that, that I actually did lead at a a column to my um my spreadsheet yeah. of, on the on the sheet on the page of westerns I have seen. There's a column of for bonus points if they have a non-useless female character. Yeah, see that's yeah, that's what I'm talking and, about. Yeah. It's like I I don't know. I think my standards are so much lower for these sorts of movies that it takes very little to impress me. Why are Ravenous has a non-useless female character? Does it? The only woman in the movie is a non-useless female Why character. Why has uh what's her face? The daughter of Lady from Casablanca, <laughs> who was in the David Lynch movie, where it's speed with a gas mask. Blue Velvet. Who was in Blue Velvet, that lady? I have no goddamn idea, Bill. <laughs> who was married to David Lynch? I have no goddamn idea. Esmeralda Fafanuda? <laughs> she plays uh, Doc Holliday's uh, whore girlfriend, and yeah. she's hilarious, because she's yeah. a whore, and she tries to kill Doc Holliday, because he's an asshole. I grew up But yeah, I'm trying to think of any Westerns um, where film noir. And yeah. film noir, you'll have, like, femme fatales. But At least you have, have that, yeah. With the Westerns, yeah. they're all just kind of like, ah, yeah, so it's like, there's just like, you kind of have to recalibrate your sensitivity. The only women unforgiven are either dead or cut up hookers. No one has recommended to me one of my favorite westerns, which kind of makes me sad. What's that? I actually really like, um, what is it? Is it The Quick of the Dead? With oh, Butt? yeah. And Tiny Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Baby Leonardo. And Commander and, and, uh, Anderson from Mass Effect. Uh, yeah. What's his name? And, uh, Keith David. Keith David. Yeah. And uh, I actually really like The Quick of the Dead. With, it's, what's her, it's Total Recall's wife. Yeah. As quick in the dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sharon Stone's actually, I actually do like the And she shoots no one with her bald vagina. <laughs> That's right, Bill. Um, oh, I, God, yeah, no, I'm trying to think of any, like... It's it's one one of those things you have to accept. Young Guns. Uh... I, I, um, yeah. Westerns, man. It's I, But again, it's hard to have... It's interesting because the Wild West, by its nature, is wild. And you don't have to live by those standards anymore. But usually what that means in those sort of contexts, you'll have slutty women. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's that's what it means. Being free from civilization means you can be a slut. A grumpy Turtle also says, you've talked about you've talked about this on the podcast, or at least you've talked about this with me in the past. Uh, he says, seven brides for seven brothers. Oh, it's the most misogynist piece of shit yeah. in the world. He says you must have a switch-off. No, switch see, for that. what makes what makes Seven Brides for Seven Brothers? I surely I've talked about this. Oh yeah, this is what I, 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 I guess we you talked about this just within the last couple of weeks. Too. What yeah. makes Seven Brides for Seven Brothers not misogynist is Jane Powell as Millie. Millie is such a goddamn. Millie is one of the few strong female characters in musicals too, because <laughs> Millie is such a goddamn force of nature that trucks with no one's bullshit. Yeah, that she is, and when she's presented, when she's in a situation where she is exploited, she makes the best of it. Our musicals really don't have that many much noise strong female characters. No. No. You're the love interest. Have you seen Into the Woods? No. It's got never gonna the baker's wife and the evil witch are both badass female characters. I don't doubt that. The evil I, witch. We've talked is about how much I hate neutral. Sondheim. 
all over. The witch is great because she's like, you think you guys, you guys are the good she characters, neutral? but you're greedy sons of bitches. Yeah. At least if I'm evil, I'm honest with everyone. What's nice and, about um about the Manny Shot Liberty Balance Balance is how it deals with its heroes. Yeah. Um, the villain is just transparently a villain, and his minion, by the way, is Angel Eyes from the Good. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Oh. And uh, I think the other one is John John Carradine, isn't it? Yeah. Huh. And anyway, um, uh, in uh, Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, it's about this guy who's the senator. And the whole movie, you're wondering who is the man who shot Liberty Valance. It's, it's a very clever little film. Like, having not seen it before and knowing nothing about it, it's a great little film. Huh. Costumes by Edith Head. Oh, uh, there you go. So you see a shit ton Did of she fancy do the costumes hats. for uh... everything. She did oh, for Butch Cassidy. Was she Butch Cassidy? Yeah, she did the. Butch Cassidy, Butch I wish Cassidy had a non useless female character. <laughs> Man. I wish it had a not ugly female <laughs> That's right. I wish it had a female character that didn't Colby Smulders and her making out? <laughs> like, I would they both even... have to get naked for Ron Redford? <laughs> Catherine Ross is still beautiful. It's unfair. Which I confused the mom with the mom from Who's the Boss. <laughs> Why? Because it rhymes? No! Her name, was like Catherine her name Ross. was like Almond Ross or something like that. <laughs> She's also in Brazil. And so when you mention Catherine Ross, I'm like, you think that old lady from Brazil is hot? God. <laughs> Yeah. What the hell are we talking about? Manishali Rebalance is good. The end. Hey, let's take a little break, then we'll go to the <laughs> week review. Jesus Christ! Okay, this is the end of our two-hour extraordinaire <laughs> what we did this week. Uh, I still haven't really talked. I only talked about Doctor Who. I haven't even talked about anything I did this week other than Doctor you Who. You talked about, oh, freaks, you and talked about freaks and Geeks. I went off at, and, at and... length about Colby Smulders more than anything. <laughs> okay. I like that we have not seen Colby Smulders in anything. No! Just imagine, she shows up, she gets bloody, and she's cute. She's cute, and she wears a, a, a Emma Peeler, and her name is Colby Smulders. Yes. Yeah. The oh. name alone, oh, you yes. cannot go, like, you are Smoky Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friends, we're going to take a little break and come back for the Geek Week interview. back with the geek Week review which we're going to talk about our porn preferences <laughs> bill bill loaned me a laptop for a long period of time and the joke he was making was like i want it back and he kept saying except if you want to he said oh no i said well let me delete what i had on it yeah because i've been doing a lot of copy work that's why i burned it and i just assume like any warm-blooded human being you're gonna have so, some small porn on there I'm like well let's leave the porn on there <laughs> the, the thing, what i told bill is like who downloads porn who keeps it like in a file. This one confused me because I don't watch video porn. This is what we got. I get confused because I'm like, what do you mean? Like, because like I'll find a picture of somebody online. I'll like, oh, that's a pretty picture, and I'll just save it. Uh-huh. But then yeah, then Annie's that's getting me static me. for like Annie doesn't masturbate to pictures. Only what videos and I can do like text, text, pictures, man. I don't get it. Videos though, I can see because the stereotype is that ladies can jerk off. You know, they're not as visual, so blah blah blah. So they can masturbate to vid- like text stuff. But yeah, no, it's interesting that, like, pictures are kind of like, uh. Well, I, I've seen, like, most video porn I've ever seen in my life is so badly produced that I can't imagine well, anyone, like... Well, I, I, Because you have... must have pretty good sources. That's what I'm saying. That's well, why I'm surprised I mean, I just to you. Just fuck around until I find something that works. Okay. That's really what it is. But it's, the production values of porn is gone Cooking up with dog on YouTube? <laughs> Cooking with dog. Have you seen that series? Bill, is this going to be 
is this gonna be a new running joke? Cause just finding random YouTube videos <laughs> asking me if I masturbate. Have you seen this like this? Have you seen the one where the herd of gazelles are running along and the cheetah jumps up and eats one? Have you seen the people that fall over on the boat? Have you masturbated to that yet? I assume so because no. Oh, but yeah, no, I just would never trust like any any like like video site on the web. I just wouldn't trust with it actually not just being like spam filter, just like ugh. You're a yeah. braver person than I am. Well, I do it on, um, I mostly use my touch. Well, also you have a lady, so you guys can make your own porn and then watch <laughs> it later. Not, Is that I'm a thing not. anyone could do? Because then you're kind of masturbating to yourself. Dude, I don't know who makes sex tapes. Who wants to actually I've known themselves? people who have made sex oh, tapes. Oh, man. I, I do not. I have too low of a body image. My wife and I both have That's one thing I understand, because you have to be pretty confident how you look to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to jerk off to this after we, we're actually done fucking and filming it. Yeah. Man, I don't get that. <laughs> then the rest of this podcast, Andy, just looking at her touch. Uh, so yeah, this is the Geek Week interview. We're gonna talk about some things. Uh, <laughs> can we just look at porn now? <laughs> can we? Can this be a little porn tutorial for people online? Like, like, I like the idea of like you looking at stuff and going, "Is this hot? Is this?" <laughs> this Basically, hot? like I want you holding up a stick with a box around. What else? <laughs> online going yeah i just i fuck myself you bring it out at me dude oh it's funny to talk about i don't talk about this with anybody and now i record it on the internet that's great you know i like to have sex in my bed <laughs> with myself and then people sit in it and i just go like oh my god how are you not pregnant yet no i never understand people masturbating for have sex in bed because the bed is movable it's kind of a squishy thing wait what you never understand people have sex in bed yeah where should be people be having sex kitchen Stadium. <laughs> Kitchen stadium. <laughs> Iron Chef. <laughs> this secret ingredient say. is joy. <laughs> Pleasure. <laughs> is squirting vaginal juice. I expected you to say, but just like, is this oh, fish shaped dildo? Oh, God. <laughs> hey, oh, that's right, because you haven't, you haven't dated that many women. I was going to ask how many women you know is squirt, but. <laughs> oh, God. That could be the secret ingredient, Bill. Ugh. I didn't realize how many ladies squirt. I didn't either until yeah, I was thing. reading. I was reading Dan Savage was talking about it. Yeah, this is the thing. That's like like a like like. There's more like higher percentage of ladies of squirt than are gay. To be fair, let's... think about that. We know someone is a squirter. <laughs> if you squirt, email us. <laughs> just saying yes. You know what? I am officially not okay. <laughs> people with this have my no. People have my phone number. Oh, <laughs> Aaron Sorkin's waiting outside. Did he leave? That was over half an hour ago. <laughs> You may have heard us talking about squirting. <laughs> he was about to walk through the door. Bill's about to knock on the door. We're talking about, we gotta find a lady who squirt. Bill's like, I gotta get the hell out of here. I squirt all the time. Artemis. One, two, three, four. Artemis. Artemis. <laughs> Artemis. Oh. Artemis, the sixth player.
entire Star Trek-y bridge simulation game <coughs> is coming to iOS devices soon. That's very clever. Yay! Yeah, that's more well, clever. Well, I out about this. Because you're more likely to have six friends who have an iOS device in the same and room. six laptops. It's also easier to put laptops. together and stuff. Well, I guess the the i like the uh, iOS version can also interact with the PC version, so you all don't... Oh, that's all, great. You don't all have to have, like, iPods or iPhones or iPod Touches or anything like that. The only thing that sucks is my iPods, uh, my iPad's ancient enough. I'm almost guaranteed work. that this is not going to work. Why doesn't... Surely this app exists. Why is there not an app that makes D&D easier and that the Dungeon Master... People keep on talking about that, and that seems to be one of the perfect things where you could use, like, iPads yeah. as, like... Yeah, because I am such a dope. I'm really bad with all the stats and keeping track of everything and what I can and cannot do. I would, imagine, so I would imagine, like, Dungeons and Dragons must have, like, a website, like, app that does something like that. But why they don't have, like, a portable app... That would be your character sheet. Yeah. That would tie in. It would essentially be Artemis, but for like, but I want it. I want it to ha- connect to like my DMs. So it's like thing. a video game thing where you don't have to worry about your stats so much. It like yeah. computes everything for you. Yeah. But you can just have fun playing. Yeah. Yeah. Instead because of having to sit down with a pen and paper with doing math, and I don't. I'm not good oh, at it. That's a good idea. And you can even have your you know dice what? on there. And... One of the two people listening to this podcast right now are like, "You stuck, stupid <laughs> sons of bitches." I've been using that for a year and a half trying to tell you guys about yeah, this. Seriously, guys, we're howdy at boyhattypodcast.com. Let us know if this exists. Call me. Curious. Just call Bill. <laughs> Jesus Lord. You guys want my home address? Send me a pizza? Oh, <laughs> Nintendo. I, I, Nintendo is really going after digital releases of games, with a bunch of older 3DS games now being made available on the Nintendo eShop on November 1st in Japan, alongside its special new Super Mario Bros. 2 and Animal Crossing 3DS LL bundles with those games preloaded. <laughs> <laughs> this is such- <laughs> What is a lot of, when you start saying 3DS, the LL bundles? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it is starting to just turns into word salad after so, a while. So, okay, I'm going to start again. Alongside new Super Mario Brothers, excuse me, Super Mario 2, Animal Crossing 3DS, LL bundles, with those games preloaded onto the handheld. Yeah, this is kind of interesting. That, really? Like, no game? Like, yeah. No, you no. don't get a physical copy. Like, huh. like on the store shelf, it says, now include Super Mario Brothers, but that's just, like, programmed onto the onto the memory card on wow. the system. Not which, even Xbox or P- PlayStation have done that. That's what I'm saying. That's, like, for Nintendo, which is a, ca- uh, a company that's historically been really averse to any kind of digital hmm. distribution or downloads yeah. or anything like that. Because like, yeah, you could buy an Xbox that... with like some Xbox Live demos yeah. on it, but a full game. Well, Nintendo has said going uh, forward in the future, they want all of their games, uh, both on the Wii and on 3DS, uh, 3DS with the day, what day it comes out, you can download it either through your 3DS or your Wii. That's so interesting. Yeah, so like new, the new Paper Mario comes out next month. Like I was, th- I was thinking, oh, I should have pre-ordered that on Amazon. I was like, fuck it, I can just buy it, just download it, like, have it permanently on my... Uh, uh, I, uh, on my uh, 3ds too, which is nice because it's not an extra cartridge. I have but to then take you out get into like the whole you go well, down storage the, becomes you, you, rough. Well, and you get down also you go down the well of I don't own it. If I lose it, well, that's the other thing. Nintendo has not been talking about your rights. Like, and... what happens if your DS gets destroyed? Like, what yeah. happens to all the software you've bought and stored mm-hmm. on there? Nintendo hasn't been talking about that. I'm sure they're yeah. really going to be really argue. That that the, those are issues Nintendo has yet to tackle. But just because this is the first step they're taking into that, but it's interesting. At least they're take, trying to take a step into this arena. It's very progressive. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's very gross. And man, the 3DS. Uh, well, the 3DS LL, and that's the Japanese version of the the American 3DS XL. I guess in oh, Japan okay. instead of XL things are like it's ll and if it's like triple x it's lll i guess i don't know then you'll fight if you're still listening to the podcast <laughs> let us know about that if that's true oh uh, but yeah the animals because Crossing... ladies love the 3ds yeah I there you go mama said take me out of your pocket and play me because i'm your 3ds um <laughs> Animal 
Crossing is coming out for the 3DS in Japan next month. And of course, like, they put out, so, like, I guess Nintendo had some kind of conference about it earlier this week. And of course, yeah. everyone's like, that game looks like shit. I'm going to buy, like, three copies. Exactly. It's like everyone complains about no Animal Crossing. And then they buy and play it. the yeah. crap out of it. Um, but they're coming out. See, so yeah, so one of the things is they have a, a, a new Super Mario Brothers 2 3DS, which is a yeah. red uh, 3DS, just like uh, 3DS XL, like they just came out with in the States, except it's got all the little power-ups, like, kind of, like, embossed or kind of, like, spot gloss. Oh, really? Onto the cover, which is really nice, but a nice subtle way where it's not, like, really garish. Oh, nice. And the Animal Crossing uh, 3DS XL is white with all the Animal Crossing, like, little, like, leaf item emblems and stuff on top. It looks kind of like a frosted Pop-Tart with sprinkles on it, but the sprinkles are a little color-coded, like, just, like, little, like, like, emblems and characters and stuff like that. It looks very goddamn cute. Yeah. And, of course, everyone's like, oh, my God, I gotta import that. That's so amazing. <laughs> and it comes with Animal Crossing. Yeah, just, like, yeah, look, preloaded on the system, interesting. which is interesting. So, yeah, so that's just, yeah, Nintendo, that's, that's crazy. yeah, that's a new thing. And that, that's happening November 1st in just a couple weeks. Yeah. So I was looking at you. We talked about this last week about PlayStation has day and date digital now. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, I, it's becoming I, more of a thing. I hadn't, I had not turned on my PlayStation in the longest time. But you talked about Tokyo Jungle. Oh yeah. And some other people did. So I went ahead. And I'm downloading it right now. Probably it's still downloading. But um, I didn't know. I think you had mentioned this. Pardon me. But if you're a PlayStation Plus member, you get discounts. Oh, are that. you a Plus I'm member? Not. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm not. But I was looking at it and actually I was talking with my wife this morning. I'm like, man, I could just download Dishonored for eight bucks less than anyone else is selling it the day it comes out. Why? Oh, is that a download? It? It is. That's one of the direct downloads. Oh, we probably talked about it last weekend. Dishonored. Because yeah. I didn't know what Dishonored was when we exactly. were talking about it. Yeah, it just kind of rolled What's over. funny is that this sums it up. My wife just looks at me and she goes, Chivos. And I was like, fuck. Yeah, no, I know. Not bothering. Man, god damn it. Who, which listener was it? Who heard uh, oh, me? that's Grumpy Turtle. Was it Grumpy was, Turtle? Yeah, good Grumpy, Grumpy Turtle. Turtle. You, you, you made me so sad. Because Grumpy Turtle goes, oh, Chivos, huh? And then links to his gamer score, which is 100,000 Chivos. Is it, yeah, because he like when he like he was like we were talking about Chivos while we were playing Borderlands, and I was like, yeah, he asked me how many Chivos I had, and I was like, I don't know, I don't know, look, I've got like twenty six thousand or something like that. He's like, well, yeah, maybe once someday you can get up to mine. I'm like, how many do you have? And I looked him up, and I had to read it three times because I thought I was misreading <laughs> it because I didn't real. I've never seen anyone's Chivos who oh. was not like belong to a game company or something yeah. like that. Did not have it was fucking crazy. Yeah, I don't know how much he plays because <laughs> like well, he literally has. Like, twice as much as you and I combined. Yeah. More than that. Yeah. And we play a lot of video games. I am impressed, and as impressed as I am, I'm mad. I'm really mad. Because I'm like, I had friends who had more Chivos than me, and I thought, oh, that's a goal. (laughs) I could beat Stephen Hines, and I would beat Stephen Hines. I'm like, woohoo. Well, you're kind of queen of my friends list, at least. Not... Not if you have... Well, not if Grumpy Turtle, so you're never going to befriend Grumpy Turtle. I'm Don't so Don't take mad. it personally, Grumpy Turtle. I'm so mad. Oh, uh, God. Anyway, uh, yeah. Um, uh, Cliffy B left Epic Games. Yeah. He said that he's taking a break from the industry, seeing as he's been working on video games nonstop since he was a teenager. They said it's because they found his uh, Cool Summer Jams playlist and he got so embarrassed he had to leave the company. <laughs> Cliffy Benji's... Uh... Came completely out of the blue, and he says it's a, it really is as simple as the fact that uh, he's just been working in the industry ever since he was a teenager. He, I think he started when he was like 16 or 17. Yeah. I think he got hired by Epic Games. Yeah. So that's the only place he's really been working at for like the last 20 years, like on Jad. 
and jazz, jazz, jazz the jackrabbit man yeah. but that's a hell of a i mean doesn't think of how much gaming has changed and to have stayed and be relevant i'm kind of wondering why he didn't do a little bit early because he was he created the gears of war franchise which mm-hmm. wrapped up last year with the last year's Greek year. i wonder what he was doing for the last year well, i'm sure I was helping he, with gears of war judgment i wonder if he was spearheading whatever the next like whatever software whatever their their next gen game is going to be and maybe yeah. he, he got it far enough like it's on his legs that he can walk away yeah. i don't know if he said he's permanently leaving he hasn't really said he sounds like he's just going on extended leave for god knows how long i don't so. blame him if i who knows him, if he'll come back to epic who knows if he'll start yeah. a new studio or what but yeah, between that and the doctors from i mean not, you know the doctors from Barber, yeah the last two weeks it's a... been a hell of a yeah yeah man. people just and like again with like cliff cliffy b it sounds like the doctors are just getting out of the industry for a while not just like retiring or just like gaming chews you up and spits you out i'm surprised yeah. there are all these guys who have stayed around so it's long. funny that you got these guys in their mid-30s going you know what <sighs> that i just lived a lifetime yeah just in the last 10 years trying to get the shit done yeah, yeah. getting these games out so yeah Assassin's Creed 3 will have an alternate reality, Evil King George Washington DLC. <laughs> Here's Bill's joke. You all ready? You ready for the joke? Rumor is that it'll save the children, but not the British children. Here's the joke within Bell's joke. He spilled, spelled rumor British style. Was that yeah! conscious? Was that conscious? That's how I spell rumor. Supposedly, this DLC will form an entire single player campaign in and of itself, with three DLC packs being released for $30 total. Yeah, I don't know what happens if you only download like the first and second, the first and last All one without the, the second. All of the Assassin's Creed DLCs have been really, really skippable. The only one of them that I thought was actually critical to, from a narrative perspective and interesting from a gameplay perspective, was for the last one. I've talked about this. Yeah. The last one they had a, a puzzle. A puzzle DLC because there was a puzzle game that was an option in the last Assassin's Creed game that you did not have to play. Yeah, it's a piece Lucy back together again after well, stabbing her to pieces. Exactly what you in this DLC beyond the fact that I thought it was very interesting and fun and different, a refreshing change. Um, you find out what happened with Lucy, like you find out the truth. Kristen Bell's a non-brunette that we like. That's true. I don't want to bang Kristen Bell. I just wanted to be Veronica Mars forever. You're wrong. <laughs> To be fair, I don't really want to bang anyone. I don't. She really does want to look bang like Jaws in, in the Assassin's Creed games. <laughs> That's not her fault. Man, her lantern jawed face. Oh my god! <laughs> was that the first Assassin's that was the Creed? First two? Assassin's the first Creed. Ezio game? Oh no, yeah. it is the first one. Yeah, in the first one. It's funny how up. her model gets be- better and worse, like sporadically throughout those yeah, first three or four games. Kind of yeah, Jesus. Two player productions Minecraft documentary is tentatively due for release on December seventh. Yeah, finally, one of the first big um, uh, Kickstarter pro. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Go and for- you forgot to mention. How are we going to keep our listeners? They're not envious <laughs> about how we met these guys once Excuse in a bar me. in Singapore. Excuse me. Friends of the Podcast, two-player productions. Uh, we'll be releasing their uh, documentary about Friend of the Podcast, Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I'm sure you spent more time with Minecraft than you have with some of your friends. <laughs> I know exactly. Yeah. Uh, May as well say, man. Friend of the Podcast, um, Fallout. Uh, friend of the Podcast, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Touch my butt. <laughs> Friend of the Wizard of Oz will be able to touch Bill's butt with its new 3D conversion next year. Well, they're going to do a 3D Blu-ray bullshit blah. Which is weird because they just released Wizard of Oz on like a nice normal Blu-ray 2D yeah. like, just like last year. How can they trick you into buying it again if they don't come out with another 3D? Oh, that Haven't they pretty? given up on in-home 3D yet? <laughs> It's getting there. Well, Sony was the big company that was pushing for it. With Sony kind of falling apart, I think they're realizing, like, people just don't have enough money. Like, the the economy's not the kind of place. It's a really hard sell because I am the sort of person. Well, you need the glasses. I was at a, um, when I was thinking about buying a new TV, I went to a store that had a 3D TV. And out of curiosity, I was looking at it because they were doing Uncharted 3. I forgot that Uncharted 3 had a 3D option. 
And so I was standing there watching it. And it's Nathan Drake. Of course I want to see his butt in all the dimensions. And uh, it was awful. It was so bad. It was like you had to tune in. You had to turn on the glasses, which mm. is weird. And then you had to be at just the right angle. And I was standing where they told me to stand and still looked wrong. Home 3D is never going to become a big thing unless it's glasses-free. Yeah. And it has a super wide, de- like, field of view. Yeah. Like, you, so you, like, you can't just, like, be that totally. thing where, like, it's the 3DS where if you just turn your, turn your head a little bit. Yeah. Like, it's something like the image falls like, apart. Because, why would you spend, like, $4,000 on a TV that only you can watch? Yeah, because even if you have glasses-free TV, if it's like the 3DS where you have to be sitting in one spot in the whole room, otherwise the 3D effect falls apart, then great. You still have a TV that only one person can yeah. practically watch at any given time. That's not the point at home TV. That's the sentence I just said. Yeah. I'm just, I'm backing you up. <laughs> I broke out you my word gap. <laughs> my pinion shotgun <laughs> just helped you in that fight. That's right. 30 XP. The, the birthday <laughs> gift that Microsoft is giving oh, this all is people fantastic. who've achieved a gamer score of three thousand. No, it's it's thirty thousand. Is a measly twenty five. I saw three thousand. Oh, really? Is that what it was? I thought I said thirty thousand. I think anyway. they're charged. Oh no, no, no! You get a discount on. Do you think they're things. really worried about saving that much money by bumping up the the the, the, the threshold Bill, entry to thirty thousand? I don't 30, understand 000? this joke. So it's it's. <laughs> Explain to me this joke. Bill's note saying you're the worst news reader. The birthday gift that Microsoft <laughs> is giving to people who've achieved a gamer score of three thousand dollars is a measly twenty five cents. Woo! Now we can all buy a human butt to fuck. <laughs> because supposedly, like buying a human butt that has been cloned in a clone tank would be very expensive, and twenty five dollars would not cover that. Twenty five cents either. Although if you just rented a butt, like you were in like <laughs> Tijuana. And there's like this you really... mean a whore? No, like like twelve year old kid. Oh. So like, if you're in the world it, of casual vacancy, it has a value of twenty five cents. That's different from being twenty five cents. I'm trying to make a joke about what because <laughs> uh, things are like when you say what is the what? redeemable value, it's very minimal because by definition, with free prizes and shit. You can redeem them for cash if you want. That's why when you look at like like things like that, it'll usually say when it's like, you know, this turn this in for a burger or something, it'll say retail value like, like two one cents. cents of a penny. Or like one twenty fifth of a cent because they don't want you to redeem it for cash. <laughs> I'm flummoxed, Bill. <laughs> Confused. Like, you're talking to a Anyway, squirrel. I'm going to keep talking. What? Hermione. I haven't heard this. What? Hermione Granger is rumored to be starring <laughs> in the movie version of Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah! Please, someone kill me. Also, I told everyone that Snape Hermione Slash could have been canon. Yeah! Yeah. I, I genuinely don't know anything about Fifty Shades of Grey. Well, isn't than... Hermione Granger also going to be in Guillermo del Toro's Beauty and the Beast movie? Maybe he ties her up. <laughs> Bucks her in the butt for 25 cents. She likes it. She'll give him 25 cents so he'll keep on fucking her in the butt. Oh, God. No, but, like, yeah, suppose that's the rumor. This is nowhere near official. Well, I guess this, if this happens, this is her first step on still trying to be... Supposedly she's in a new movie where she yeah, plays the like Manny the Pixie... being a wallflower. Yeah, so she's a Manny Pixie dream girl in that movie. <laughs> Manny Pixie dream girl. Her name's Manny. <laughs> she's Watermelon. Manny, comma, Pixie dream girl. <laughs> podcast that that's my question despite despite we're not gonna talk about Hermione Granger getting tied up and spanked and naked in a movie she came out and said she will be naked in a movie if it's for the character all this means all this means to me is that Hermione Granger is now officially um, a fanfic of Bella Swan for Twilight oh god yeah no it's working backwards (laughs) this is the worst reality oh my god I didn't think about that yeah 
her eyebrows have really have really calmed down. I picture years. her like getting spanked, and like instead of being erotic, she's just like getting <laughs> I can't miffed imagine, and, and eyebrow angry. I can't like, imagine Hermione Granger being horny. This that movie like... has to be made just so we can overdub it, so like we can just dub it, so like every sentence ends with the word Ronald. Out of <laughs> honestly, 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 Ronald. That's not how honestly. you use a prop. <laughs> you can chant my vagina faster, Ronald. <laughs> Manipulates a taser. Oh, honestly, Ronald, you have to start with three fingers and move on stop, to four. Stop. You just don't stop. 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 Life, please. I, I just imagine please, Ronald be please, like, please. He'll be the worst. Like, I know he'll be the worst. He'll be the worst lover. Period. Let's be honest. Yeah, he'd have to clone obviously. his penis and just kind of put it in a box and honey, do what, <laughs> do whatever, whatever you do. Have kids, just have fun. Despite the catastrophic failure of Battleship, Hasbro oh is still God. trying to get the Hungry Hungry Hippos movie made. Dot 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 ellipsis. <laughs> I had something else to say about this. It was your joke, Bill. Um, what would be your one sentence review of the Hungry Hungry Hippos movie? How do you how do you turn that into a terrible? I, it's been so long since I played Hungry Hungry Hippos. I can't even think about a contextual joke about Hungry Hungry Hippos. It's really easy to make the porn um, fan fiction from the movie of Hungry Hippos because all hippos trying to gobble up white beads. I know that is kind of yeah, and they're all it's kind right of like there. pastel colored, so they're kind of presumably female. <laughs> Just like women are. It's like a bukkake. I have the fluorescent pink Annie. It's a bukkake uh, zoophilia movie. <laughs> Ryan, I, think, I think this is a movie's already been made. <laughs> Ryan Johnson's in-theater commentary track for Looper is now available on SoundCloud. He did this for Brick, and I actually mean not Brick, Brothers Bloom, and I did not download it. Oh, it was good times. I listened to it. You know what? I've got the DVD here in the house, Brothers Bloom. I never actually. I listened to the to the th- uh, the commentary, which was good. But I never actually watched it while listening to the, sh- you know, I listened mm-hmm. to it as like a podcast. Without Apparently a thing he does, and he did the last one, is that it, at a certain point he says, if you're listening to this, yeah. you need to cough. And if you're anyone coughing, then you know. It'll be worth it just to, like, yeah. Oh, man. Well, it's apparently more technical than the commentary on the disc. It's much more about the, um, like, much more from a practical perspective. Which is weird, because you think the commentary, the technical commentary, you'd be the one safe for disc, so you actually have it there, you can rewind it and check it out more. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. I don't know, yeah. I'll, I'll have to check that out. I'll have to go see that sometime this week, yeah. Um, Tignataro's 30-minute cancer set. It's available for $5 yeah. um, on Louis C.K.'s site. So, I flipped out about Tignatara on the podcast before, yeah, right? Have you heard her stuff? Yeah. I didn't know she was gay. I told her she, one of my favorite bits I've ever seen is when she was on Conan O'Brien and she scooted her stool around the set for like five minutes solid. What? It's one of those bits that is kind of funny, then stops being funny, and, and then loops around up, to being yeah. funny again, and then goes not to being funny Aww. again, and then is hilarious. So, I guess this is the set she did like like two or three days after first finding out she had cancer. So this I didn't is, know they recorded that. Yeah, it's, it's half an hour. It's only half an hour long, but it's only also $5. Because she, like, I saw on the Professor Blastoff podcast, she was talking about how this is her newest CD, which it's not really CD length. It's just like a 30-minute stand-up set you would do if you were part of, like, you know, a yeah. normal, like, nightclub set. So, but yeah, if you go to louisk.net, Louis uh, 
uh, yeah, they're offering that as a five, $5 download. You can pay th- with it through PayPal or Amazon.com. And it's definitely, it is dark as balls, but it is also funny as hell because it's her kind of like dealing with this cancer live and on stage, but it's still funny. And the audience at first doesn't know how to react because like, she's like, I have cancer. Like, no, seriously, I have cancer. I just got diagnosed. She talks about how her mom died right yeah. before she got cancer, how her she, girlfriend her girlfriend her. friend broke up with her. But yeah. it's not like super like, oh, boo-hoo is me. It's not like she cries at any point or anything no. like that. But she's still, like, you can tell she's so kind of stunned by it. Well, yeah. then again, Tegan very cool at Loki anyway yeah. she's always just like hey I have cancer so- apparently Tignataro is a, like an, a bonus on one of her CDs or whatever it came with a DVD that's Tig at your party yeah where it's just a picture of her like standing at the wall with like a red cup in her hands going <laughs> yeah hi she's just gonna react also Anna Kendrick was wait Anna Kendrick is the best Twitter, and everybody needs to follow her. On she Twitter. was yelling at She's somebody great. about cups. Oh, Emma Watson was Emma yelling. Emma Watson just tweeted out of the blue. <laughs> Anna Kendrick dash cups. Yeah, just Anna Kendrick. <laughs> Anna Kendrick tweets back like, I don't know what this means. <laughs> but, oh, she's like. He's like, are you singing a song to me, or... Oh, yeah, or do you want me to just bring more cups to the next party? Like, like what's going on? <laughs> it's kind of great. Anyway, oh. friends, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk about the preview of 2012. However, we've put this off for about three weeks now, so half the things on this preview are out. Uh, we're coming back with the fall uh, 2012 review of stuff coming out that came <laughs> yeah, out this preview. fall. Preview, that's it. All right, friends, we'll be back in just a second. He'll kick you apart. He'll kick you apart. Ooh. He'll He'll save children, but not the British children. He'll He'll save children, but not the British children. He'll save children, but not the British children. He'll save children, but not the British children. So people who read Fifty Shades of Grey can call or email us with what it's about, because we're trying to figure that out right now. (laughs) Nicole and I were just talking about how... We had no idea what Fifty Shades of Grey is about. I Everyone's know making jokes, but no one wants to talk. No one wants to pretend to read it to figure out what the hell it is. I know kinky people say that it's really super, almost offensively light kink, and um, a, like a silly like um, reflection of what S and M culture is, and that it's Twilight fan fiction. That's Dylan pointed out that they should just uh, the book should be sold in a package with Secretary, the <laughs> DVD Secretary, yep. at stores. Have you seen Secretary? No, but I know of it. The lady poops herself at the end. I know she I does. was with the movie all of it until she poops herself in her wedding dress. And I was like... <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's... What I like about that movie, having not seen it, is that it's nice to show sex-positive kink relationships. Oh, yeah! You know, to show it that it's not freaky and it's okay. It's That's the thing about Fifty Shades of Grey. Is like, there's a part of me that I don't want to shit on it too much. Because if it's, like, someone... Like, if it's, like, some middle-aged, <laughs> unhappy person... It's popular like, enough, it's obviously tapped into a huge vein, which everyone likes to pretend doesn't exist. Yeah, and it's nice to have people who can talk about their fetishes and not... Not, yeah. not that I want everyone to talk about their no, fetishes. No, but it's nice to be but, open. But not have to be ashamed of it, is yeah. really what I should say. It's like, you should not have to be made to feel ashamed of the way you feel. I get off on fantasizing <laughs> I'm captured by Robin Hood and his Merry Men. <laughs> they tie me up and they're like, hey, sweaty men's in the forest. I can only come You're with arrows being shot in my butt. How do you not have sex? Metaphorically. Man, all the sex fantasies you can have about Robin Hood. Oh my god. But you again, know what? This is the thing. What's interesting is that all of the, um, uh, granted, I've only ever found two romance novels involving Robin Hood, and Robin Hood is usually uh, not the object of sexual fixation in it. Who is? Um, in both of them, it was the Sheriff of Nottingham. Why? One of them, it, it was is, very, is it very the Hermione clear. Snape thing where it's it's, it's well, the bad it's guys. Funny you should say that. In one of them, it is very very clear that the book was written and not too long after Prince of Thieves came out. Oh yeah. And oh, the so it's Alan is pretty transparently <laughs> oh, Alan no. Rickman. So it's just that thing because there are certain ladies who get hot and heavy for Alan. So Rickman it is. is so it's a, a it's it's not gay stuff. It's it's oh, Al, no. it's Sheriff Nottingham. I have not ever found 
any gay Robin Hood stuff. Which, granted, I don't. But do you think, think that'd be easy? Well, I don't know if that would make it necessarily be an interesting Sweet. naked dudes in the forest edition. No one's looking. I don't know if that would be. I mean, you could make. You'd have to be very careful to not make it exploitation. Just the idea of a lady in the forest alone with a bunch of guys who are there. She's at their disposal and they're at hers. You could just yeah, I'm just saying. That that exists. I'm sure you've never thought about that before. I'm first person to ever say that in the history of the world. <sighs> Man, Mostly. just like Willy Wonka taking advantage of those Oompa Loompas. You know shit's going on <laughs> when the door is closed. The Wonka Anyway, factory. friends, despite our, our divergence. He's like, you could suck my penis. <laughs> or you're going to get eaten by these gruffle Wumpa Wumps. Your choice. Despite- and there's enough of you. Oh, you only have to suck my penis like maybe the, once the every two months. The tastes like snozzberries, if you know what I mean. Did you see my tweet about that this week? <laughs> no. <laughs> I found a picture of a bunch of people eating women's asses out of a wall. <laughs> oh, no. You had, like, you had something, and I, knew, I was at work. And I'm like, I'm not going to click this. I'm just not. Bill, this last week has been a real trial of am I going to stop following <laughs> Bill on Twitter? I almost did you three or chose... four times. Poorly. I chose poorly. Despite our divergence. Prometheus on DVD. We'll <laughs> talk about sh- it in a couple minutes. Just to shit on it. I'm just, I don't want to talk about you with Prometheus you anymore because it's not fun. I'm literally going to crack it in half and just melt you saying, eh. Which will be fine because then it means I won't have to listen to you bitching about Prometheus we'll anymore. We'll talk about it. It's coming reached, out on Tuesday. I have Next reached week my maximum levels of hearing Bill oh, bitch about God. Prometheus. Okay, uh, this, despite everything, is our fall preview. <laughs> Uh, here on the Fifty Shades of Grey cast, <laughs> we're gonna start with movies. And of Fifty course, Shades of Earl Grey. The first umpteen of these have come out. We started with Dread, which is out. Looper. Okay, so we're gonna break this down by categories. We have movies, games, Blu-rays, and books and comics that are coming out this between pretty much now and New Year's. All of, I like that all of your comics are out except for one. Well, there's I didn't know too many comics that were coming out. Uh, there's one that's off here. Though. I'm not like, plugged into comics that. What? I'm just gonna say right now because I'm not gonna remember. The Adventure Time Collection comes out. The Adventure Time oh. comics are so good. Is it like the first half dozen issues? Yeah, everyone should buy it. Oh, I probably forgot to put that in the games. Is that in there? The Assassins or the Adventure Time game comes Is out that next month. Out this fall. I forgot to mention. Huh. Anyway, okay. The Adventure Time 3DS game, yeah. Let's start how we promised to start, um, which is with movies. Um, Dread was out on the 21st. You Looper, already saw that. And Hopel Tran- Hotel Transfer... Hopel. Hopel Transformation. <laughs> God. That's my favorite indie furry movie. I am the worst movie. host of a podcast ever. Um, came out on the 28th. Um, uh, this week, Frank and Weenie, Taken 2, and Butter. What the heck is... I made the joke this week that Frank and Weenie only exist to keep Hot Topic in business for another year. I That was retweeted enough. I think that may have been the most retweeted thing I've ever typed in my entire oh, life yeah. on Twitter. Which is kind of amazing. Because well it's not like that much of a groundbreaking thought. But it's but, accurate. Yeah. I talked about how sad I am about Frank and Weenie because I love the original. Yeah. Taken 2 apparently is even sillier than the first Taken movie, but in a not beneficial way. Yeah, it sounds like just rehashed. Just... It sounds like the uh, Home Alone 2 of Taken movies. <laughs> Which is the same thing over and over again. I will see Taken 2 when I... Uh, is it a second-run theater and have a pint of beer with it? Do you think Liam Neeson runs into a homeless lady in Central Park <laughs> and she teaches him the value? They go to the opera house. <laughs> you know, did I tell you my Taken joke? My favorite thing with the Taken... With the first Taken movies, I kept making jokes about Taken. Like, you know, I'm going to be Taken to the bathroom. <laughs> but in, the, in this trailer, Taken 2, it opens with them throwing a surprise party, and I really wanted him to say, you have taken me by surprise. <laughs> and I said that to Foley in the theater before Looper when the trailer came up, and I laughed so hard I peed my pants. <laughs> I've been taken by surprise. 
like when he gets old and Neon Levinson goes to an old folks home, like he can't fight back, so he has to do what he does. What what Home Alone does? He gets he gets the same gangster movie and he tricks people into thinking that like gangsters are in the apartment. And that's how he scares the gangsters away from his old folks home room. But what is Butter? What is Chef Boyardee? He gets kidnapped. He wants to escape so he can continue bacon. <laughs> Raking. <laughs> it's fall, you know. <laughs> oh, God, there's some dumb jokes that just hit me right through the eyes. Oh, oh, uh, what is God. butter, Bill? Butter. Supposedly it's a piece of shit. <laughs> I just, it's a movie about butter carving. Are you kidding? It stars Alias. <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you making a joke? Supposedly, the AV Club reviewed it. It sounds like it's, did you ever see Election mm-hmm. with... Uh, greasy Witherspoon. Yes. It's supposed. To... It's about Alias. What's her name? Jennifer Garner. Mm-hmm. Uh, she plays the wife of this butter sculpting champion who gets kicked out of butter sculpting because he's so good, like no one else can win any of the competitions in the nation. And so the butter sculpting board says, "You know, we're going to retire you. Like you can keep on winning, but we're just going to have to look clear the way for other people to actually try to win this award. You're retired." And so she decides to take butter sculpting up herself to keep the prestige of the butter championship this within is an the family. Movie. This is a real movie. <laughs> Thank God it's not a documentary. Supposedly <laughs> it's terrible. Because <laughs> like I guess Jennifer Carter is playing like Tracy Flick, like like a super high strong alpha female, kind of like everything's mm-hmm. having perfection and she becomes a butter learns the ins and outs of butter sculpting. Yeah. And supposedly it's like really condescending to the Midwest because it's all oh, Midwest yeah. characters, but it's all oh, kind of like, yeah. oh look at all these stupid hicks. They think well, like, sculpting right now, butter's the exactly. big thing. Exactly. Like just a movie about butter sculpting and making that imply that that is the end all be all to these people, that that's that's totally dismissive yeah. of itself. So butter sculpting is intense though, Bill. Have you ever seen butter butter sculptures? I once saw, here's why you haven't. You have not been to the Texas State Fair like I have. There was one year that was like a, a particularly momentous anniversary of Elvis. Like, yeah. birth, like a, a momentous birthday or something like that. So um, there was a butter sculpture that had won the butter sculpture contest that was Elvis to scale with a guitar. They was just, it standing up? Because you think yeah. butter. Oh, no, no, no. Like you, sitting. You, yeah, you'd want to have, you have yeah. To, yeah, your composition has Especially to be Especially like Texas. Yeah, was man. that a refrigerated Oh, yeah, it was in a refrigerated like. Chamber. I was going to say, because you can't be doing that on the fairgrounds. Man, I, I saw somebody know. took a picture. Was it the Texas fairgrounds for some... There's you know, there's a big fair going on somewhere in Texas right now. Yeah. It's a giant, like, 30-foot tall air, airbrushed picture of Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> and it's terrible. It's hairs all over. It's like old fat Nicolas Cage, but yeah, yeah exactly. It's like wow. big tech size, but it's like on the side, it's like some, some kind of like building or something like Man, that. Man, you can see the best big worst text. airbrushing art at the State Fair on all of the um, terrifying like Hall of Mirrors. I think things. that's what this was kind of like. Was, I, yeah. there, I saw some amazing Harry Potter's last time I went. Did and, you see uh, the some amazing um, Lord of the Rings? There's a whole episode about King of the Hill about big techs. Is there? Yeah, I think like, I think Bobby like starts controlling big techs. Okay, so we have to take a second here. Big techs for those of you who have never been to texas yeah big texas is the mascot of the state fair of texas big texas has been at, sta- at the state fair for god better party 50 years he is a maybe three-story tall cowboy that's one of the most texan emblems out in the yeah. world like yeah he um he has every year the levi company makes him a new pair of jeans that's actually made out of denim yeah it's, it's this nasty looking do you know the story behind big tech i've n- big all i know tex- big tech big tech is there big tech used to be a santa 
Oh, really? Yeah, and they redid him so he was a big cowboy. But anyway, Big Tex, he, he, um, his jaw moves up and down terribly. You can hear the pistons when you're yeah. standing below him. And there's a guy who's the voice of Big Tex, and he talks to y'all about, like, every hour about all the events at the State Fair, Texas. It's the same voice of Mr. Neutron in Jurassic Park. Dinosaurs. <laughs> Dinosaurs. That's actually very close to what Big Tech sounds. Like. I can't. I've seen. I haven't seen Jurassic Park in the theaters, but I just had totally recalled that. <laughs> I can't remember anything else he says, but I know he says dinosaurs. Anyway, um, continuing our fall preview. Oh. Uh, next week, the Seven Psychopaths comes out, which I'm yeah, which I'm tempted to do, but it seems like it's going to be on Netflix in a week and a half. Dude, I liked In Bruges in so much. I'm gonna oh, is it the guy who directed In Bruges? Yeah. What the hell's a Bruges? And it's a the name of a t- city. I almost said titty. You saw it. You saw it. I almost said titty. Yeah, at least you have titties. At least when you think about titty, at least you can take comfort that you can be less drunk right now, man. When I think about titties, I got man titty. It's not real titty. I'm like, I'm bored by myself. Oh, poor Bill. You're not titillated by your titties? I then try to tie up my titty. I'm like, I whisper in the mirror, Fifty Shades of Grey. Man, I have an embarrassment of movies out right now that I want to go see. I don't yeah, want. I meanwhile, my wife and I are having a debate over whether tonight we're going to go either which Anna Kendrick movie we're going to go see. Speaking of Anna Kendrick, oh, she's we're the either going to go see, um, uh, yeah, Pitch Perfect. Which she's looks, also in Dread. You're going to see that again. She's not in Dread. Yeah. She's in. Um, uh, she's in. Uh, she's um, Carl Urban's stunt double. She's so good. <laughs> she's versatile. She gets into that. Her, her mouth, her frowny face. She has perfect. the jawline. She could play um, Mrs. She, Dread. She actually could have been a, a judge. Yeah. Um, she's also in um, End of Watch. I keep on hearing about that. Oh, is that the one where she plays? She plays What's His Butt's wife. Whose wife? Oh, I thought this was. Uh, What's the baseball Brokeback. movie with Crazy no, Guy? No, that's Amy Adams. You're thinking of a What's different... End of Watch? Wait, who's... End of Watch is the cop movie. You who's... don't know about it because you don't have a, a slight who's boner Anna... for fascism. I have a slight like... boner for Anna Kendrick. Who's she married to in this film? She's married to um, Jake Gyllenhaal, I think. I haven't that masturbated to that Fraggle Rock video from Ben Folds <laughs> 5 yet, but I might. I mentioned this on the podcast, how she's like licking something with her finger, and I'm like, uh-huh. oh, that's actually good. <laughs> now, if Colby go. Smulders came in there. There you go. Came blew in on there. her vaginal bat wings. <laughs> made out... <laughs> list of all the things you've described vaginas as doing. Um, on the 22nd, Cloud Atlas comes out. We talked about Cloud, Cloud Atlas a lot. Are you going to see the movie? Maybe when it's three bucks. Did you see it's no longer the Wachowski Brothers, but it's the Wachowski Starship? It's the Wachowskis. No, they've, talked about that. they've announced the officially the Wachowski Starship. Yeah. That is their new thing. They want to be known as the Wachowski Starship. So they which is because people had just started getting used to calling them the Wachowskis, and now they're suddenly putting up press release saying, "No, we're Wachowski Starship." Yeah, you know what? They're the Wachowskis. <laughs> I love those guys. I'm kind of curious. It's a, well, Cloud Atlas, like I said, about reincarnation. So you have the same soul inha- inhabiting both male and female bodies. Mm-hmm. I could see why. What's well, they said in the. I was reading something on Entertainment Weekly where it said, um, "Oh, you know, in another thing of gender bending, um, Hugo Weaving will be playing a woman." Who else is playing a different gender in that movie? Oh, he would play. There is a well. It's a well. It's it's a gender androgynous lady. Mm-hmm. That's probably who he's playing. A nurse. Yeah, he's a nurse, evil nurse of some sort. Yeah. What other gender bending is there in this movie? Well, the fact that it's being... the same soul. It's it's the same person's soul in having both oh, male that, and female. See, that's not but gender not... bending. That's just this soul in a different body played by a different actor. They should have Hugo Weaving playing an Asian lady. <laughs> If they're gonna do this whitewashing go, bullshit, just might go, do the, go the whole gender thing. Yeah. Um. Oh my God, Somni. On uh, November second, um, both the Man with the Iron Fist and Wreck It Ralph comes out. How do you oh, feel about the Man with the Iron Fist? My, that's with the 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 with the RZA and yeah. uh, the Master. This is the RZA's movie and Commander. Yes, it does have uh, Russell Crowe in it. 
and it has Lucy Liu. Russell Crowe's also in. Uh... Lame as we talked about this last week. Yeah. Um, oh, but, uh... <laughs> I must have not shut up about it. <laughs> you just kind of roll your eyes when you oh, said no, no, that. No, we yeah. talked at length God, about it. God, Bill, Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, I didn't. Anne Hathaway's in it. Get keep... over it. <laughs> I'm trying to keep us on top of uh, Rugged Ralph uh, also comes out with Paper Man. Yeah, Paperman. So there is a great short floating around on YouTube about the technology behind Paperman. Highly recommend it. I had seen stills from Paperman, and I'd heard that it was a combination of 3D and 2D animation. I assumed that the character models were 2D in a in there were or excuse me, yeah, were 2D in a 3D well, a 3D world. model environment. But yeah. they're they're 3D model characters. Which it looks like what they did. It looks like they actually animated the characters like by hand using pencils or Cintiqs and whatever. And it's not, like it seems like they may have taken like. In order to do kind of like lighting effects and stuff on the characters, then they took CGI models and kind of like warped those models to match the hand-drawn animation. Yeah, because the characters like have enough composite. kind of like they flex and snap enough, like, yeah, and they distort in the ways that like uh, that's the thing. Even with Pixar characters, they'll warp and yeah. distort and stuff, but they're still mo- it's like an a model. Official thing. Yeah. yeah. Whereas like with hand-drawn animation, someone's arm can suddenly get like twice as long just to achieve an effect, and they'll do yeah. that in this movie. But it's 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 interesting. It's the black and white. Short. Yeah, go see Wreck It Ralph. You'll see what we're talking about in what just uh, that's on November second. Yeah, not that far at all. Yeah, on November 9th, Skyfall. Did you hear Adele's single for Skyfall? I heard when they first released the first part last week. Yeah, it's not very interesting, but it's kind of cool how they use the James Bond theme a little bit. Was I flipping out and about you? How I'm so sad about it. We're back to the uh, new Bond girl for every movie thing. Yeah. Which is stupid because the whole point of Ava Green Casino was the best, was the best Bond, so who who cares? And well, Dylan was talking about how she was great too because like she wasn't quite a Bond girl; she was like badass, she but she was also vulnerable and kind of frail at the same yeah. time. But like like a, she's the closest thing to a normal human being that has ever ever been in a yeah. Bond movie, aside from like Emma Peel and when she played dead Diana Rigg. Yeah, yeah Di- or yeah Diana Rigg when she played George Lazenby's dead wife. Uh, but like. Well, that movie ends with her dying and James Bond saying, fuck it, the bitch is dead. I'm just going to, like, treat women like shit from now on. Yeah. And, like, the trailers, the tra- trailer for Sky Lo- Skyfall looks fine, but it's like, oh, he's an Asian, now he's fucking an Asian lady. It's a more back to the corny, like, I don't know. It's less personal Dude, Bond. It's more again, just, like, sexy James guy Bond. just fucking his... Being emotionally Ugh. invested in the narrative and characters of James Bond is like being emotionally invested in the characters and narrative of Doctor Who. But I get her... You're asking for her. I know. You know what, Bill? You know why we're going to see it? James Craig... Or David- Daniel Craig has a nice butt. You get to see it because it's uh, Q... Wait, who's the lady who runs everything? Uh, M. She's in a thong. <laughs> Judy Dench in a thong. <laughs> At the beach. <laughs> Well, no, who's the blonde lady? Oh, no, then the last one, there was a Russian lady. Mm-hmm. She was kind of... Okay. Well, it's funny, because people hate on the last movie. I didn't hate it. It was fine. I thought it was fine. It was okay. ne- not nearly as good as Casino Royale. I think that's what it was. Casino Ava Royale Green was so, so out of much good. Between, that's what it was. Between, it was like, Evergreen. Between, like, James Bond being not quite done cookies... Yeah. ...and Evergreen kind of yeah. being who she was in that movie, Man. that was a great James Bond movie. Yeah. And, yeah. like... I'm just never going to get palpable. that back because no. it's the origins of James Bond. I yeah. can't, I should shut up and like yeah. go see Skyfall and not worry about that. Exactly. Part of me is always going to be like, but Evergreen's still in the water. I know. I know. I know. And okay, what's next? Um, uh, Lincoln comes out November 16th. Make your joke, Bill. Oh, my Hasbro. Hasbro's trying to make all these board game and toy movies. How have they not talked to Spielberg and said, hey, can you just have him Lincoln mention Lincoln <laughs> And so that would be like the game where like, hey, as mentioned in the new Spielberg movie, Bill has built his birth home. 
Um, kids come running for Daniel Day-Lewis movies. Man, I haven't seen a trailer yet for Lincoln that didn't look like it was going to turn into a Whitest Kids You Know sketch. Like, it's so (laughs) sanctimonious that, like, you almost want to start laughing because you're waiting for the punchline because it's so, like, yes, blah, 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 blah. It's a bunch of stern people, darkly lit. All the music is like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have trouble getting hard for Lincoln. probably still good. Yeah. Just, what did you say? I have trouble getting hard for Lincoln. This movie does not look... Glad your mom's not here this week. <laughs> all the things you said today, that's, that's the one the thing, thing that pulled me out difficult. the most. That wasn't even that bad. I have trouble getting that for this movie. It just doesn't look interesting. Yeah, it's Daniel Day-Lewis, but then he sounds like an old white guy who cleans at the high school. I, I love freedom. I'm interested about Lee Pace playing the pro-slavery guy. Like Ryan he, Scott. Yeah, man. What? Lee Pace playing the pro-slavery guy. Also, it's Blotchy Face playing <laughs> racist man. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Blotchy Face from Watchmen? I have no idea who you're talking Rorschach? about. Rorschach? Oh, is he? Rorschach? Is, is he in Rorschach? This? I have no... All, all I know is I watch the movie and I see Jiggles with a pencil mustache. You guys, dude, if you've watched Lincoln trailer, there's a guy saying, black people, huh, that's Rorschach. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the and Hobbit. Yeah, you know what? It's got Looper in it, too. The only scene for yeah, 10 seconds. I'm surprised, just I'm surprised that's not half the trailer. Him, like, running up walls and yeah. shit upside down. I love Joe Sinkard. Love it. Um, the Hobbit comes out December 14th. Is there really not a movie between... Um, Lincoln on November 16th and The Hobbit on December That's actually 14th. a good point, because that's a, that's, that's a, big that's a month. Yeah. In Primo. Well, I guess Lincoln is, like, right before Black Friday, so maybe... Uh, yeah. That's a good question, actually. Do movies actually come out on Black Friday weekend? Because you think everyone's so busy shopping. I'm sure something's coming up, but maybe nothing that I saw. I, I don't know. I'm sure there's going to be holes in this list, but yeah, that's interesting, actually. Yeah. I didn't realize Lincoln was actually coming out that early. I thought it was yeah. going to be a Christmas release. I did, too. That's what surprised me. I kept, All these movies that I thought were Christmas releases are not. The hell is Zero um, Dark Thirty? I didn't think I added it, and maybe I did. Zero Dark Thirty is um, What's-Your-Butt, who did The Hurt Locker, her next movie about um, Osama Bin Laden. Oh, that's coming out soon. Yeah. Does it not have Jeremy, Jeremy Renner? No, but it does have Chris Pratt in it. Who's Chris Pratt? Chris Pratt plays Andy on Parks and Rec. He's one of the one of the special forces dudes. I can't take that movie seriously. No, that's like everyone keeps saying like, "How? What? Yeah, that it's gonna ruin Parks and Recreation when I come back to watch <laughs> that. I'm gonna other. be expecting him to sh- blow April's head one off. One or yeah. the other. Well, um, and then on December 25th, Django Unchained. Man, Lincoln and Django Unchained should be a double feature. <laughs> Hell of a double. Because it takes place at the same time, presumably. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's it for movies. Are you excited for Jing- Django Unchained? I am. I liked. Um, uh, Inglorious Bastards so much, and it was in so many ways everything that I want a Tarantino movie to be. Yeah, that, and that's it's not that I'm done with Tarantino. It's just that I'm like I I saw my favorite Tarantino movie. Yeah, Tarantino, um, he's great, but if he never produced another uh, movie in his lifetime, yeah. like he's kind of done a lot. Even though he's only made like six or seven or eight, made he's made was, less than a dozen movies. I was really excited about the idea of this because like a a a um, Quentin Tarantino western. You know, that's a neat idea. Yeah. But the trailer really didn't get me going. And um, the. You know, Glorious uh, Bastards, the trailer for that didn't get me going at all. That, going. I, that's one of my favorite movies bummed. of his of all time now. Um, yeah. And also, Jamie Foxx. I just can't get excited. Jamie, Jamie Foxx was in Toys, too. Just like, <laughs> LL Cool J. Every podcast um, is well, Who's a Toys podcast for Bill? And like, uh, have yeah, Jamie Foxx, I'm not a fan of, but like. And Tarantino know. does such a good job with badass females. It's like, you don't see any bad... I would be more interested in this movie if it were... Um, well, doesn't where... his wife get sold off? That's yeah. the whole point. Like yeah. He's going after his wife. I would be more interested in this movie, and granted, maybe that would be too Tarantino-y, if it was his wife on down yeah. her husband. 
The best part is that he could still put the pussy wagon in this, in this <laughs> and it would still just be a literal pussy wagon. <laughs> Terrible. I just like to see it. I'll go see it. Um, it looks Leonardo DiCaprio looks so great as the villain. This is just I, I, I forgot that he was in this movie. He's so there's there was this great as soon as the trailer came out, there's a shot where his first appearance in the trailer, he's just turning to the camera. There's this zoom in, and yeah, it was this the cheese Tarantino like yeah. yeah, it was this mini meme for a couple of days. It zooms in like dramatic squirrel. Exactly. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I, I I'm looking forward. No, to it. I think it'll be fine. I'm not worried about. I go see it. it's just, uh, I'm surprised I'm not hearing more people talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, but like I said, any Tarantino movie, the trailers don't usually do the film justice, so that's yeah. why I'm not really concerned either way. Oh, yeah. Who knows what the fuck the Tarantino, film will be. Tarantino, it's all about, well, I'm really curious about this because this is his first post-Sally Menke movie. Go see it with black people. Feel uncomfortable in the theater. I did go see Inglourious Bastards with um, a, both a Jewish person and a person who had served with British Special Forces in Israel. Will you not shut up? Um, he, afterwards, he did not shut did up. Did you get to pointing out that's not how World War II actually ended? <laughs> gross inaccuracy. No, his analysis was um, that movie would only inspire worse anti-Semitism because um, of the the acts that the people perform. I'm like, are you kidding me? Anybody who walks in that prone to being a friend of the Jewish people is going to cheer. Anybody who walks in that prone to be pro-Nazis is going to walk out pro-Nazis. And the Jewish kid from Freaking Geese shows up in Glorious Bastards, Akuna Matata, again, circle of life of things Bill likes. Yeah. Right. Alright, moving on to games. Borderlands 2 came out. Good. Um, you actually got to play a little bit of that today. A little bit of it. Tokyo Jungle did Talked come about out. that. Downloaded yeah. that at home. Resident Evil 6 came out. Everyone pooped on it already. Oh, did you see but like the reviews in Japan like Famitsu, which is known to like yeah. like it'll it'll it's 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 a review are pretty much for sale. I gave it like a 39 out of 40. Like oh, the really? Japanese outlets love it. Here in America it's getting fucking yeah. beat to death with a hammer. Well, what I'm really curious about speaking, is yeah. that it seems like people what I have seen the few people I know who are hardcore Resident Evil fans have mm-hmm. kind of enjoyed it. And it's only people who are approaching what? and expecting survival horror. Resident Evil games haven't been that good. So that's my they're exactly. Kind of used to... Maybe again, it's a me- hamburger thing where it's like they're so used to hamburgers. It's like, man, this McDonald's hamburger is really good. Yeah, well, it sounds like it's like it's it's got like three or four different campaigns, all of which yeah. play completely differently. But each campaign is supposedly terrible for what it's trying to do. Yeah. Like and supposedly apparently... there's a campaign in there that's trying to be like kind of like Call of Duty, yeah, shooty midwestern or not midwestern, far far uh, Middle East, yeah. Like shooting people and stuff. What's really like, obnoxious shooter is I've heard terrible. that the um the story makes no sense unless you play all three campaigns. Although then again, Resident Evil games, the stories have never made any sense. True. So this, I mean, that's just keeping. I have never played any Resident Evil game because it's so not my sort of game. Well, uh, well, the guy Shinji Mikami, the guy who invented Resident Evil, this is is this the first Resident Evil game he's not been in charge of? But re- Capcom's lo- pretty much lost most of its star that's developers. A good point. Yeah. And so it sounds like this this game is kind of just crapped out by like middle managers like by the that. Yeah, just because they knew they needed a new Resident Evil game, so they just kind of like knocked this out just you know just to have something on the shelves. But like mm. whoever the creative force, you know, it's more like Assassin's Creed, where the guy who invented the series, yeah, kind of left, and so then the people kind of went in and just kind of started shoving out more games that I don't know. You can I, I I think Assassin's Creed had gotten no Assassin's no Creed worse Assassin's Creed three looks pretty cool though. Well, the Assassin's Creed three is going to be a huge test of how well. Well, they... the last he left mid like, didn't he leave during um, Assassin's Creed two, Something like, like two point five. Which, yeah, which part of which Assassin's two? Creed two? Yeah. Boy, video games. God uh, damn it! Dance Central three comes out. Yeah, October sixteenth. It has uh, Justin McElroy's time belt. Oh, it does. I forgot that. Which I've talked about the time bell on the podcast before, but 
adorable. Did you still? Did you buy Dance Central One? Is that what he had with your Connect? I had it, but my problem. I, I now should try it. My house before was very not very yeah, conducive. Yeah. No. Oh yeah. To Connect. I now have a house that is perfectly conducive to Connect. I've not played any Connect games. Though. Yeah. Um. Uh. Let's see. Professor Layton and the Miracle Mask comes out on the twenty eighth. Oh, Professor Layton. I haven't played any Professor Layton games but the first one, but I have immense fondness for the Professor Layton It was Layton good. Supposedly the quality of them all held up. And mm-hmm. it's got, like, the great animation, like, yeah. anime-style animation and stuff. It sounds like this may be the next, the last Professor Layton, because they announced yeah. that, like, whatever the next Professor Layton game that's due to come out in Japan sometime this year, this year will be the last Professor Layton That game. sound you hear is this voice oh, of oh, Kelly oh. Nelson crying out in pain. There's, like, silence. there's four or five of those games. You, you know, it's... Dude, when you love something, it doesn't oh, matter if there's a lot of I'm surprised of it. that that series has got as many games in that series as it does, though. I can guarantee you if there were six seasons of Firefly and it got canceled, people would be just as bitter as they yeah, are about one true. season. Yeah, that's true, um, Assassin's Creed 3 comes out on the 30th. Oh, Woo! I thought it came out sooner than that. I thought it came out, like, No, the day week. before Halloween. Damn it. I was all excited. It's not going to be very spooky Halloween. I had set my, my sights to pumped. Oh. Well, you're going to be playing Dishonored. Well, Dishonored comes out this Tuesday, and that'll t- if that takes you two weeks, that takes you right up to uh, Assassin's Creed. Man, that explains a lot, because you've been working on this list for a while now, and Dishonored isn't even on here. Yeah, that's what I'm it saying. It really yeah. wasn't on your radar, man. Um, Halo 4 comes out November 4th. I didn't know that. Uh, that's a game that's completely off my radar. Yeah. Well, off a lot Halo, of people's radar. Halo but Halo, the Halo 3 came out five years ago, and that was kind of like the end of this year. And Halo this Reach first, came out, that, which was fine, but like... This is the first Bungie, post-Bungie Halo, Yeah. Right? Well, it's supposedly, like, technically, it's really well done. It's supposed to be, the graphics are supposed to be a lot better than the last Halo. Like, mm-hmm. even though the last Halo came out five years ago... Like, and it's still on the same console, but that five years and yeah. this new development studio sounds like it's technically a much tighter game, but hmm. still you're just kind of running around shooting Covenant. Yeah. Well, they brought back, like, you're fighting the Covenant again, even though, like, the Covenant War got sorted out at the end of the last game, they still kind of excuse as to why, oh, you still have to fight little screamy dudes with throwing grenades going, he's here! Which is kind of, I don't know. I don't know. A game could be great, but, yeah, I don't, don't know. Don't something preemptively, you don't know. This is the, like, this is, like, this is the sixth Halo game in ten years. <laughs> That's tough. That's it's hard to get a little because you, you've had a, four Halo games. You had Halo Reach, and then you Especially had Halo o- ODST. Essentially, I mean, they're just competent shooters. Yeah, and it's not like you're in a, you're starving for any of those shooters. And the first couple know? were great for their times, but also the shooters have just. I'm curious to see if how this evolves the Halo formula at all. Yeah. This is the thing. Halo's not bad. It's just it's been ten years old, and the formula just got stale. Yeah. So we'll yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Um, Paper Mario Sticker Star comes out. Yeah, it's the Paper Mario game for the 3DS, and oh, it looks great. great because it's all done up. All the textures look like like construction paper and cardboard. Oh, that's great, and it looks like a little like little like little kids diorama. Oh, because like wonderful. the 3D trailer on the 3DS, which you uh-huh. download, it looks just like a fun game. And all your weapons and power ups are all stickers that you apply in the game and no, stuff. And it looks that's very cute. Cool. And the Paper Mario, the writing, the the the. Whoever does the translation stuff. They're really good. For those games. The one game I played many years ago was really well written. Man, Paper Mario for the Wii. They had this one character who was like this little chameleon guy who was this little nerdy little guy who spends all of his time living in a basement per- posting on uh, video game message boards complaining yeah. about things. And he collects, his room is filled with Nintendo paraphernalia. Yeah. But he's like a villain because I think he's trying to collect like Princess Peach or something like that. You have to fight him. <laughs> he's like a mini boss you have to fight. But like That's the writing great. for that character was fantastic. I think his name is Francis. That's really and that was yeah no the writing in those things are really great it's really great yeah um November eighteenth mm-hmm. the Wii U comes out Super Mario U Nintendo Land at all yeah including along with uh, Epic Mickey two which that's kind of interesting just because yeah. it's you know it's weird that Epic Mickey two is coming out on like Xbox and shit yeah it's coming off the Wii U yeah. too that that's actually the uh, they actually announced the release date of Epic Mickey Mickey two being on a Sunday in the middle of uh, November and everyone's like. 
well, that's I can't imagine that wouldn't come out for the Wii U. Mm-hmm. So that must be the one that Wii U yeah. is coming out, and that's how everyone kind of figured out before they announced what the oh. date of the Wii U was going to be. That's yeah, they were like, you know, and that's what it turned out to be. Interesting. So yeah, Wii U and uh, uh, Mickey Two are going to be hitting on the same day. But yeah, Wii U. I still haven't found a place to pre-order that because all the online pre-orders are all taken up at like Best Buy and Circuit City yeah. and all. What's what, is Circuit City still even around? But like a- a- Amazon is still not doing pre-orders hmm. because they're not selling Nintendo hardware firsthand anymore for some reason. And yeah, that's gonna be kind of a cluster. And that Wii U comes out in just a little over a month. It's gonna be tight. I probably may not get one until early next year. Oh, oh, I won't no. be able to play rehash Super Mario Brothers <laughs> until next year. Pobre. Oh, we'll see what happens. Mm. Alright, moving on to Blu-rays and home entertainment. Is that all the games? That's that's all you had on your list, bro. Oh man, is that it? No role role playing games or no? No. No, I know, man. Games. Everything got pushed back to March. I know, man. There's, there's no a part of La- Last of Us. There's no. This, there, no, it's not true because we'd be hearing it by now. Like, so many games got pushed back next year into March to quarter one or quarter two. There's a part of me that's like, are they just going to announce a console without any preamble? All for March? Yeah. Or release in March. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not possible. I, th- I think half of those games that, like, have been quote unquote pushed back to March are really pushed back to next Christmas. For the release, I'm sure, like, Last of Us, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if Last of Us is just a launch title for the Xbox, the next Xbox, the next PlayStation 4 next fall. No, Last of Us is Naughty Dog, and Naughty Dog is the bitch of Sony. Or whatever Sony. You know what I mean. Like, because, like, when you delay a game, and, like, if you're thinking, well, maybe if we, especially with a new console generation on the horizon you don't want to come out and say we're going to delay this for a year for the next console well you say we're all going to delay the six months and when that six months is up you say oh you know we're just going to delay for another six months it's just like a smaller i think last of us is going to be their swan song for playstation 3 no no no, not from last last of us may actually come out yeah in march but like us some like tomb raider i could see that or like what's the fuck watchdogs or whatever exactly that one was guaranteed a launch for next fall even though that's supposed to be coming out next spring Bioshock Infinite, I would imagine, will be coming out next spring. Just yeah. Although, then again, if, if a production on that is so fucked up and they're kind of like last minute with that, I don't know. I don't man. know. Who knows? We'll they see. may not even know whether or not they're going to be able to make That's that right. for the next March. We'll Jesus. see, my friend. All you right. Um, on to Blu rays and Home Entertainment. Yeah. Um, Game Center CX yeah, came out on DVD on the second. It's funny because I call this Blu ray because like, almost all these are on Blu ray. And I default, if anyone's going to buy these, if you own a PlayStation 3, I'm assuming you're just going to pick it up on Blu-ray if you're going to pick up any of this stuff. Except for Game Center CX, which came out only on DVD. But yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. You're not going to let me talk about Game Center CX? Um, also on um, October. Is... Well, you go for it. Here, Where I is it? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Oh, it's right here. It's underneath all your it's, other it's things. It's beneath my booze. <laughs> it's it is. I'm going to tell you all about it. It is Game Center CX, uh-huh. the TV show with Master Reno, who plays his video games, and you watch him do it. It's on DVD. <laughs> Are there any bonus features or anything? Not that I saw. <laughs> <laughs> it does, however, come with a reversible cover art. This the re- it's 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 Master Reno on a throne being tended to by all the ads from the show and stuff. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's it's it's. Uh, the easiest way to watch Master uh, Game uh, Retro Game Master, which is the American version title of the show, uh, the easiest way to watch Game Center CX slash Retro Game Master is just to pirate the shit online. So it's nice to actually throw the company money. I mean, granted, this has been licensed to hell. I'm sure actually the company that makes this show gets like 50 cents out of the 40 bucks you spent on this DVD set or whatever. But yeah, no, it's nice to actually ha- to have Retro Game Master Game Center CX up on your shelf. And all this, like the the episodes are just the episodes they aired on Kotaku last year. 
Uh, friend of the podcast, Ray Barnholtz. He's not friend of the podcast because I don't think we've actually actually ever met <laughs> in real life. Uh, he was actually in charge of the biggest and most comprehensive Game Center CX guide episode guide online. And uh, he was talking about the licensing issues that had to take place in order for this to even come out on uh, on DVD in America. Yeah, I imagine all Like, how it got licensed and, and sub-licensed to, yeah. like, a do- dozen different companies and shit. Huh. Like, it's almost miraculous this DVD set ever came out. But yeah, it just came out on Tuesday for, like, it's like 30 bucks or something. Nice. And, uh, yeah, no, it's good. It really is just... Well, the, the, uh, what, the one thing I was surprised by was the uh, American version of the episodes that were released on Kotaku mm-hmm. were have, like, really obnoxious voiceover. It has this host yeah. who's like, Master Arena will destroy everybody. What will happen next? Uh, it also comes with the Japanese language version of all the episodes, too. Yeah. With subtitles and stuff. That's so. nice. And uh, the, the reversible cover art and the subtitles were done by... Oh, God, I forget the artist's name. But, like, there's this lady who had done Game Center CX fan art Oh, yeah. And when they filmed the Game Center CX Amer- uh, episode here in America last summer, she had done fan art for them and, like, sent this fan art to where they were filming this. Mm-hmm. They liked her so much, they hired her to do the cover, reversible cover art for the American DVD. That's great. And she did the cover art for the, the same set in Japan. It's that's a different awesome. picture. So that's a great, like, thing where, like, somebody who did fan art for somebody met them at a fan event, and now, like, she's the official artist of that production. It worked for someone, Bill. Maybe yeah, it worked for you. That's how Jasper Ford, you know. That's true. Oh, there's Jasper Ford book coming out. You don't. Oh, you have a books thing. I'm yeah, there's add books. it to the list. Um, uh, let's see. Also, that came out the um, Universal Monster Blu-ray collection, which is very yeah. Oh, see, the funny thing is, I, I so half the shit, half the shit I've been pre-ordering over the last course of the year on Amazon.com. I forget came out this last Tuesday, <laughs> and so I woke up like Tuesday morning with an email saying, like half a dozen emails saying. Your order from Amazon.com has shipped, and it was uh, Game Center CX. It was this Universal uh, Monster Classic Monster Collection. It was this Chris Ware comic we'll be talking about in a bit. All just shipped to me like in one big shipment. I like knocked like 120 bucks out of my Amazon out of my uh, bank account overnight. But uh, yeah, one of these things that came was yeah the Universal uh, Monster Blu-ray collection, which is an eight-disc Blu-ray set, which has the original Frankenstein, has the original Dracula. It's got a, a Creature from the Black Lagoon. It's got the Wolfman, Phantom of the Opera. It's got all the original films of all the different, uh, yeah, black and white universal monsters, which is pretty great. Very cool. Yeah. And it comes with a great little liner and notes and stuff like that. And it's really super crazy packed with extra features. It's got, um, like, the, 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 the first movie on the set is Dracula, which is the first of these movies produced. It's got the Spanish version of Dracula. This is the interesting thing, like, watching this Blu-ray uh, so I guess uh, the first Dracula movie starring Bela Lugosi was filmed just as the silent era was winding down. Oh, really? It was like 1931. And, uh-huh. sound, and, and uh, sound films had just been invented a couple years earlier. And so what they would do to make like other language versions of the movies, it was easy in the silent film days. You just take a movie, you replace the subtitles, yeah. or the interstitials with like you know other language text. And so they tried to do the thing where... What they did with uh, Dracula that they did with some other sound movies back in the beginning of the day, they realized they couldn't do that with a sound movie. Instead of just, like, I guess they didn't have the technology to overdub, okay, like, footage with, like, different, like, different language-speaking people. So they re-filmed the whole movie in Spanish on the same sets. What? They just brought in a Spanish cast with the same script on the same sets. Like, what? as soon as they were done with the scene, they would bring bring in a bunch of Spanish, Mexican people or whatever and free film the exact same scene again with a Spanish director 
Wow. And so now, you, so you have Spanish That's Dracula. So weird. And a lot of people claim that that version of the movie is actually even moodier and spookier and more fucked up than the Bela Lugosi version because I guess the people watching them fill the film the Bela Lugosi version, earlier in the day, they would kind of look to see what they did and said, oh, we can top that. We could, like, move the camera over here and do this kind of crazy little special effect. So there's, like, more kind of, like, moody camera placement in the Spanish version of Dracula. Huh. And that, that whole version of the movie is on the Blu-ray, along with, like, there's a commentary from, like, movie historians of the original Dracula. It's, like, you know, you've got the original Frankenstein with, like, commentary and Boris Karloff biography and stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's it's got my favorite, one of my favorite uh, Halloween things of all time is to fall asleep. On each Halloween night, I fall asleep listening to the commentary. Is it Rudy Belmer who does commentary for The Bride of Frankenstein? That is on here, too. It's fantastic. That's awesome, Bill. Yeah. So It, it looks beautiful, too. Yeah. Well, I guess like 10 years ago, Universal put out uh, box sets of each monster. Yeah, I remember Like that. all their films put together. Yeah. And this kind of, like, this takes most of that just puts it in one big Blu-ray set. Yeah. Except whereas that set, like, had all of the Frankenstein movies. It had, like, four or five Frankenstein movies. This yeah. only has, like, Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. So it's not as many movies, but it's yeah. the essential stuff. It's, it's their first, yeah, so. I had a friend of mine who's uncle was a crazy movie collector and specifically like movie monster collector yeah like he had he actually had the um i don't know if i'm actually if i'm allowed to say that he oh, I, no. well, i'm not saying who he is Bailey but i don't Lugosi's know how, face. I don't know how skull. legal it was that he had this but yeah. he had the squid from Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea oh really yeah and uh, I think had... anyone's going to be listening to this podcast calling up Walt Disney. But he place. was one of those people who spent all his money on that and made decent money. Yeah. So he had a life-size two-scaled gort. He had this <gasps> giant collection. Oh, I should have used you at uh, Trivia Night last week. We yeah. were trying to figure out one of the questions was, what is the creature from the day the earth stood still? I only know Gort's name because he had... <laughs> you have not seen Gort until you've seen Gort nine and a half feet tall. He was so tall. It, this, it, he had his basement in like this TV chamber. Yeah. He had moved Gort so that his head was sticking out through a skylight because <laughs> that's the only way he fit. Joshin was convinced the character's name was Gorp. It's close. <laughs> Which it's is still gibberish. It's just a gibberish word. But like, exactly. we all knew it was like that. We knew it was wrong. We are like, oh man, I guess it's, we're going to have to go with Gorp. Uh, yeah. So next week, October 9th, E.T. and Prometheus both come out on, on Blu-ray and DVD. Which one are you buying? I know which one I'm buying. Bill, before we start recording, I got so mad at Bill. <laughs> oh, I couldn't about... say the word Prometheus. Prometheus. I am so tired of hearing you and others shit on Prometheus. You mean the entire internet? The entire world. You're the exactly. one person. You and David Love Love's mom. I think you're... <laughs> When Ridley Scott's brother killed himself after he watched Prometheus, <laughs> oh, Bill. the masses are spoken. That Monopoly movie for Ridley Scott is going to be so depressing. I've never seen it's going to be how the Monopoly uh, brother, Monop- Mr. Moneybags, his brother throws himself off of a bridge and he has to reevaluate the, wait, the meaning of life and what he's doing with all this Monopoly money. And he says, "Fuck it." Money. I'm just sad that Roll all the of dice. You, all you bitches who could not turn off your brains and enjoy Prometheus couldn't just do that. Because that movie, if you just don't fucking worry about it, is a good time. I will probably buy it just to watch the special oh, features. You drive me crazy. Don't buy Prometheus. I don't want to hear what you I'm, bitch I'm about talking Prometheus. to the jeweler down the street. <laughs> Where's this joke going? <laughs> I'm talking to the jeweler, and I'm like, uh-huh. I've got this Blu-ray. <laughs> I hate the movie. Don't ask me why I bought it. I have personal issues. Can you scratch out the film? The circuit. Put it on your bandsaw. With your little microscopic eyepiece, just scratch mm-hmm. out the layer of this this deep Blu-ray with the movie on it. I just want the special features. <laughs> Leave the commentary if you can. But like, there's a part where like they get chased by a ship that's rolling down a hill and they don't run out of the way. Yeah. Get rid of that. 
Etch it out. That, you're just going to go to the doctor afterwards <laughs> and say, Doctor, can you please poke at the part of my brain that has the memory of watching I'm Prometheus. going Total Recall and asking them to plant a memory in my mind of watching the good version of Prometheus. <laughs> so you'll never have to hear me talk about there this again. Go. But then E.T. comes out on Blu-ray. This has been a good... If you like Steven Spielberg movies and you like spending, wasting money on shit in HD for no reason, <laughs> between Jaws, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and E.T. This has been a good... Yeah, E.T. Yeah. comes out. Which I think the most remarkable thing about this is this is the original version of E.T. without the walkie-talkies. That's nice. So, that's mur. nice. But there's nothing more to say about that, yeah. Um, Moonrise Kingdom comes out on the 16th. You can already buy it on the iTunes, digitally. You can already Really? Digitally. Yeah, I saw it on iTunes. Really? And I think on Xbox, too. They're doing that, man. Really? Yeah. Really? I would like to watch Moonrise Kingdom. Um, I think it'll be the one... What's his name? Not Paul S. Anderson. Not Paul Wes Anderson. Anderson. Wes Anderson movie. I think it'll be a Henderson, Wes Anderson like movie. Watch it? I already downloaded it a couple days ago. Did you? Oh, that's why. Well, I fired too. up. Um, oh, Apple TV was all like, hey, bitches, guess what's on us now? At Moonrise Kingdom. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I would have waited for the Blu-ray, but like, did, like, Wes, the first releases of Wes Anderson movies never have any, any interesting commentary or anything on them. They're yeah. very bare bones. What happens with every Wes Anderson movie, usually a year or two after they come out on Blu- on DVD, Criterion puts out a great uh, Blu-ray. So if you're really that worried about owning Moonrise Kingdom on a physical disc, I'll just buy the disc of uh, Criterion disc in a year or two. But yeah, so I just like threw down like 15, 20 bucks and bought it on, on iTunes. But you know, it's a great movie. Although it's not available to rent uh, until, when's this? Uh, the 16th? Yeah, because like iTunes has doing, been doing a lot of early releases of movies, but you yeah, can't you, rent them. You, you can only, only buy them. them. Yeah. So, you know. But no, Moonrise Kingdom. I was really surprised how much I liked that movie. Yeah. It's not the best movie in the world. It has the sexy 12-year-old, which flipped me out. <laughs> when really you're 36 <laughs> and you're like, oh, that lady's attractive. And you find out later on IMDb, she, she was 12 when they filmed that. And you're like, <laughs> biologically, technically she would be my granddaughter. If I'd busted a nut in someone, the first day I could bust a nut when I was like 12 or 11 or 12, and my grandson did the same thing, <laughs> technically that could have been her. I shot my nuts off. <laughs> I'm like, that's it. I'm too. I'm across the horizon. You, you you stuck your uh your dick in the chompy end of your My Little Pony <laughs> flashlight and just exactly. cut it off. That's it. That's my review of Moonrise Kingdom. <laughs> no one can't watch it without just like flagellating himself. Looney Tunes Platinum Collection also comes out on the 16th. Man, the Looney Tunes stuff on Blu-ray is beautiful. Yeah. That's great. It'd be great if you watched it more than once after spending $50 on the Yeah. Set. Well. That's, I love that stuff. It looks gorgeous, but I like that last set came out last year. And I watched it when it came out. Well, it's the nature of Looney Tunes. This is not something like you're sit down and you're like, I'm going to watch this cartoon. Archivally, it's great that that stuff yes. is out there. That oh, you yeah. Can, that you can buy shitloads of these classic Looney Tunes cartoons yeah. on HD. Like, they look beautiful. Like, yeah. they've gone they're back gorgeous. and rescanned all the elements. They look the great. The nature of Looney Tunes, though, is like, I want to watch a block of programming where some Looney Tunes are on and it's a crapshoot. Yeah. And you watch whatever. Like, in a perfect world, they'd have a DVD. No, in a perfect world, it's like a Blu-ray that is streaming them all off the internet and I can just hit random and they'll it's show like watching me. watching Saturday morning cartoons. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I didn't know that Brazil was coming on a Blu-ray. That's great. Brazil yeah, I think that's Blu-ray a Criterion Blu-ray, too. On uh, yeah. December 4th. That's awesome. That's great, because that's also... That movie takes place at Christmas. Oh, yeah, it does. That's another stealth movie, Christmas movie. It's, what, what, what are the other ones? It's Die Hard. There's Little Women. Is a oh, that Christmas little, movie. That's not I know. so stealth. I know. But it is to us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, no, I mean, it takes place during Christmas. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and uh, Desk Set is another one of my favorite oh, that's not Christmas movies that is set at Christmas. The weird thing is, like, the little women takes place in an office building during <laughs> Christmas. Joe March, she's so pissed off. They edited her manuscript. Now she's gonna kill them all. <laughs> oh, 
ho, ho, ho. Now I have a word processor. <laughs> I enjoy your little Women <laughs> joke, Phil. The niciest joke that only I will work at. No. She's trying to save Marmy? <laughs> I need to Photoshop that for you. I need to Photoshop what's her butt as Joe Marsh onto muscly, sweaty... <laughs> bloody-footed Bruce Willis. Oh, my God. Who's the younger Winona Ryder? I want to remake Looper with women. <laughs> and she can play, like, older Bruce Willis. <laughs> Lupette. Who's the new Winona Ryder? Emma Stone? Who is the new Winona Ryder? Kobe Smolder. <laughs> I can make out. Didn't Winona Ryder play the older lady in the... In the, in the in, in Black Swan. So, technically... Oh, she did! Natalie, Natalie Portman! Portman. <laughs> Natalie Portman, my definition, my definition is the young... young Natalie young. Portman's gonna get an old, though. That's right. She's, She's almost raggedy. what? I call her Saddlebags. I watch Star Wars and I just start screaming and throwing shit at the TV machine. Go away, Saddlebags. You're an elderly 25. Uh, then December 12th, or 13th, excuse me, um, is a momentous day for Blu-rays. No. Bill and Ted, Brave, Empire of the Sun, Lawrence the Arabia, and most importantly, <laughs> the complete Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in a party wagon case. Yes! I, I don't care I about Ninja Turtles when I saw that set. You know like, what? I begged and pleaded and cried until my parents got me a party wagon. I had a party wagon. That was the only what? like like action figure like accessory that I had. I may have to buy that. It's something called a party wagon. And the show, I will watch some of that with you. That'd be fantastic. But yeah, I, now you get the party wait, wagon. Oh, wait, is it the TV show? It's the old cartoon. Oh, okay. Why? What's what's? Oh no, I watched the old cartoon. I thought it was all the movies. Well, I think the live the action idea of collecting all of the live action movies in a Blu-ray. Set. Oh no! Now, jumping forward a little bit on uh yeah no December fourth it's the first oh, three live action Teenage Mutant Ninja oh, Turtle movies. This is literally the most unnecessary the first Blu-ray. Good. I haven't seen it since it was theaters. I, I have fond memories. I loved the third one. The Ninja Turtle. How old really? was I? Was that the one that time traveled? I've never seen that. I saw the second one. You know what? When I saw the second Ninja Turtles movie, that must. It came out when I was 15. That was the first time I realized, you know, I think I might be too old for kids. <laughs> that was the first time in my I life where I was like... I'm probably too old for Turtles in Time. Let's see. TMNT. Is that what the Turtles third one's called? Turtles in Time. That's right. I liked it for two reasons. A, um, I... Raphael is my favorite Ninja Turtle and that movie is very Raphael. Oh, no. This is all... I'm sorry. No, it's not called Turtles in Time. That's the that's the arcade game. This is interesting because, like, I, have, I don't know if I miswrote this, but according to this, yeah, December 4th, is Bill and Ted, Brave, Empire of the Sun, Lawrence Arabia, and The Party Wagon, along with all the Ninja Turtles live-action movies. So, yeah, it sounds like December 4th this year. If you want Ninja Turtles anything on Blu-ray or DVD, I guess the Ninja Turtles TV show is just going to be a DVD set. Yeah, that that's the day for you. Holy shit. And Bill and Ted on Blu-ray! Who the hell needs that? But I'm glad it exists. Um, Which... What was the name? The reason why I liked um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 so much was that I had never read or heard... That was the first time I'd ever seen a story set in, to any degree in feudal Japan. That's pretty cool, yeah. And that was so interesting to me. Like, the whole conflict between the East and the West. And oh, is that when it takes place? Like, during, like... Yeah, it's feudal Japan. And the bad guys on it are these British, like, oh, uh, okay. traitors. And I thought that was so interesting, like, to have, like, this, the, these, like, that was such an interesting conflict. Well, that's your favorite, then? That was, I really liked it. How, when, oh, to be fair, I was nine. 
but still, that's cool. You got opened your eyes to the world really, a little bit. Because I've talked about in the past that I my my family never watched. We never watched any sort of movies or anything like that set in like in China or Japan or like I missed all of these movies yeah. and everything. And like there's and I never really learned about like any sort of like history. In so I have these huge blind spots, and um, I thought that was so neat because it was like all the stuff that I was familiar with. And then all the stuff I wasn't familiar with and the stuff that I was familiar with was the alien like aspect of it. And then on top of that, it was Raphael heavy. And the, I remember it was being very confused because Raphael the, heavy, the yeah. little boy in it was named Yoshi. And I was like, well, he's the, he's hey, Mario's Mario. uh, dinosaur bro. But Aww. yeah. It's anyway. so weird that Yoshi in the Super Mario games are just called Yoshi. Why would that be Well, weird? it's Mario. Yeah. And granted, it's a world full of dinosaurs and talking <laughs> say- mushrooms. Are you, are you confused that all the Yoshis were Yoshi? Well, that's too. I don't think they were. But the they fact that it's names? specifically a Japanese name, it's only like if you had a character in like Zelda show up and his name Joe. was like Horokusaki. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure, um, Bill. Shut your yeah, mouth. Well, no, that's interesting. I wanted, oh, uh, Empire of the Sun, which is a Blu-ray that was supposed to come out last spring but got mysteriously delayed. No one knew why. Was it rights? Or who, there, no one knows. There's a lot of, like, there, well, there's some licensed World War II music. Oh, that stuff can't that's be That's what I'm expensive. saying. So it can't be that. For, no, for some reason, it got, like, delayed by, like, nine huh. months. No one knew when it was coming out, and they just announced it. Yeah, it's coming out. Uh, which is interesting that it's coming out on December, presumably December 4th, along with... Uh, Lawrence of Arabia, because uh, originally Lawrence... Who directed Lawrence of Arabia? God! I forgot his name. Just fell out of my head. He was going to direct Empire of the Sun, but Steven Spielberg stepped in, and this is... Uh, Empire of the Sun is the most like that guy's movies. Hmm, uh, oh, God, I can't believe that. I would, I would look it up on the computer, but my computer's having a heart attack right yeah, now. I will look it up. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, Empire of the Sun is definitely one of my favorite Spielberg movies in that it's a kid learning, uh, it's, it's loss of innocence rather than, like, an adult going, yeah. it's not like Hook going, like, I have found my innocence all over again. And it's interesting that Lawrence of Arabia, oh, this is a little uh, fun fact. Uh, David in Prometheus is watching yeah. Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. The transfer he's watching is the transfer that's being put on this on this Lawrence Arabia. Yeah, because it's like a 4K transfer, isn't it? Isn't it one of the first 4K? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like things. Yeah. I have never. Oh, David Lean. Is yeah, David Lean. That's what it is. Yeah. I have never. He did seen... directed Bridge Over the River Kwai and stuff. I have never seen Lawrence of Arabia. I've tried to watch it a couple times. And I just couldn't get into it. Well, what makes me mad is that. But then again, a, I was like a kid. I was like, like, not, like I was like, like, yeah, I was like fifteen. Well, that's how I felt when I tried to watch God of the Wind. I yeah. need to watch God of the Wind again because I was not in a receptive place. Yeah. But um, I, Lawrence of Arabia. There's a local movie chain, or excuse me, a national movie chain that is doing a series of summer movies where they're streaming like shit, like High Noon, Chinatown, um, African Queen, and one of the movies they screened was Lawrence of Arabia, and I'm mm. like. Perfect. See that I'll on, see the, big it screen? on the big screen. Granted, yeah. I think it's a digital transfer, and I bet you it's not a good one. Yeah. But still, I was like, that'll be perfect in a theater with other people. And it was on the fourth, and I forgot about it. I forgot about it until a friend oh, of mine yesterday? was tweeting. Yeah. Oh. A friend of mine was tweeting, "Oh, I'm at Lawrence of Arabia," and I was like, "Motherfucker!" Although I think it's like a three-hour-long movie, so if you're gonna yeah. watch it, it, might be better off with bathroom No, see, that's why I wanted to go home. see it in the big theater. I wanted to have the whole this experience. justification for buying a bigger TV. That's it, Bill. That's all you're looking for. <laughs> Anyway, um, uh, the no. next week, uh, Grave of the Fireflies and the Tarantino box set come out. But that's a, that's that's a depressing week. I know it's a hell of a double. double you've box. seen Grave of, Grave of the Fireflies? I will never watch Grave of the Fireflies. Oh, you've Bill? never seen it? No. You know what happens? Yes, that's why I'll never watch it. They I get to Wally World, and it turns out it's closed, <laughs> and they have a stroke. 
They're no, so I know. I've read about how it was double feature with Totoro and all that. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know about Grave of the Fireflies. That's why I'll never watch it. Oh, it's also at Studio Ghibli on Blu-ray, which we don't have too many of those. That's true. Most of the, uh, it sounds like most of Ghibli's movies have been released on Blu-ray in, uh, in Japan. Again, the only reason I even really care about Blu-ray animation stuff is that Blu-ray yeah. is animation is one of the justifications for the Blu-ray format. Very much and that so. looks so sharp and beautiful in studio, yeah. especially any kind of like hand-painted cell stuff, hand-drawn yeah. stuff. I was talking my Jesus. mom for some reason. I got started about talking about um, Sleeping Beauty on Blu-ray. I talked to my mom for 15 minutes about Sleeping Beauty on Blu-ray. That'll make you sound like a crazy person it does. but if you've seen it you're just going yeah. oh, holy shit yeah like I like oh, I wouldn't even want to watch Sleeping Beauty because like the the TV I've in my in my room slash office is seven only seven twenty p yeah whereas the one out in the living room is ten eighty p yeah I'd watch it like it looks so stu- like it, that appreciatively looks a little bit worse that's the only time yeah. I can notice yeah. the difference in the like it's a subtle difference in the resolution yeah. but like with animation where you like can very see like so. a very highly scanned piece of painted artwork with the backgrounds and everything yeah. like that it's the only time me with my like lousy eyes i can actually notice a difference. I, i'm exactly the same way a friend yeah. of mine has a seven seven what is it 720 yeah. 720p um, projector yeah and i could never tell until he threw in sleeping beauty and, I was yeah, like, and then you could just notice a co- yeah that's why you're obsessed with getting a 1080p yeah. projector anyway um week after that um both finding nemo and star trek the next generation season two i can spend 70 dollars on another temple season of star trek <laughs> the next generation star trek next generation doesn't get good until the, uh, the the third season which probably won't be out until next summer but hey finding nemo yeah one of the best pixar movies yeah. all, again uh, it's animation on blu-ray yeah. that's gonna look gorgeous what's your favorite uh, uh pixar movie my favorite pixar movie is probably up followed by the incredibles okay. followed by finding Nemo. yeah finding nemo is the shit yeah and up only beats the incredibles for me for sentiment yeah. Like really, it's just that that sentiment. It's also funnier. It's, it is funny. Up is the funniest Pixar movie, it is. while also being the saddest at the yeah, same time. It's very impressive. Yeah, a very impressive one too. Up, I love that Up is kind of like Pixar secret. Would you say it's the best movie? Like I it's your say, favorite? Yeah, I would say it's their best. I mean, I think I think objectively, if I had to show Pixar's best movie to people, I would probably show them The Incredibles. That's the yeah. most well rounded. Yeah. But, like, Up is, like, if you yeah. just want to entertain motherfuckers, yeah. you, what, you make them watch Up. You can watch, if you had to watch a movie with a, a group of very, very demographics, yeah. you can show them Up, and they're going to have a good time. Yeah. Which is funny, because I've not never seen Up since I saw it in the theaters. But it had that much of an influence on me. And I have no interest in seeing it ever again. What well, about, you remember everything, like, if, the dog. <laughs> exactly. The bird. And the little boy, and he just, boy. Russell, he just wants his daddy's approval. And then in the end, he's in a scout thing, and he's going to go for ice cream. <laughs> they still have the blimp, the spirit adventure. <laughs> that movie. <laughs> I am your friend. It's perfect. God it's perfect. damn. Anyway, as Bill mentioned, the first three live action Nintendo movies. And then on Christmas Day. What a way to the ruin Mass Christmas. anime. I'm going to watch the Mass Effect anime. I just imagine all these empty stores, ghost towns, on December 5th, on, on, on Christmas Day. Hey, everybody, we got your Mass Effect. We got your animes, everybody. That looks like it was animated by an eight-year-old. <laughs> That anime looks terrible. I still haven't watched the. At least it's two D. That's something because like the the Dragon As Age opposed to anime, CGI? the Dragon Age anime, which arguably Dragon Age is more conducive to hand drawn animation. Yeah, and it was all three D. I still haven't seen it because I'm like really nipples. I should because it's all about Cassandra, who's the seeker that you see in Dragon Age two. I'm officially saying things you don't know or care about, but um, it, apparently even Dragon Age nerds are like, no, it's really bad. 
Mass Effect anime. And on paper, that's a good idea. A Mass Effect anime, like a movie, and like, but it's not. A, it's not a good idea. It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. <laughs> anyway, moving on to books. As we all know, the Casual Vacancy came out on the first. Man, there's all. We're all actually almost done because most of these books are like not actually even real books, but you'll see in a second. Yeah, Casual yeah. Vacancy just came out. Um, Stephen Colbert's America again, rebecoming the greatest we never were. It's essentially just a sequel to was what the hell was his last book? I America can't. something funny joke joke. <laughs> America joke joke. I'm a fake politician. Watch my show joke joke. Ha ha. <laughs> oh, do, do you care about John Hodgman? Yeah, John Hodgman's great. His new book just came out this week. Oh, it really? also comes in a 16-hour audiobook. His audiobook is him and who did Portal? The song? Jonathan Colton? Yeah. He did it's the them music just for the last one. Yeah, and usually he gets all kinds of crazy special guest stars, and yeah. it's like a weird comedy album. Yeah. Like, well, what I enjoy <sighs> about his stuff is that he makes... Because like, when you hear audiobooks, granted, I've not heard many audiobooks, but like when it's a comedian, usually, and they're like reading their book or something, they'll make little changes so that when Tiny. they refer to this book, it's like the audiobook. Yeah. But but yeah, John Hodgman, he'll go off on whole things. It's a whole different thing. Like, yeah, yeah. they're just... It's a very different entertainment like experience. improv. And... There was great... There was one bit where it was like... Like a um, uh, graph that ne- by necessity you cannot. Well, like, that's because his books are supposed to be informational, yeah, like chat books, yeah. And so, like, he'll have a big graph and he'll have to explain this graph to you, and like, they'll turn into a skit or something like that. Yeah, yeah. it's really great. Or a song because it's Jonathan Colton that's exactly. in there, and he'll be like, "Hey, Jonathan, make me a song about this." Exactly. Jonathan just like. Eh. October 16th, The Fairest One of All, The Making of Snow White, and Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, The Art and Creation of Walt Disney's Classic Animated Film. Yeah, so it's two books about The Making of Snow White coming out on, on October 16th. I don't know really? what happened. Yeah. Because yeah. it's two separate. It's The Fairest One of All, The Making of Snow White, and Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, The Creation of... Blah, Is blah, one blah. an art book and the other one more of a... I am not quite sure. The There's a link there, but I can't click it. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys really got a boner for Snow White, <laughs> we're gonna set you up. October sixteenth, um, your day. Oh, I should get this for Brenna for Christmas. Brenna, don't listen. You didn't hear that. Brenna, spoilers. <laughs> Brenna, spoilers for Christmas. Uh, we can just skip that. Actually, if you want to pretend. Oh man, yeah. Actually, there's something coming out that I'm gonna get Brenna for Christmas. Don't, don't, nothing. Guys, nothing. if you're not Brenna, look up what's coming out on Amazon <laughs> on Halloween. <laughs> You'll know what we're talking about. Um, and then on November 7th. <laughs> this is the worst. This we're going to have this informational podcast except this is something for our friends. Just don't tell the audience. <laughs> um, uh, and then on November 7th, the art and making of Peanuts animation. Yeah. It's mostly just Dolly Madison. Just print advertisements. Just because Dolly, because it's a joke because they did Jolly, Dolly Madison no, but this, I guess, is about the making of, like, the... Bill Hernandez and whatnot. Yeah. It's an interesting history. Yeah. And that guy, about, like, he you know... made those for Oh, a it's almost time, time for the Great Pumpkin. That's right, Bill. Oh, it's almost time to watch some fucking... What's the fucking thing with the Jack Pumpkin guy? And they go to watch uh, Nightmare Dom. Before Christmas? No, fuck that shit. <laughs> about, there's a pumpkin tree. Oh, and... the Halloween tree. Yeah, the we fuck watched last year. I didn't even watch it last year. I'm gonna shit myself. What the fuck am I watching? There's a soul. Right, yeah. Bradbury's dead this year. This yeah. is the first Halloween without Bray Bread where he's yeah. part of the Halloween tree. That's right, Bill. He is part of the oh Halloween tree. Oh my god, that's gross. The Soul Pumpkin is on the Halloween tree. Ugh. That's correct. Guys, Comics. go watch the Soul Pumpkin. Wait, what are we talking about? Comics. The tree. Comics. Comics. All three things. All three things that Bill put on the list and the one thing I put on. Um, Avatar The Promise, as we mentioned before, came out a couple weeks ago. Sokka does not bang Toph. <laughs> Spoilers, everybody. Spoilers, everybody. No one bangs their children. They can't nothing on a couple pubes. <laughs> Well, water two tribes to rub together. That's all they need. <laughs> um, Chris Ware's Building Stories came out on the second. Which that came out today. This is another one of the things that came to my house without me asking. 
<laughs> that I pre-ordered like back in July. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's a giant box of, it's 14 smaller pieces. Some of it's like small uh, pamphlets. Mm-hmm. Some of it's big fold-out maps and stuff. It's telling the story of this family. Mm-hmm. and But it's all non-linear. Like, oh. you could just pick up any of the stuff. It's not like you have to worry about, like, reading one book before the other and being spoiled. It's just like if you're rifling through a family's, like, it's all it's all comics. It's not like any of this is pretending to be, like, yeah birth certificates or anything like that. that like found but how you're object. ingesting the story of this family it's yeah it's non-linear like you'll read a comic and it'll be about the book be about this mom and this daughter and then you'll suddenly read another comic and it's always suddenly about the daughter grown up but you may not realize that until you piece together by reading another third like it's 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 books and pamphlets so it's not like you're just getting a giant box of 14 books right it actually the box itself is like this giant like it's almost like a big box at Candyland, except you open it up instead of like there it's being like a, a board game box yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's yeah it's like a big board game box except it's like yeah a combination of like there's one big one big flat hardbound book in there but there's also smaller like little yeah chat books and it's fucking crazily intricate but yeah. annie hates it because chris Ware is depressing and cold well I, yeah i'm not i like chris Ware as a designer and he also tends to tell the same story over again which is everyone dies and everyone gets lonely in the end one way or the other that's kind of his thing. Before death, but loneliness. That, that's kind of the moral of casual vacancy, which is one of the reasons why I'm having trouble with it. So you should, read, yeah. I'll let you buy that when you're done with casual vacancy. <laughs> there we go, and then I'll shoot myself. Chris, we're because then stores. it'll be fall, and the sun will go away in Portland, and I will nothing to live for anymore. Thanks, Bill. Except for Dishonored. That's right, Bill. Um, anyway, uh, also in uh, October 9th, Finder Talisman, which is the best yeah. Finder book. Well, I should say, not necessarily the best fi- it is. I it think is. it is one of my favorites, but it is also the the best entry point for Finder. Finder, comma, Talisman. Finder being the excellent series of comics by Carlos Speed McNeil, which I love now, but when you guys made me read first, I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Because she writes, it, her story's very dense, and she drops you in this universe, and you better just swim along with the current and eventually you will figure out what they, what is going on and how people work together and how the world works yeah together. uh the uh, finder takes place at, they never say if it's explicitly supposed to be earth but it's kind of like this near future kind of post-apocalyptic world where everyone's living underneath this dome mm-hmm. in this slightly f- kind of futuristic city where it's also very kind of tribal at the mm-hmm. same time there's also these different families and clans living underneath this dome then there's like these fam th- th- this whole race of native people who live outside the dome are still like like foraging and it's it's just and the main character is this guy named Jaeger who's one of these native people you who, could he, he is I would not call him he the, is main character. the linking character the thread. yeah he's the, he's thread. the thread and like the finder is all about these different people who live in this world and he, yeah a lot of the well I've been doing color work for finder for in Dark Horse Presents and so like all the stories I've been doing is coloring have all been about Jaeger and uh, this uh, story uh, of Talisman is about how this guy Jaeger shows up at this. He's dating this woman who has two uh, daughters, and this daughter, uh, she has a transgender... Can you ask? There's three daughters. Really? How so? Because the son is a daughter. Oh, no, yeah, oh, that's what I was counting. Oh. Wait, is there three daughters? Yeah. Because there's Marcy, the youngest girl. Yeah, and then there's the oldest girl. Oh, that's right, there is an older girl. That's right, I forgot about that. Yeah, and then there's another daughter who is... No, it's 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 it's, it's a transgendered lady. Yeah. It's a guy being a man. Yeah. A guy being a man. Can I say this without even <laughs> making transgender people want to stab me in the throat? It's it's a dude in a dress. God, I'm going to stab you in the throat. I like how you preface that. Dude looks like a lady. No, 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 but it is transgender stuff. So Jaeger shows up in this family, and uh, he gives he starts reading stories out of the storybook to the youngest girl, Marcy, 
who's you know the youngest daughter of this girl that he's dating. Don't don't say any more than that because it's the it's all about the discovery of it. Well, then it's all about like flashes forward to like Marcy being a little bit older and trying to track down this book that Jaeger was reading to her from, and the whole the yeah, Finder Talisman is all about stories and storytelling and. It's it, but it's not very. It's not super sentimental. No, there's some really gruesome stuff in that story. Not blood and guts, but like emotionally, like yeah. like uh, this family that Yeager, this family that well, that the 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 reason why Marcy's mom is available to date is because wait, wait, it was Marcy. No, Yeager's not dating her mom. Yeager's taking care of the family because the yeah. the the father of this family was Yeager's uh, CO in the military or yeah. something like that. And he's gone crazy and they're taking care yeah. of him. It's it's a, it's an That's interestingly it layered yeah. and fucked up story. That's right. Yeager's not dating enjoyable. Marcy's mom. He's just... He's kind... They're in a little relationship. Bit, it's kind of suggested there's something's going they on. Fuck. But like, yeah. Do they? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, they're they're in a relationship, but it's 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 complicated. <laughs> but yeah, Talisman... Because she's not emotionally available necessarily. Yeah, Talisman is just a graphic novel that just... It's a great introductory... Finder is very hard to describe, and I will say a little hard to get into, but once you drink the Kool-Aid, well, it's there's a lot, the, the world building is super it's dense. dense. You got people yeah. who would, like, plug in skull-mounted computers and holographic yeah. stuff, and, like... And she does a really thorough and really good job of, like, alluding to pop culture and blending it into society. Well, that's weird, because sometimes people will be watching Groucho Marx movies and stuff like yeah. that. The One of the first panels in the first issue, it makes, it like, a joke about, like, a Ron Chitton card from Hectic Planet, Evan Dorkin's comic book yeah. series, and there's all kinds of, like... People will be saying, like, Christian's, like, Christmas carols, but they're actually taking place... This whole world is taking place in a world that's, like, doesn't seem to be taking place on Earth, even though everyone's no. human. Well, Carlos B. McNeil does a really neat thing where she'll very consciously take threads that she likes from popular culture and weave it into her story, pretty unapologetically. But in a way that doesn't seem to be too masturbatory. Yeah, it's like, not... It, 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 it kind of like, works. It it's clicks. not remix culture, per se. Yeah. Because, like, she's pretty open in saying, oh, well, with Jaeger, I thought it would be interesting if uh, Wolverine were this. Yeah. And that's Jaeger. This is hot guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wolverine. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Jaeger is Wolverine, but not... Indie Comics Wolverine. Exactly. Yeah, that's you what... know, but she'll admit it. She's like, whatever, you know. But it's it's really it's fascinating, and it is so distinctly her own, despite having these threads. Yeah. Well, the nice thing too about this Finder comic coming out, there's the hardcover that's coming from Dark Horse, which is actually, as you listen to the podcast now, it has been released early on Amazon.com. If oh, you just has like, it, yeah. Like I, I was looking at that. it last night. How much is it? Uh, it's it's like thirteen bucks. It's it's okay. not that expensive. That's just for the plain vanilla hardcore uh, hardcover version. But there's oh, also oh, a deluxe. Super... Oh, okay. I thought you meant. The deluxe version is not out yet, but that's like a seventy dollar where it's made up to look like the book that Marcy is read to from Jaeger. Yeah, and uh, suppose I'm getting comp copy oh, from Dark Horse because I've been doing so all this color work. So you're saying I need for... to kill you, and then I can take your. Copy. Wait, Ali, you, I hope maybe if I get it sometime in the next week, next time you come over, at least to get to see what the deluxe version looks like, I'm, we'll I'm see. Pumped. But yeah, so that's the last thing I had on my list. What else did you? Oh, have I for added the, um, the Adventure Time collection. Oh yeah, Adventure Time. Uh, is that next month? think so it's in yeah. the near future i would imagine that's probably coming out right around the same time which i also forgot about the adventure time 3ds game which is coming out next month too yeah, yeah. it's a good time to like adventure time which is okay. essentially like a uh, legend of zelda 2 the adventure of link clone nice. except with adventure time shit thrown in nice. which is funny because everyone hates that game <laughs> that is the least loved zelda game but that's the zelda game that decided to pattern this adventure time 3ds game after which yeah no that's pretty interesting now we have talked for four straight hours. <laughs> Jesus Christ, friends. All right, friends. Oh, God, it's 3.30. We this started is... recording at 11. I got here at 11. Oh, my. To be fair, we oh, played. Oh, then you did, you did play Borderlands for a while. We, yeah. I think we started recording at noon. Yeah. <laughs> Dear Christ. All right, friends. All of you have made it to the end. Well done. Well done. You have survived the endurance challenge that is the Boy Howdy podcast. You get a treat and or a spanking, depending on if you're Hermione Granger or not, I guess. <laughs> 
But if the treat is the spanking bill. Oh. Um, so, friends, we are, as always, at Boyhattie Podcast on the Twitter. You um, look like Alison Brie right now. You've got brown hair, you've got, like, a little fetching scarf on, and you got cleavage. <laughs> That's what I get from watching Alison Brie gifts before you showed up. Yeah. And what? Have you seen Alison Brie gifts? She was jumping up and down and someone made an good gift out of us all saying, we'll watch that later. You can look at the porn on my computer. You know how Alison Brie is, right? Friends. Friends. Yeah, supposedly she's going to be in the next Captain America movie. Yeah. That's great because she's totally like the bubbly like 1940s kind of like even though the next Captain America movie takes place in the modern day. She's totally a Captain America girl though. That's great. Like, I'm breasts. I'm friends, this is the Boy Hattie podcast. I'm Annie. That was Bill is talking about us and Breeze Breast. Is there ever going to be a black person in a Captain America movie that's not Nick Fury? Maybe now that it's in the modern... How does Captain America deal with like rights? Like civil rights? Like... Oh, that's a Chris Ware comic right there where Captain America wakes up after four, <laughs> after 60 America years. Captain America is a race, is going to be your racist grandpa. It's all boils down Captain to Captain America's my favorite Avenger, though. That's the weirdest thing, watching the Avenger movie. Like, yeah. I like him because they, like, Josh Whedon did a great job of keeping him yeah. true. Like, when, like, uh, I think Black Widow's like, oh, you can't fight Thor. He's yeah. a god. And he's like, like there's only one god, And doesn't dress like that. Yeah. I was like, yes. Not that I, I'm an atheist or whatever. I don't necessarily believe in God, but I was like, that's great that, like, they kept him true to that. And he's well, not, like, running around saying, God's going to strike you down. There's but. always this interesting thing. Thing where what if you believe something and you're or what if you have a very firm core and your entire world is shaken like yeah. that's an interest that's inherently an, an interesting story well in the commentary for the avengers josh Whedon says he got uh flack from people saying well you're you're like why does he say that you're like you're an atheist why you're saying that in the movie he's like well i'm that he's not i'm not writing the josh Whedon character i'm writing captain america yeah and that's what captain america would say in that situation yeah. it's not necessarily me espousing a faith in god or anything like that but that's who he is yeah yeah so yeah. Thing. it also does touch upon the marvel universe you do have these gods running around what about what is supposed to be our god like well, what is how's this kind of work to, yeah exactly in a yeah. world where there are superheroes yeah it's an interesting thing surely there are comics that have covered this exact matter um power is actually kind of touched on it a little bit in the recent arc because the the super these superheroes are dying who are gods who mm-hmm. are considered gods like even their people who still worship or had worshipped them i had no idea they'd started worshiping superheroes which kind of yeah. makes sense if they're like godly well it gets a little more complicated in the powers universe because technically powers are let's see if i can remember the canon powers are all powers are no just he's mortal Some all dogs are mortal. pomeranians but no pomeranians <laughs> are dogs I something something anyway i was trying to wrap this up both our tongues and brains are fried <laughs> why do we do this oh god boyhattypodcast.com you've made howdy. a wheezing to the end of howdy at boyhattypodcast.com at boyhattypodcast on the twitter what was the thing if you have racist stuff no if you know if you know please no no if anyone actually knows the story to, to 50 shades of gray give bill a call operators are standing <laughs> by <laughs> All right, friends. We'll oh, talk we to had y'all. feedback. Oh, people said Marable Knight says your mom was freaking hilarious. My mom. Laird Half Dragon says, uh, I listened to a podcast. Your mom was awesome. My mom is awesome. Grumpy Turtle says, oh, he's just still fucking with us about having so many TiVo points. Shut up, Grumpy Turtle. You marvelous bastard. Maxwell Motley says the Skyfall and Rise of the Guardians are in November. Oh, Rise of the Guardians. But I can't believe they're making a movie that is like the Avengers, except with it's like the Easter Bunny. It just Russian Alec Baldwin covered with tattoos. That makes me what? happy. What the hell's he playing? Alec Baldwin is Santa. <laughs> Santa has a thick Russian like... accent. He's covered in tattoos. Oh, he's oh he's like he's like snatched Santa. Or he's like like Russian gangster Santa. <laughs> kind of. He's like a he's like a fucking. Remember sailor or when we went to go see? Was it cranked? <laughs> we went to go 
And he has to stay alive by <laughs> having sex with lady in a yeah. bus station? Yep. We saw that together <laughs> in a movie theater. We paid money and said, please, here's $9. We want to see what's his face. We want to see Jason Statham sticking in a woman in a public place. And people applauding when it's cool. I'll see this movie what when I do it. What was this? Well, how is this segue from Alec Baldwin as a Russian guy in Rise of I just thought about Crank. I'm like, when I think back to Crank, I think about the fact that I sat next to you watching that. <laughs> and that was at a time when I was like, oh no. my god. No, I think that was you were coming out of your show where you could like, yeah, I just watched the station station for just bang some lady. I, you you were laughing as much as anyone else in the theater. I vaguely remember being displeased by that. That I was still uptight enough that I was like. Oh yeah? I, I remember I hated Crank. Whereas I think now I would really We had like a good crank. time after that. I hated Crank. Oh, you must have been, you were wearing a mask of fake joy to make Bill happy then. Because we were really laughing. Funny I think now that'd be my kind of oh, movie. wow, that is some Rashomon shit. We're like, I thought it was a great time. We were like, I wish I was dead that whole day. The day of Crank. Friends are trying to wrap this shit up. All right, guys. Next week we're going to talk about more dumb shit for five hours. Look forward to it. After after he does having sex with the lady, he turns to the camera and says, I've been cranked. <laughs> the end. <laughs>